Fuck yeah, welcome back to the fucking sink, dude. Line up. Let's <laughs> we're go. Running, we're fucking ripping your birds off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how like evening with Delilah should start off. Dude, this is sick. We <laughs> <laughs> Delilah, she's ripping your birds off. <laughs> For this fucking unbelievably special Patreon episode, okay. we have a guest and a guest of a guest is how I would describe this. Dude, the fucking most esteemed, the honorable fucking Elon Cusk. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> Introduce your fucking boy. This is my dog from college. Um, I guess I've, what has it been? 14, 15 years I've known yeah. him for? 14, yeah, 15 so. years I've known him, freshman year of college. This is a dude who's been, because we always talk about programming and shit. <sighs> Mostly I'm talking shit. I can, I'm, I'm like struggling to meet my fucking There's white a wink board to goals. It. It's no big I'm deal. getting there. This dude's been programming for. Basically, I don't know what your program was like before college, but college and beyond program for 15 years, and I've gotten to watch being like, whoa. So if you actually do all the stuff you say you're going to do, this, like this is what happens. Just from hearing Wes's approach to dancing, I was fucking rock hard by the time <laughs> he got to the point where he's like, so I'm going out to this Irish bar to dance. <laughs> it's, it's uh, Yeah, I'm telling you. It's, and it's funny, too, because I always like, Wes has his shit together, and you meet more and more people, and you're like, Oh, Wes has like his shit together on like a fucking superstar level. And I was like, yeah. and we started doing dad. Yeah. Yeah. We started doing dad meet. I was like, man, I, I I was scheming from day one. I'm like, I gotta get him. Yeah, on you this. mentioned this early on. Yeah, I did. I did. Any any excuse to get you in the fucking studio, but then dude, dude Wes is a fucking captivating speaker. I walked in oh, the front door and you two were already here, and Wes was telling you guys a story about learning to dance or taking dance. Mm-hmm. I walked in mid story, and I was just like. I was drawn in. I was like, dude, what if I started dancing? <laughs> yeah, Wes is the master behind the curtain, dude. God damn. What's it like being a fucking string puller? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I didn't know I was a string puller, but I uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys having me here. Are you? D- Thank d- you, Wes d- Rollins, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, does Matt's description of you, is that, would, do you feel that he's on the money? What's up with, uh, what's your perception? Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, he's, being extremely generous but i think a lot of this stuff comes down to it's it's pretty binary right it's like having a plan and then executing and we can kind of hop into details of that but i'm certainly nothing special the only thing that i i think that my mom trained me to do is just execute on certain things sure. you know and uh yeah we can go down the rabbit hole of what that means i can talk to you guys for fucking four hours yeah hey, we're all yes. for it dude I, well we're here as long as you are because you are fucking making me hard <laughs> from within three minutes of meeting dude when you got to the fucking your analysis of just how you approached learning how to dance, I felt like fucking Tom from Tom and Jerry when he saw a sexy lady cat and just beating himself <laughs> over the head with a frying pan. Like, is you is or is you ain't my baby? <laughs> Would you mind like getting into that now? Because that was fucking yeah. incredible. Um, let me think. So uh, I'll kind of give you the origin. So my first memory of, I guess, of the journey. And, and let me, I want to make sure I'm clear on the vernacular. Matt, you said programming earlier. What is that? Oh, programming is when you have, like, we took it from, like, a prison YouTube. It's, like, when you wake up every day in jail and okay. you, like, work out. So your programs is your daily routine. A fellow Got Wes. It. Wes Watson. Yeah, Got it's it. actually a fellow Wes. Wes Watson. Nice. Former white supremacist. Don't worry about it. He was in jail. <laughs> Dude, don't no, worry. White, white supremacist with an asterisk. It was... Hard so, asterisk. It was necessary. <laughs> yeah. You don't have many choices. Yeah. White supremacist. True. And yeah. it was... It, was, uh, it wasn't it was his choice. He, he joined... Yeah. He joined... He went to the California prison system, which you're out in California, so if you do go to jail, just know... You'd have to put in work for your people. You wouldn't want to, right. but you have to join up and join the Aryan Brotherhood or yeah, they'll no. run a train on you. Unless you have like a ton of money, you, eh, even still, they'll probably get you. Yeah, classic lemonade out of lemon story. Got it. <laughs> but he did, and now he's you know he comes out and he's like, look, guys, I'm not with all the other shit of it. But he goes, I did get a lot out of being in jail for ten years. So sure. But that's sorry, that's what programming is. It's just your day to day routine that 
it's like, you know, whether you're getting wins or losses throughout the day. Got it. hundred exactly. percent. Okay, cool. So I guess the origin story of all this, you know, sort of neurotic mindset was, uh, I was in third grade and I remember it was our first, our first library trip where we were allowed to select our own books and everything. And I picked up this book and fast forward in the corny story. I, I was raised by a single mom, didn't know my father he left when I was like six months old or something like that. So I was kind of always forced to learn things. Um, on my own, especially sort of the more masculine things. I'm not saying that as a sob story. It was just, it was the reality of the situation. My mom worked a ton and so on. So anyway, a bunch of my friends started playing football and like all these things. And and I didn't know how to do any of that. So I'll never forget. I pulled out this book and it was how to throw a football by, I think by Joe Montana. I'm sure it was a different author. But <laughs> That's you know, an awesome book. Yeah. And, uh, right man and, for it. Yeah. And my buddy comes up to me and he says, uh, he's, you know, he's like, what the, you know, what are you doing? He's like, you can't learn how to throw a football by reading a book. Well, I didn't have another option. So I got the book and just nonstop being made fun of for it by this, by one of my best buds. And I'll never forget this. Literally two weeks later, he's standing across the parking lot. And we're all out in recess. And I, I launched this fucking thing at his head and it nails him right in the temple. <laughs> and that just like, you know, and that just solidified it. Like, you know, in my psyche, it solidified. It was very, it was very, it was very easy to understand for me. It's like, oh, now as an adult, it's like the study of life saved my life sort of a thing. Um, and I realized that you a lot of life you can is learnable. Hmm. Actually, I haven't found a, an area of life that's not learnable. There's there's a there's a set of rules and there's a there's an algorithm. There's a formula. I'm a big Excel guy, so it's like things are solvable. You just have to have a few ingredients and then know how the formula, and then you just execute on them. So anyway, fast forward. That sent me on a whole host of just crazy. Uh, it's a crazy skill acquisition adventures. Um, my personality naturally gravitates toward, towards skill acquisition. Um, there's a great book called uh, Kiersey uh, Temperament. It's, it's Please Understand Me Part Two, written by Dr. Kiersey. Phenomenal, but it will it will it, it's it's a I've read a lot of personality books. This one's outstanding. So anyway, my whole life has been a series of oh I really suck at that or oh I really want that. How do I get it? And you initially find out it's like I'm fucking terrible at getting it. So okay, what is the prescription? So if we want to go into the dance story, let's just jump yeah. into it. So the dance story, I didn't even tell you the the nucleus of, of how that happened. So long story short, I always had this complex. I grew up poor, so I always had this complex of like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm not man enough, or whatever. And uh, and uh, fast forward, I'm in college, and I go to this New Orleans trip. It was, it was I hit the jackpot. I got lucky. I was selected by this big company out in New York to go on a, it was a, after Hurricane Katrina, Katrina and build up New Orleans, right? So it was a volunteer project, but it, it was, it was cool because it was like 80 some colleges participating and they only selected one student from each college. So it was just a cool, it was a free. That's a weird sweepstakes to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of remember that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so here I am on top of the Astrodome. No, the Superdome. Yeah, Superdome. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Shooting yeah. Uh, looters. <laughs> so, but the, the jackpot was because it was my goal was to get to Wall Street. So this was a firm that had, you know, it was tied with Wall Street. So that was kind of my in. And uh, so, so I went on this thing anyway. We did our volunteer thing and I met this girl there. It was, uh, I won't say her name. I, me- I remember her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I met this girl there. Let's call her Katrina. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, and we end up hitting it off and we're taking the bus ride home. 
And uh, the next uh, two days later, and she's like, "Oh, you should come and visit me out in out in Phoenix, Arizona, or Scottsdale, Arizona." I said, "Okay, great." I didn't know what that was. Now my mom works for the airline, so I fly for free. Tight. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Stand by, but still. Yeah. Did you fly a second line out with you too to meet her? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I fly out there like literally two weeks later, and I'll never forget this. She calls me and she's like, "Oh, I'm picking up at the airport. I'm here." And I said, "Oh, I'm here too. I'm at the baggage claim area," and. It was like on a Tuesday afternoon, and so there was nobody pulling up except for two cars. And I'm looking at these two cars. They just come into view, and I'm like, fuck. One is a beater, like, you know, like you know, a car from 1980. Another one was a brand-new Lexus SUV. I'm like, fuck, I got a 50-50 chance here. Because remember, I got a complex. I'm like, I hope she doesn't. I hope she's not rich. Yeah. You know, because, like, what do I have to offer to a rich girl? So as she's talking to me, I'm trying to get little hints of like what she's driving. I'm like, oh, like what side of the road are you on? She's like, the right. I'm like, well, the right on. The, if you're looking at this, or they have like that sort of thing. <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, because I'm trying to like figure out somehow to shield my my emotional, you know, yeah. uh, my emotions around this. I'm like, shit. So then she pulls up, and of course it's the brand new Lexus SUV. So uh, I'm like, fuck, right? So anyway, fast forward. We then go, and she's like, she's like, oh, we're gonna go house it, and. And I don't know if you, any of you guys know what house sitting is, but I don't know what fucking house sitting is, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, like, so we're going to watch a house? She said, yeah, because my dad's boss is out on the town and needs somebody to watch his house. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. To me, house so, sitting just means eating pizza on a leather couch yeah. for like 48 yeah. hours straight. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you ever seen that show, The uh, what was it called? The O.C.? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, mm. the OC. You know, some, like, you know, teen drama show, right? Well, there, well, I was super into it because I was dating a girl who was super into it. Um, and uh, and there's this guy named Ryan on it. Kind of, he's kind of similar. He's like, a bad boy. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. 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 He's on the other side of the tracks. I remember yeah. that. So we go up to this house, and apparently it's the CEO of P.F. Chang's, the, oh, the restaurant damn. house. Mr. Yeah. Chang? Yeah. No. Well, it, yeah. Paul Frederick <laughs> Chang. Yes. Yeah. You're in yeah. his house yeah. on his couch. Yeah. So, uh, God damn, man. Dude, so I get my own house. Right, like literally, there's a house, and then there's a there's a, a a secondary house to the house, which they call the pool house. But it's not like a a pool house is a like there, it was a real fucking house. Yeah, it's a fucking right? house. Yeah, that's why I felt like Ryan from the OC, right? Because I think he stayed in the, in the house in the pool house. So anyway, she's had a wife beater on at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is my life now. So it was constantly that, like like that's a, that's an illustration of what my life with her was constantly like this old like this new fish out of water. Oh man, just went. constantly. So anyway, fast forward, probably like a year later, and we get—I get invited. I was dating her. I get invited to a um, a wedding. What was it? I think it may have been her brother's wedding, right? And this wedding, dude, it was it was a destination wedding out in Austin, Texas. So we they fly me out there, like all oh, these things, get a hotel room. It's gorgeous. They had the same. Uh, band that Bill Clinton had at his birthday like a week earlier. Yeah, just a bunch of perspective. Oh, oh, dude, like this is a Smash Mouth. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> <laughs> it's it was, it was actually catered by Pizzagate. <laughs> so, so we're all sitting there, man, and her and her, her and her mom are talking about this guy, and he's like roughly my age, you know, let's say three years uh. older, right? And they keep on, and he, you know, there's and like, oh, like. The girl I'm dating is kind of into this guy, and the mom's like, "Oh, yeah, he's, he's such a he's such a handsome young man, like all this thing, right?" In front and of he, you, yeah. That's but they were bullshit. doing it in a respectful way, but there's just nothing like, you know, son of a bitch. And I'm a competitor. I hate losing. Like you pulled the fire alarm, didn't you? I hate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> so, so now as a man, like especially from Philadelphia, you're like, you know, you're trying to like 
sit up a little bit, like, oh, I think I could beat this guy. They, like, yeah. stupid <laughs> shit, right? And, uh, and so then they, you know, and I see him over there, and he's kind of skinny. I'm like, fucking around. You know, I got at least 30 pounds. I'm like, that sort of thing. So anyway, so I had already started kind of dancing, like we did in college, mm-hmm. like just drunk stuff. We'd go to the bar, and, you know, we'd do that. And I was like, all right, well, at least I'm better at this guy. And because he was, he was rich, mm-hmm. right? And his dad owned this company. He was taking it over, like this whole long narrative. And the only level I can compete on this guy was like, I can knock him out most likely, yeah. right? And I'm a better, <laughs> but I can't do that in this venue. And then, and then the other area where I could beat him is dance for sure, right? Oh, yeah, man. Either way, you're just watching his hips from the second you see him, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, so so I'm uh, I'm just waiting for it. So we're all getting our food and everything, and I'm like, all right, 15 minutes until like show showdown, right? And uh, I'll never forget this. They the band comes out and they're like, oh, the former blah blah blah, like blah, blah, from Bill Clinton's birthday party, all that stuff. So I'm just I'm ready, like I'm on the balls of my feet. And I'll never forget this. They open up with with Smooth Criminal by Mac- Michael oh, Jackson. I was, like, yeah. I, was, I was like, this is money. dude, T ball like, done right. This is easy, this is a layup right. Right as literally first step I step on the fucking floor, he waves his hands out like he's like kind of <laughs> no, right? No. right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, full circle. God and like, it. and it was dude, like the ground was lighting under his oh, feet. <laughs> like there was no lag time between when he started pushing his hands in a circular motion, and everybody just synchronistically like forms this bubble oh, around him. So he just like controlled dude. the humans oh, around oh, him. Yeah. Was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. I plan to dance now. Yes, dude. exactly. And dude, he pulls out like the crispest Michael Jackson kick ever and proceeds for the entire song. I don't know if you've ever danced for an entire song like um, like karaoke style like in front of everybody for an entire fucking song and crushed it. Like literally crushed it. So sounds really funny, but I was I was fucking pissed for like of course, at yeah. least two years. <laughs> so, uh, you should just start throwing haymakers at him. On the dance floor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this yeah. is this is like this is like a, a dirty dancing roadhouse hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what sent me on. Did like, you ever like did you just like shimmy a huge bulge? Too? Oh, did, yeah. <laughs> did you try to dance back? Did you try to turn it into a dance off? Hundred percent. No, like, he was he was little he was <laughs> that good. I, it was no competition at all. Like Fuck. I could do zero. Yeah. That's fucked up because being a rich guy, you know he has like a personal dance trainer, oh, and they're exactly. just like they're just like standing in like a gigantic like oak study, just like going oh, yeah. over the moves over and over and over again. Probably paid the band to be like hundred bucks to start with. Yeah, he was definitely on the phone in the helicopter on the ride over. Just <laughs> oh, like, dude, yeah, dude, he, smooth criminal first. I guarantee you, he got the kid that uh, got porked by Michael Jackson, Wade Robson. <laughs> <laughs> so he had firsthand knowledge of what those moves were. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that's fucking dude, bullshit, man. <laughs> dude. That was the perfect storm, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you're saying two years. So that was the genesis of the yes. dance. Yeah. To gotcha. me going into a formal study, just like the formal study of how to throw a football in a book, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I first started signing up for salsa classes. Oh, Matt, I, I didn't know salsa. that. Yeah. Well, I was just at salsa like, all right. Let's <laughs> but, dude, the gift, the gift in that experience is like that's the eternal flame. 100%. Like your 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 dancing is going to continue to go to the next level because of that experience. I have it written down. I look at it at least once a month. That Damn. experience. Yeah. Fuck me. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Because was, sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, is, is that uh self authoring? Is that is that, that kind of thing that you're talking about? Like writing down that kind of experience? And... Uh well the self authoring program from Jordan Peterson, I think is that you're yeah, is kind that, of referring to. I assume that was already a thing and he just fucking sells yeah, it. Yeah, I I mean honestly, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. It's it's the way I think about it um is Really simple. I call it it par. So imagine, think, plan, act, reflect. And, and I've been doing that for years. And all of those are really essential. 
So that's the framework in which I write out a goal. So imagine, and that's that's thinking without boundaries. Like what what are my true desires? Um, and what do I want? And then thinking, it's just putting those in a framework, like writing out the lists and putting all the resources on place. And you can do this on a piece of paper. And then uh, uh, P is planning. So then, okay, well, how does that get into the calendar? And then A is action. And actions, I break down into the three, three categories. That's habits, actions, and projects. Um, and then R is reflect. And then I do another R, which is repeat, if I want to. So I kind of have to go through that full circle. Um and that provides sort of the foundation for progress. Um, but in there, I write down why I want to do it as well. So in this particular case, that guy is the why. Like, I do not feel like I'm a competitor. Like I said, I do not like losing. So he was my competitor and still is. He doesn't know it. We will meet again. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you didn't just get hit by a smooth criminal. You got knocked out, oh, had yeah. your shoes stolen, and pissed on by a smooth criminal. Oh, yeah. That's the third God, R, dude. revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. That's why I. That's why I like your Fuck goal system man. so much because I'll read them sometimes. I'll read like you know various business books and be like, yeah, I get this is cool and all, but it's like there's not there's a thing that's missing. And when you always enter in the emotional the emotional component, that's mm. what I'm always like. That's what I can get charged up on. Oh yeah, and it's not you know what it sounds like because people would always be like it's so cut and dry. I just kind of like go day by. Day. Someone said the other day they're like I like you know it takes the magic out when you kind of plan your day too much, and it's like. You know, if by magic you mean me hating myself by yeah, 3 yeah. p.m. from looking yeah. at Instagram. Yeah, it's like – but, yeah, I like that. You you have – it's a full synthesis of, like, actually how to get stuff done, the reason why, which is a big mm. question. So oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. And then the, the picture boards, which I was telling you guys earlier, like these – I've got these vision boards, and and I print them out in different sizes, so they're always – it's in my wallet. It's everywhere. And those are just picture representations of – so it reminds me to do that. So literally one of the pictures is, is, a, is a dancer. Um so anyway, so that's what I did. So that 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 sent me on a journey. But like anything else, once you get involved in something, you start to develop uh, a more refined taste for it, whether mm-hmm. it be with wine or whatever. So dancing was the same thing. And then you start to realize, oh, my gosh, like I'm doing this. And I'm on this journey to excel at this thing. But there's so many life lessons in it. So that's what we were talking about. So I started out in salsa and then went to um, uh, and salsa reaped a lot of benefits. You know, we tell that story yeah dude, that was so, incredible so uh so fast forward i broke this girl and i didn't work out um years later and uh so i moved out to california and a handful of months a, a, a little while after i moved out to california i didn't have any friends and i wasn't dating anybody at the time uh, i'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but but before when you realized it wasn't going to work out did you at least take an upper decker and pf chang's master bedroom <laughs> <laughs> absolutely isn't that a prerequisite before breaking up thank god <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, now you've been hit by a smooth criminal, motherfucker. <laughs> P.F. Chang's has a diarrhea fountain in the driveway <laughs> in front of his house. Oh, dude, actually, Gerben's an incredible Michael Jackson dancer. What if it was Gerben? <laughs> Our one friend, uh, Gerben. Uh, you know what's fucking sick? Is I was going to say, Wes reminds me a lot of Gerben if he wasn't cursed by a dying witch. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like if we just heard all this shit in Gerben's voice, it would be pathetic and laughable. <laughs> like, no, no, he reads like he he has a similar approach, and actually, like he's got I don't know, he's got a very similar energy. But uh, he's one of the dudes that we know that like reads shit to like yeah. dive in and be yeah. like digest. Like I don't know, I look up to him in that sense too. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but what his delivery is, is but very, he also has very crippling funny. arthritis and all of his bones look weird, <laughs> and he's so completely socially inept. <laughs> I mean, in a very charming way. 
So. And this life is run by a fear of a permanent bruise. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> but but I'm sorry. You, but you were getting yeah. into the, the to the uh, in how you approach the, this this system. Yeah. So, well, the fun. It's just a little side note. It's funny. So now, literally, almost every day, I'm reminded of this guy who I was talking about on the dance floor because he and his father just opened up multiple locations out in California, right where I live. I'm not going <gasps> to say the business because you'll know. Like, the per- if anybody ever hears, know exactly, those, exactly who, who oh, I'm talking about. Man. Oh yeah. And it's awesome. I I love my enemies. Like those are the people who will push me to become better for yeah. sure. That's um, a great approach, dude. Oh, I mean, you're not going to get more inspiration than somebody that like is just beating the shit out of you. You just won't. Right? Oh, we always tell people that one of the one of the best things you could do early in life is get fucking punched in the face. A hundred percent. Yeah. The 100%. humility that comes with that kind of like cosmic beating is just oh yeah priceless. Yeah. Well, and we could get to fighting at some point. I think every man should fight. Oh, for 100%. sure, and learn how to fight, or at least understand get... that that fighting exists, and not pretend that it yes. doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, well, fighting exists, and you either choose to be subordinate in that domain, or you try to master it. Like it's pretty simple. It's mm. really simple. And at some point, especially on Philadelphia, you will be tested in that domain for sure. And uh, and uh, I do not feel bad for people who fail the test and when they had plenty of time to prep for it. Oh, yeah, their entire Ooh, lives. Man, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, that's that's what we were just saying on the the Uncle Ron episode was about the Jake Flores and uh, Luis J Gomez beef, where Luis J Gomez approached Jake Flores at a comedy club and like got in his face for all this shit that he was saying about him on like he was just spitting vitriol at him mm. in their peer group on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's stupid to try to start a fight with someone, but when like when when I don't know, you can emotionally escalate someone to the point where they might try to fight you yeah stop you from talking about them <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. Right. right and uh he just had a terrible reaction to it like he he got I, apparently he was like asked to leave the club after like getting shoved around and then he ran on he ran online and made it sound like he walked away and was the bigger man but he was also crying about this guy being aggressive with him <laughs> i was like no yeah you can't do thing. that but like i this is a great it's a great reminder that like fighting exists and uh you could probably push someone to do it and think that you didn't. Well, even even just like just like defending the house territory, I always think about that. Mm-hmm. Whenever I work out, I'm like, dude, I need to be able to somehow like fend <laughs> off fiends and stuff if they come like into my house yeah. and enter it. Just for that alone, the off chance that like a psycho busts in through your house, I mean, I, just to be like overpowered by a stranger oh in front God. of your family before he kills all of you, it just is fucking horrible. That's a real possibility in my neighborhood. Yeah, like <laughs> on Christmas, like four years ago, a guy got murdered on my two houses down from me. A guy got murdered on his front steps, or he might have been inside his house and they just walked up and like entered his house and killed him. And it was like somebody knew it was like a beef thing. Like yeah, but like that could, I don't know. Well, and for anybody who's listening who's saying, well, I don't live in, you know, downtown. Oh, right. Sure. But, like, so, and I'm not saying this to pound my chest. So, I worked on Wall Street for a long time. And I can tell you for sure, for from experience, all of the little micro-invisible fights that happen, especially from male to male, where it's like, oh, I can see that you're trying to physically dominate my space, but I'm not going to let you. Like, I, hundreds of times mm-hmm. on Wall Street, hundreds and if I didn't have that experience with fighting and so on, I would have backed down. And just that little micro movement gives them an edge. So I can tell you there's so many other benefits than than if somebody's saying, well, I'll never have somebody break into my house. Or it's like, okay. But as a man, it, and only you will know this, if you budge a, a millimeter from another male because you feel somewhat inadequate. or they got you. or yeah, Exactly. They got you for sure. 
for sure. And it happens all the way from, from you know, hand-to-hand combat all the way into the boardroom. I promise you. There's no excuse for it. And it's like you accept it. If you want to be the guy who will be, you know, uh, I don't know, second place and further down the list, then accept it. But don't make a fucking excuse when it happens. Yeah, like that's on you. Damn. That's the that's the biggest reason that I, I think kids should be uh, learning how to fight, and uh, why I recommend it to like a, any man and and women. But like when you know that the worst possible outcome of an escalating conflict will go in your favor, all the talking that you can do to avoid it gets easier. A hundred percent. That's true. Yeah, gets, you're not all ramped you up. You become and stuff. so much more better and nuanced is is the word I would use because. You don't have that overhanging fear like, oh, my God, if I piss this guy off, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm, yep. I got to walk to my car by myself. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If this guy like becomes unreasonable, I will <laughs> suplex him in the middle of the street. Yep. And until that happens, I can stay calm and get through yeah. this. Yeah. And, and you're not hiding as well as you think you could. You know, the mm. guy who says, like, oh, I was the bigger man. It's like everybody could see that you were just a coward. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Really. Or really. even on like an animal level, there's not girls like, damn, do you see the way he just walked away from yeah. that? They're yeah. just like, he went and got an adult so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If he, if he was to like put him in a headlock, like, no, you shut up. It would have been just like, on a biological level, just vaginal juices secreting. <laughs> yeah, dude, oh, yeah, pheromones flying around. Dude, I, I just read an article recently. It was a uh, how it was like how to be a boy or something like a new. It was like in, in, uh, in the Atlantic, like how like a new approach to like manhood written uh, by a lady. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. Well, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there going like. I'm about, like, about taking a shit while I re- I'm reading this, and I'm like, I fucking hate this. That was actually number one. <laughs> <laughs> read this while taking a shit. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm, so I've been trying to stop hating stuff before I read it. I'm like, I'm going to give this a fair shake because I, I, I got it out. I was like, what the fuck does she know about this? And I'm like, all right. So then I started reading it, and I'm like, going. some of the stuff was actually kind of cool. They're talking about um, how the Boy Scouts, and I think Wood talked about this on his podcast, how the Boy Scouts were like a reaction to like the industrialization of America and how like, People had to form a set of like new beliefs and identity to go work in a factory that was kind of like a, an alien way of being. Sure. So the Boy Scouts were trying to like help people. No, like we're nice guys and we help people. Uh. So that was kind of cool. But then she was like, "Well, I, every kid I talk to, they're obsessed with like becoming wealthy, becoming physically stronger, being good at fighting." And it's like, "Oh, all first things of that all, get you pussy." Who the exactly, exactly? <laughs> this is a woman writing this, and I'm like, "Who the fuck thinks put like puts that in their head?" Like, women are just like, like, and I know you have a lot of money, but, like, whatever. It's like, that's not the fucking case. Uh, I, I guarantee her editor wanted to be like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bo- they'd be, like, complaining about traits in men that I would say women inspire naturally in them and encourage on, the, like, the ultimate level of mm-hmm. getting pussy or getting hit. And also, I think, <laughs> dude, one, of the, one of the biggest points that I think she was trying to hammer home is that, is that uh, this generation of teenagers, uh, there's... There's like an emotional cutoff where they where they feel like they can't open up and be as open as they would like to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I, I didn't believe everything she wrote. I felt like a lot of it was manufactured. But I feel like that's definitely changing. Like I, I, yeah. I work with that population. I see kids are one more accepting of other races, <laughs> other genders and more emotionally um, available than even, even a generation maybe you know, five, six years prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's slowly eroding. True. That was what I liked about the article, how they're like, they, they want to relate on some human level and they've been told they can't. And that's where the industrialization stuff comes into and you show up in the factory and you're just like, I'm a fucking machine. Right. And that's slow. Like you're saying, slowly eroding where it's like, all right, there's no need to be that gung ho about, you can still get everything done and not be like completely cold and cut off from yourself and everyone around you. Yeah. And I, and I think, but, but, 
but I think like one of the things that I, one of the points that I think she was trying to drive home is that these boys that she was talking to felt like they couldn't do that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's that really exists. Oh, I, see I, what you're saying, I feel yeah. like one. I didn't know if she was being truthful and that these kids were really saying these things, or if these kids even existed, or if these kids were saying it because they've been conditioned to think like, okay, this is what a writer from the Atlantic would want to hear. And if I said anything to the contrary, what are the odds that this gets put out that I'm the one saying this? And I'm yeah. that robot. Like the one kid mentioned how he wants to be a social justice warrior, but he doesn't feel like he can in his environment. I don't know that a typical yeah. 17-year-old boy would say something like that. But you also have him like the biggest, strongest. Outfit. The article, yeah. she was like, the first time I saw him, he was big and he looked like a jock. And I was like, oh, no. But he yeah. was so sweet and he was such a – yeah, I was reading that. Yeah. Like, come on. And I was like – Taking a dog, still taking a shit during another. Like, yeah, bullshit. that article is definitely uh, best absorbed through fart noises. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was good. I, I was glad I gave it a fair shake, and then I was just kind of like, but still, that whole thing about you know the idea of like certain male traits and being like, I don't know why men think it's cool to like make a bunch of money or they named it like be physically strong, and it's like, uh, it's like okay, yeah, sure, like girls are just totally don't care. Yeah, you've it, never it, been right. fucking challenged on the dance floor, dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. dude. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, or they're just, they're just pushing a false reality. That's hundred percent. Like, yeah. You, you will not change this. It, it, yeah. it will not be changed. I just looked up when you were talking, Matt. It wasn't to be rude. No. But so the UFC predicted last year, two thousand nineteen, revenue was anywhere from nine hundred eighty million to one point one billion. Right, like that. That that shows you, and that's just one. That's just one uh, uh, company uh, that shows fighting. Obviously, um, you're not going to change this. It's primal. Like like mm-hmm. uh, us trying to intellectually manufacture. Um, a new way of being for men is is not going to make a dent because if you look throughout evolution, we're we're a tiny blip on on the screen uh, mm-hmm. throughout evolutionary history. Like there's there's a reason why men act the way they do. Now, could it be refined some? Of course, like sharing emotions. Of mm-hmm. course, but certain things you're never going to take away. Yeah, right? you, you just won't. It's, it's it's just not possible. So as a man, and I feel bad for the men who listen to things like that and they say, oh, you know. I need to change. I I don't I don't need to fight. Well, at some point you will be challenged. Period. Yeah. You know, and if you're not prepared, then what are you going to say? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing noble about being an overpowered coward. Like right. Uh, yeah. Dude, you, carry, you just carry the article on you, and you're like, look, I I was not yeah. supposed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, there's that great quote. It's a what is it? It's like uh, better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, mm-hmm. and it's so true. Yeah. Like be skilled and don't be an asshole. Don't go out there and try to use your skills against you know against people who who uh, who are definitely your uh, inferior in a certain domain. But if somebody challenges you, be ready. I mean, dude, imagine beating the shit out of somebody with an eggplant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's exactly what they're trying how emasculating would that be? Yeah. So, so continue uh, on the dancing realm. We got we got. Oh a, yeah. a, I threw it off. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, so that you know, I started enjoying dance for more than just trying to beat this other guy and i started noticing so i started out in salsa then went to west coast swing and then started doing solo dances and what i was was telling these guys earlier well actually so let me pause there so i handful of a little while after i moved to california i didn't have any friends like literally so i moved uh, i was working in new york then moved out and, and lived in philadelphia then moved out to california had no friends um and it was to to try to take over this investment company um out in california but my social life, I wanted to keep on, I very much believe in holistic performance, so not just focusing on one domain. I just don't think human beings are really built for that. I think when we see extreme cases of that, the Tiger Woods of the world, etc., um, if you focus too much on one thing, which is a, 
that's a very heavily touted, you know, uh, thing in, in, in today's world. I just don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. When you tend to do that, then you tend to not reach other goals in different domains or it's a disaster at some point in mm-hmm. time. Um, so anyway, I believe in holistic performance. So I wanted to put a lot of effort now that I was removed from my natural habitat of friends and so on. Now I'm in California, kind of a blank canvas. So I went, you know, I tripled down on salsa. My instructor calls me like two months after I start practicing with him. He says, hey, I know you don't have a lot of friends out here. And he's like, I know, you know, you recently got out of a relationship. Let's go to this bar and uh, I don't want you to drink. I want you to go and it's going to be an Irish pub. And I said, okay, well, that's interesting. So he's like, I'm going to bring a couple girls from the dance studio and we'll go and dance at this place. And I was like, well, it's, he said, it's going to be live music. I said, but it's not going to be salsa music. And Irish bar, he's like, just trust me. So we go out there, right? And from back and when Matt and I first met, we used to go out to bars and, you know, ask as many girls to dance as possible and for dates, et cetera. And it was literally just a numbers game. And a very bleak numbers game at that. And uh, <laughs> I cried a lot of nice going home. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> as a guy, as a guy, that's even if you have the guts to do that. Most guys don't have the guts to do it. They like, you know, they think that like the new shirt they got from Coles will just naturally attract, you know, these uh, these. Dan Houston, never heard of it, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Those are the dudes with uh, Facebook profile pictures with like the arm cocked at a ninety degree angle, holding like yeah. a full beer. Yeah, like, that's their like, that's their default pose. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Exactly. You know, so uh, so, but even if you got the balls to go and do it, it's like the the reward the the return is very minimal for the amount of effort that you output. So anyway, so we go to this bar. It's my first first time out at a bar in California, and my sauce instructor says, "Okay, music starts playing," and I get PTSD right from the Smooth Criminal no. playing back in the day. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Grab that girl over there who was from our studio." He's like, "Let's just go out and dance." So we did it, and I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. But I stumbled through it. But what I learned from that experience was like, even if if you practice something and like specifically try to gain skill set in that domain, so few of the population outside of like that practice, they don't practice it. Mm. So it's like even in fighting, like I'd I would the best street fighter is not going to be not going to beat even a novice BJJ guy, right, or a yeah. novice Muay Thai guy. You know, for the most part, there's such an extreme. Yeah, a blue belt is safe in almost any exactly fight, right. Yeah. There, there's an extreme asymmetry and skill set there because you're deliberately trying to increase your skill set within that domain. So I suck shit at, at the salsa at salsa dancing, but nobody else at the bar could do it except for me and my instructor. So literally, we we danced this dance, and I was telling you earlier that. The music stopped, like we walked off, and it just like time slowed down, oh, like Matrix man. style. So and like cool. I see this frame <laughs> by frame, and every, I, I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating at all. Every single female in the bar was staring at us. And this was the first time I ever had this experience. We'd go back to the table, and eight women come up and ask me to dance immediately after. And that was just like an aha moment. Like that got me even more committed to, like, oh, everything's a study. Right. And everything is about skill acquisition and your ability to demonstrate that skill, even no matter where you are at in that continuum. Mm. So I just kept on doing it. And and dude, like for any guys listening to this um, who are maybe having trouble with with uh, with earning a female. Um, I, it's a nice way of putting it. Oh, yeah. No, that's the way I think about it for sure. Like you got to earn you got to earn a partnership, whether that's friendship or. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Damn. And uh, open um, a pussy savings account. Yeah. <laughs> Um, dance by far, like that's it. Like that is the cornerstone. I was telling like literally when I start dancing in these studios, you're only, you're immersed in a, in a group of, of 50 women and all you have is a bunch of, you know, handful of other gay guys, you know, and no disrespect, but like, it's just not competition. Like it's just not. 
um, you literally have your pick. I mean, quite literally. And I don't mean to sound sleazy, but if you want um, a large uh, asymmetry um, in uh, in uh, uh, in Putin. available options. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Let's sure. do anything, dude. Grab my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, you, it's one of those things that it's just undeniable. If you're in an environment like that, and it's like, if you're oh, in an yeah. all female environment where you're the only, if not one of the few heterosexual beings in there, you're naturally going to attract what? attention. West, oh, do you yeah. think there's one style of dance, dance that's more enchanting than another? A hundred percent. So. Um, West Coast Swing by far. Now, let me put some caveats around this. None of, none of these are are um, disrespectful or sleazy in any way. So, like, you can go into an environment and have it be non-flirtatious if you don't if you don't want it to be flirtatious. But if you do want it to be flirtatious, it, it's 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 a Ooh, very interesting dynamic. I like that. It is it is really interesting. So even if you have a girlfriend, like you can go and dance and, and your girlfriend doesn't have to worry because it's not like these are very respectable individuals and there's a certain code of ethics that comes along with like these dance studios and, and it's universal. I've danced in, all over the United States um, and in Canada and, and the, the rule system is the same. It's like you go up to people, it's very respectful. Hey, do you want to dance? And basically every single time they say yes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean anything if they say yes and, and, and they never turn you down. So, so it's, it's a very, it's so much different than dynamic. If you were to go out to a bar and try to like grind yeah. up on a girl, it's yeah. not the same thing. At, at my, dude, at my level, like, yeah. if I'm yeah. doing the boot scoot and boogie, I'm trying to get my bird rock. <laughs> <laughs> but from a pro level, like this totally makes fucking sense. Dude, do, yeah. you ha- do you keep like, uh, like if you go out and you're like, you're playing the hits, right? You're you're throwing your moves down, and you see it like not getting the reaction that you want. Do you keep like a couple of forbidden moves in your back pocket, <laughs> like to really juice them up? Oh, the lumbata? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never thought about it. Uh, I mean, now certain dances, like if you go to like salsa or bachata, they they're kind of naturally baked in to be more sensual. Um, but to answer your question from earlier. West Coast swing, hands down. Like, if you want to be, like, the way I, if you want to be in that situation and not be a loser like I was at, mm-hmm. like, at a wedding reception, West Coast swing, hands down. A hundred percent. Basically, if you were to see two people dancing at a wedding reception, you're like, oh my, they can fucking dance. That's the dance you do. You, you can like, dance, like, any song to it. You have to, like, throw them around and stuff? Like, that kind so, of swing? So, swing, that's East Coast swing. Think of a oh, combination bad. of, like, East Coast swing and, like, the typical swing you would see, like, on a big band movie. Like, that. that's what you're thinking People of. People jumping off of barrels and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 exactly. That's East Coast swing. Imagine, I don't have the suspenders budget for that. <laughs> Imagine that as a hybrid with uh with like salsa so it's a much more smooth um but it's legit and you start to appreciate the art of it and the, and and i would say the science of it behind it so a lot of guys say why well, can't dance dude it is 100 percent not true 100 percent. like even when matt and i went matt and i uh, matt came out to california recently and we went to a like a hip-hop slash jazz slash cardio class like orange county housewife style it was so fucking fun oh yeah yeah, but even in that, like, even in that sort of scenario, and they're not necessarily teaching there, but the guy drops a few knowledge bombs. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I never thought about it like that. I didn't know it was one, two, three, four, one, two, three. You're just repeating, Pat, dude. I because mm-hmm. I'm I'm really much against the weird kind of music dance phobia dudes have. Because I got to go to like my wife's weddings and stuff over there, like her family, and they, they're black family, so they everywhere the dudes all dance. So it's like if mm-hmm. you sit it's there, nasty. it's a total. It's a total flip flop of like if I'm at my family, you don't dance. People are like, oh, that guy's fucking cool. When I'm there, they li- they're literally like, I think Sydney explained this. He's like, 
they, they think you're gay. Mm-hmm. If you don't dance and you're a guy, <laughs> at like a black wedding, they're kind of like, what are you, like, are you gay? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, or whatever. It's really know. fun to imagine you at a dance studio in a pullover gray sweatshirt wearing fucking work boots. <laughs> like, one, two, three, just stomping through. One, two, three. Mac can cut a rug. A lot of people have well, yeah, yeah, seen it. Dude, there's no denying I've it. Seen video. A singer and Lately, a dancer. I've, I've, I've gotten this blockage in my head of dance and rhythm, and it's, it's killing me, dude. Mm-hmm. I want to let loose. I can't. Your passion's backing up, passion is backing up. It's <laughs> killing me, man. Well, that's kind of the point. So now we're in a solo dance. So you and I did a solo dance there. And what I was telling these guys earlier before the show was if you really want to see your mental limitations posed out there, like illustrated in front of everybody, take a solo dance. Because let's say like whether it be hip hop or, or ballet or contemporary and the instructor says, let's say hip hop. Hip hop has very bold movements. And they'll tell you to, like, let's say, throw out your fist, right, to the maximum extent that you can throw out your fist. Well, if you get any one of us in that room, well, I'll speak for me. When you get me in that room and the instructor says to do that, I only throw out my fist, like, let's say 95% of the way. Mm-hmm. That 5% delta is because I have a mental barrier, something along the lines of, like, oh, I look like shit or whatever it is. Or I don't want to look gay or I don't wanna, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I don't want to look feminine. You um, imagine the reactions of people that aren't even there. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, or even the people that are there, and it's like, well, I don't know these. But this is so, it's so much of an irrational fear, but it's just displayed. If you take a class for forty-five minutes, you will you will see three hundred times in that four at forty-five minutes your mental limitations if you pay attention to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I constructed when I was there. I had constructed this narrative of the girl in front of me that I was like intensely bothering her by being there. Mm-hmm. I was like, this lady's probably like we were like catch mm-hmm. eye contact in the mirror and in my head which is like just like a narration of her like what the fuck is he doing here he's ruining this for yep. me and i'd be like <laughs> trying to do like spins and i'm like oh god fuck <laughs> i'm ruining the- it's weird man oh yeah yeah i mean uh, and I, i'm serious like it, you only get a certain amount of value from listening to this conversation right? but like actually go out and try it and you will see exactly what i'm talking I'm gonna about i'm gonna try this uh, I'm, dan- I'm telling dance, you dancing is one of those that's, things that's going in the program dude you better yeah. learn how to fucking i'm dance telling you dancing is one of those things it's a full body movement it's like you're and then combining dancing with music you know obviously it's going to be with music but like combining those two things and doing them it, it does something to your body and just calms you down it's weird like in a tai chi way oh yeah and i don't know of any other way or as legitimate of a way so the way I think about it is like you're trying to get your prefrontal cortex to communicate with your limbic system effectively without any lag or barriers. So dance does that. It's like, okay, I can intellectually see the instructors telling me to move my body in this way. I am physically capable of moving my body in that way for sure. Maybe not as eloquently you know, as that guy, but I can certainly extend my arm like this. I'm not doing it. Why? Well, that's because of the limitations. Um, but when you do it in a classroom style, you get exposed to that time and time again. And I think as men, oftentimes we will excel if we associate aggression to something. So like there's not a, a guy that I know that wouldn't come with me to to a fighting class mm-hmm. because it's an aggressive thing. It feels like a Rocky movie. Like there's a there's a there's that there's that testosterone drive to it. Well, but it's like, well, to be successful in this world, you need to do things that don't necessarily have aggression behind it, mm-hmm. or you need to filter that aggression to be very elegant in something, right? Or like whether it be like articulation of your words or articulation of your body movements. And a lot of us guys fail in that department. Um, dance is a great way to break down those barriers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you get the added benefit if you ever want to have a wife um, um, or a partner that likes those types of things, because this was the other benefit. I When I grew up in Philadelphia, like, I would meet moms and it's like, oh, what do you guys do with your husband? 
oh, we watch the Eagles on Sunday or and we watch college football on Saturday. Every once in a while, we'll go golfing with them in, in, in the summer mm. and we'll drink some beer. It's like, yeah, we you don't really yeah, dairy and like that. wear sweatpants. That's all. Dude, the times, Brittany, my wife, my wife was a, I think she was a cheerleader for the Bulls for a little bit. So she's like a professional. She's, she's, she's a dancer, dancer. So she, uh, if I just go out and stand on a dance floor with her, I, I get like it's the, the pussy. I get vacation pussy, basically. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I get like Cabo Wabo pussy. If I just go there and just kind of like shuffle on my feet like the Philly fanatic while she dances in front of me, I, it's, it's, you notice the difference. It's she's a, dazzling people, dude. Yo, she's fucking crushing it. I'm just kind of like going up to dudes who try to dance with like, hey, hey, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. actually dancing with her. So if you could please, I know it doesn't look like I'm moving, but no. Yeah, oh, I just yeah. stand there and like fend dudes You're just off. Security, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it shows on stage. But dude, it, it's just in that level. So. When you pipe, when you pipe up, when you pump up the thing of like a, a new chick, and you're busting out fucking moves, it, it's it's dude, that's another primal thing. It's like if you're busting moves in front of a chick, it's like a like a peacock, dude. It's like a bird yeah. just fucking jumping around. It. Wow, she gets, dude, they love it. Oh, it's super primal. If you read the book that we were talking about earlier, uh, Persuasion by Robert Cialdini, everybody should read that. They have a whole section on music and how it just overrides certain parts of the brain, specifically the female brain. That's why you know why will a girl go and, and marry a guitarist who doesn't make shit for money you know or a dancer it's like it's very it's very primal you will never circumnavigate uh that brain circuitry no way no Damn. way i think so, people uh are maybe on like some level i think women associate uh like proficiency in music or dancing with like good fucking yeah that was my theory <laughs> yeah no I, I i for sure heard that as well um, absolutely. Plus, the, of, do you have like an antidote dance move? Like when you're juicing them up too yeah. much, like dude, they're, they're getting out of control. You gotta, do you have like cold water dance moves yeah. to, <laughs> to chill them out? I, maybe I got to think Irish of, jig moves. I, I, I'm yeah. not, you got to curse the pussy. Yeah, I'm not that good yet. Where I need the, the sort of mm. ice bucket dance moves, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe one day. What about in like uh, your like business dealings? Like you were talking about like the the subconscious ways that men try to like dominate each other. Mm -hmm. Do you start like like subconsciously introducing like a rhythm to like the dealing and then like slightly disrupt it so that you gain an edge over these mm. other dudes or well, have you considered that? Well, so I've never necessarily thought about it in that way, but I can tell you for sure that dancing. So I don't know. Well, so, okay. So I manage investments. Um, and again, not pounding my chest, but I was brought into this investment company. We started out. So my, one of my dreams as, as in my career is to take companies with old brands and rebuild them. It's called private equity, but I want to do it with my engine. Um, I got my first opportunity a handful of years ago to move out to California, and it was from a, a mentor of mine. And it, it was that situation. He's got this company. He built it over 40 years, but it was kind of stagnating. It was doing well, but it wasn't doing phenomenally well. So I worked on the equity uh, side, basically, um, in Wall Street. And my, my job was to what's called increase our securities portfolio, um, basically get more assets under management um, for this company. Anyway, we started out, took this guy to this company 40 years, 43 years to get to $52 million in assets under management. That's how much they invested on in that department for investors. They had more, but they were different departments. So anyway, uh, took them 43 years to get to $52 million. Seven years later, now that was given to me, and there's a lot of benefit that I had. The benefit was I could just focus on one thing. So I'm not pounding my chest, but it was like, okay, I got to focus on this thing within my career. And it was pretty easy to measure this, the, the, the progress. So 
So 40 some years to get to 52 million. Now, seven years later, we're at 185 million. And damn. And I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, um, and it was rough there for a while. Um, It took some years to really get momentum. But I, to to your question, um, you might be amazed at how much of that actually I can directly correlate to using dance to get to assets under management. I, 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 I can name four women right now cumulatively who we now have as clients that have given me eight to ten million dollars in investments because of dance really yep. and is it by you going shake your assets but watch yourself shake your assets show me what you're working with exactly exactly oh yeah oh yeah it caught me off guard. <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah, that's dude. That's the thing that really blows my mind. Being able to go was I like, I'm just seeing all the companies I've ever been at, and just to think like, all right, I'm gonna take this company to the next level. It's just like I, I it, that would just be my daydream, and I go home. But, all right, well, West, time to go. Do, that's crazy. That's amazing, dude. Your fucking approach to every problem is, I it's it's mind blowing that you're that you're you're you have such a logical approach to everything that presents itself as a problem to you. Mm. And that okay, this is a problem, and I'm just going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing about you that exudes like, oh my god, what am I going to do now? Like, why right. is this happening to me? It's like this. I'm I'm surprised my fucking dick hasn't shot through this table. <laughs> <laughs> listening to the way that you fucking approach life, dude. Yeah. I appreciate my that. My god, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's like a, it's like a mental detox for me. I'll like I'll call Wes and be like, hey, guess what? I'll be talking about stuff, and it's usually like. Where where is that coming? What about this? And it's just like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a very it's a very very grounding kind of presence. Where you're like, God, I'm such a fucking bitch. And it, and it just sounds like it sounds like you're making your life happen as opposed to just being reactionary to to what mm. could be interpreted as, as happening to you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for the compliment. But really, the real compliment needs to go to my mom. My mom like just built up my psyche mm. um, to be exactly that. Plus, we grew up poor, so it's like. I don't know, man. If you wanted to like know like a success story, like look at Matt's story. Like this guy's willing to literally sleep under a, be- a bug net and almost out in the cold in his like his his first house. You've sure seen it. Like it, I don't know if he had a heater. Right, it was like, rough. Yeah, like, just insane. <laughs> right. So that's the real success story. But any credit you give to me, is, it should go to my mom, a hundred percent. But and the real impact she had on me was was don't worry about what other people think. It's like you're already at the bottom, so you know what that's like. So you're not scared of that. But then don't worry about what other people think because they're just going to get in the way. So I think when a lot of people set their goals, implied in their like writing down, like they leave out a lot or they leave out a lot of the desire because they automatically think, well, I can't do that. Or what will other people think? Because things are pretty simple. It's actually really hard to extract that that bias that you have towards like you can achieve it. Um, But if you can – and it helps to have buddies. Like, it helps to have buddies and say, hey, no, man. dogs. Like, like, yeah. Like, you lift each other up. Like, first of all, you fucking want what you want because you fucking want it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid. Like, if, like, and Conor McGregor said this, and he's got a lot of brilliant things that he he said. And he's like, the first thing you got to do is be willing to know what you want and say it out loud. And there's some, there's a lot of truth to that. Like, a lot of truth. I can tell you that typically people, when they put on their goals, what I've seen, they'll only put down 30% of what they really want. The 70% is left off because they're fucking scared. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's so simple. It's not the imagined part. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And they're they're mostly scared, not oftentimes not because they think they can't achieve it, but because they think they might fail and what other people will think. That's what they're more scared of. Yeah, I've been really pushing against that myself. The mm. 
idea. So I've been breaking my fear down in different like levels, and the, mm. so I've I've been the two that I think I, I like bother me the most is social fear. Like there's like the social fear nerve, yeah. and then there's a the biological fear nerve. So I've been like really, mm. especially the social fear nerve. Just like like I want to. I'll be on the elliptical, and I want to do the elliptical with my eyes closed because I like it. I put on music. I close my eyes. It's kind of like a meditative thing. The whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, people think I'm a fucking weirdo. People oh, yeah. Like, and I've just been able to completely get over it. I do the elliptical now when it's like I'm pushing the bars, and I imagine it a big machine. I'm just sending out oh, like neat. positivity to all mm-hmm. my boys and all my family. I think yep. of people, everyone I know, one by one. I just pump super hard for them. I know people are watching me like, what the fuck yeah, oh, is yeah. this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. No, but wait, it's like, dude. The people you're thinking about are receiving energy. I, dude, I'm, I sent you guys some today. I sent all of you guys some today. I felt dude, it, fucking, dude. Pff, yeah, your it's your so energy fun. is probably setting off the lunk alarm at Planet <laughs> Fitness. So. Dude, walking into, the, walking into the fucking studio, I felt incredible. And I, I know I had a little bit of the fucking juicy resentment, bro. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm telling you, that's the thing of like, I want to do this thing right now. And it's exactly that. Oh, yeah. It's like, why would I... Not, you know, what would I convince myself into thinking would be a negative thing that would come mm-hmm. by just me just having the audacity to exist as I would like to exist. Yep. That's a horrible thing to resign yourself into yep. like the shadow realm of just being like, <sighs> yep. yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. stay here. And, yeah. Oh, look at him. It, it just, oh, it just goes and it just goes negative. If and what, you don't fully push, yep. you turn, it goes, something goes very negative. In it, my opinion. One thing that I felt was like a common theme of the last few podcasts we did is just talking about how. Whereas that social fear of like, what are people going to think of me? But also uh, bringing yourself back into the thought that anybody who would criticize you for trying to build yourself up is just a fucking piece of shit. Fair enough. Well, here, so the, the people that aren't going to succeed at a high level uh, are, I don't know how, I, would, I want to characterize these people the right way. So the people that you're imagining would like criticize you and that's it, like for getting what you want or for pursuing what you want. These are people... And it's super common. They uh, they're either addicted to or they see comfort as an ideal. Mm. Like everything, yeah, they build yeah. their entire lives around seeking comfort. It scares them. Every, the thought dude, of you going yeah. for something you want is a threat. They interpret it as a threat to them. Dude, you breaking orbit and like reaching for something beyond comfort makes them so fucking uncomfortable. It's to, to the point where they have to act out about it. That's true. And, and then they project it on you. The greatest the greatest like gift in that comes in like when people their initial re- response is that, but I think when people see you maintaining that level of sincerity and that level of output, they start to feel like oh it's okay for me to do this now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like they might mock you at first but then they're just like, okay, well maybe I can try to do something yeah, what's, I want to do. What's your experience been with that of like the mock followed by like an earnest like hey, uh how, how actually do you do this thing? Uh, well, it, we can dissect it. Um, and Matt actually turned me on to Jordan Peterson. Um, it was really weird. We talked about this probably a year ago. And uh, I was trying to understand why we would get that type, type of reception, reception. Like, why do people want to keep you down rather than bullshit you up? And, uh, and I started to come up with a pyramid type of theory. And that's when, I, when Matt turned me on to Jordan Peterson. And he says that everything comes down to a dominance hierarchy or a competence hierarchy. And I completely agree with it. Mm-hmm. So humans are social creatures and we need each other to survive. But it doesn't exist in a circle. It exists in a triangle like a pyramid. And there's, a top, there's a, somebody at the top, a leader, and then every level down. And you can persuade people by, um, by making the, getting them to believe that they can go up another rung. 
you know, that's how you persuade people, but you can really piss people off when you feel, when you make them feel like they are going down because the mm. further down on that pyramid they go is closer to closer to the death. That's just how they do it. That's, that's why when we go up to a girl and we ask mm. her for a date and she says, no, it's rejection. We don't see that as rejection. We see that as rejection and I'm going to die pretty soon, right? Like I'm not going to be able to pass on my mm. genes. Um, and it's the same thing from a, a rejection from one of your buddies. It's like, oh man, if I'm if 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 I'm not in with him, then I'm out from the group and I will die on my own. That is a that is a like, book after book says that. Um, so that's why that happens because when when if Matt goes out and all of a sudden what he did, you know, he became Philly's funniest comedian, etc. Well, that now moves right. <laughs> that that now makes me feel like well. Uh, because he's moving the hierarchy up, like I'm staying status quo. So by definition, I'm moving down in that hierarchy, mm-hmm. and that's a very painful, uh, painful experience for me. Wes, and to that point, like he he yeah. said something that we reference a lot. Um, I don't even know if you remember this, but a couple months ago when we were talking about how one person's success could be viewed as another person's detriment, you said people view it as like them taking your slice, their slice of the pie, and then you said the pie is infinite, mm-hmm. and that's what people don't oh, realize. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah. What, without a doubt. Yeah. Non-zero sumness. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. It's non-zero sumness. Yeah. There's zero sumness, which is like, you know, there's only, it's infinite. Mm-hmm. If The more someone else gets, the less I mm-hmm. can have. But really, it's like, yeah. what's that person? First of all, it's like, that's awesome that person's doing that. Then it's like, how do you do that? Most mm-hmm. people are in that position are very hap- happy, or happy to be like, well, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. You can be like, okay. And yes. you, your, your position will change. Yeah, yeah, that's, I do believe that. I, I firmly believe in non-zero sumness. I think uh, Jordan Peterson took a lot of flack just for pointing out dominance hierarchies. Yeah. Not even saying, like, I don't even think he talks about them as an ideal. He just says that like they exist yeah, and you should be aware there. of that. And people are like, bro, you can't, oh, you're saying that there's people that are better than other people? And he's like, no, dominance hierarchies say that and they're real. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. it takes you but, two tries to get out of a chair. Well, like, what are the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, like one of the big points that I liked of his uh, before he sold out was uh, like being aware of them allows you to almost like sidestep them. Like you, you like you stop playing like the you stop going through a lot of the motions that you go through and wait like you waste a lot of time subconsciously playing into the dominance hierarchies. And I think part of that is denying they exist and like just solidifying where you are in them. Oh, they exist. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, there's sure. no there's no fucking two ways about it. Um, and uh, man, just having you put it that way where. They see you like they so, someone perceives your uh, your ascension mm-hmm. in the dominance hierarchy, and that just upsets them because from their point of view, it's them sliding backwards. Yeah, because it goes to that stat um, about it's not poverty. And Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson talks about this. It's not poverty that creates crime; it's relative poverty. They mm-hmm. call it, I think it's the, called the Gini coefficient. So it's 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 not my space; it's my space relative to Matt's space. And that right. delta, if that expands, that's where it creates animosity. Mm-hmm. If I let my primitive mind take over. But then it's like, oh, well, my intellectual mind is like, okay, well, life is a series of games. And I want to set up these games to be successful at the overall game I'm trying to play. And I need to compete with Matt because that will make me better for my family. Mm-hmm. You need to really start shifting your mindset. That's why I believe like, if you really want to accomplish something, go and join a team that is unidimensionally focused on excelling within that domain. So if it's fighting or if it's dancing or if it's bodybuilding, whatever, like, you know, like, like when I, I feel like such a jerk, but I feel like it's important for me to say this kind of stuff. So I competed on the bodybuilding stage, probably six competitions at this point. It's called men's physique bodybuilding. And I never got first place, but I've gotten second place three times now on third and fourth and fifth. And the reason is not because I'm so great. It's because I went and I joined a team. I joined the best team that money could pay for. And I didn't ever... 
I didn't ever call my coach and he said like, hey, how's dance? Or hey, how was your career? It was no. It was always fucking like, what is your workout like? Did you execute? Send me your spreadsheet and give me the score. That was it. We didn't have any other conversations besides that. And then when you step on the stage, right, they're only, they're judging you on this particular thing. So I think actually joining those hierarchies in a competitive way that will really put you, you put your feet to the fire is so important because then you extract that. And who gives a shit if you get first place, second place, or don't place at all? Again, it's the same thing. My goal was to get last place. And it's like if I'm last place on stage, then I'm first place out there, right, for True. my game that I really yeah. want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I think we should use these... Uh, examples of somebody becoming better, not as a threat. Well, maybe as a threat, but in a positive way. It's like, yeah, get your shit together and go join on the team and fucking do it. Like, it's really, it's really that simple. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like you're not as threatened by people's success if you know you're dedicating yourself, like you know, yeah. pretty full into something. You can see someone like, oh fuck, that guy's doing awesome with this, and then you're still focused. It's when you're not really doing anything, you're not honest with yourself. <laughs> you just see that, and you're like, pussy. Yeah, oh, well, that's the yeah. gremlin. That's the gremlin that dude. like that nags at you. You're like, why do why do I feel a negative pang about this? And it's like, dude, it's because you're not fucking. Your eyes aren't on the prize. Dude. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I think negative feelings, you know, it, they exist on a spectrum. I think you should have negative feelings. Sure. Like that that should, it's like fuck. Matt's doing this, and like his podcast is doing great. Like I should do that. Not in a like like I want him to keep on going. Because again, it's just that relationship. Like if he goes up twenty percent, I want to follow lockstep. Um, I just think it's so important. And then uh, one of you guys said um, earlier, or you, you questioned earlier, like, have I experienced where I have excelled at something, and my initial peer group is like, oh, you know, fucking pussy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the answer is every single time. But then came back later every single and was time. like, hey, uh, every, ev- uh, literally did, every single time. Damn, dude. Can you show me the cha-cha slide? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah that- like, whether it be with career, because people told me I was taking too big of a risk with my career because I lost my the first few years I moved out to California. I had some finance guys on Wall Street, like, like, bro, like, you're giving up so much money. Like, why don't you just do this? And it's like, well, because I looked three, four, five roles ahead of me, and I didn't want to be that guy. And I would have become that guy because that's just the natural, logical progression of where mm-hmm. I was. And I'll never forget, it was like a Wednesday. We were working at 2 a.m. in the morning, which was a constant thing every single week. And I was working with my boss. And he was, two, let's say, three levels ahead of where I was. And he said, I said, Tim, what's wrong? And he said, he said, no, I'm really you know, jammed up today because my son looked at me a couple of days ago and said, Daddy, I love you, but I hate your job. And his, his son was like four. you know. And it's like, mm. and in my mind, I'm looking at him like, in, in a respectful way, it's like, oh, you're not really the leader that you should be. Like that's your fault because you've had these golden handcuffs on, and it's what Jordan Peterson calls like you you, you had you had willful blindness, like you knew exactly what mm-hmm. was happening along the way, but it was there was too much fear on the other side that you let get the best of you, and now you're in this position where like you don't lead your family, your fucking boss does. Oh yeah, right? dude. And he'll never say that, right? And I would never say that to him out of respect, but that's what happened. Well, like he, as a human being, you're like you're being a slave to somebody else. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you know, and he's probably making yeah. you know, however many you know, he's multi multi millionaire, but still his money doesn't serve him any utility. What's the fu- that's well, yeah? From, I have a big freedom boner with money. When like you, oh, yeah. when you get the whole point of it should be to be able to call your own shots if 100%. you want to, if you want to. But dude, what's the point of being a millionaire if someone can call you yeah. and like yo go there and you're like Ooh, good point. you're like a nice car you're like motherfuckers driving like <laughs> oh yeah no you're you got what's the fuck point? point yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you got to call spade to spade. You yeah. know, it's like your money doesn't serve you the type of utility you think it does because this guy over here can tell, like another human can tell you, you need to be here on Sunday night and you're not leaving until Friday morning. 
Yeah, especially you know. like I said, it's one thing if you're just like a 23 year old and someone's like, "Yo, go over there," and you're like, All right, Once you have like a family and stuff, and people's feelings are on the line, you're like, "Sorry, I'd love to be there. I'm just not allowed because exactly." It's like, dude, that and that's a bad message. Then your kid internalizes that, and it's like, "Well, I can't go against my boss's wishes," and it's like, yeah. Well, that was the other thing is that <sighs> my deciding factor of moving out to California was was okay. I'm leaving a lot of money on the table, but I'm doing it for this greater thing. And then really the thing that put put me over the edge, well, number one, I put a $10,000 bet on the line with my buddy. I was like, if I don't do this by the time I'm 26, then you take the 10 grand. And I put it in an account and he had access to the account. Damn. Um, Imagine having $10,000. Hey, subscribe to the fucking Patreon. God damn it. What do we have to do? (laughs) Jesus. Um, But the biggest thing was I used that guy's story, my old boss's story, and I was like, I, I refuse to fucking look at my son because every father tells his son to take risks. Mm-hmm. Like 99% of fathers are fucking bullshitting when they say that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, no, you are telling your son, but you didn't do it yourself. Yep. So yeah. I refuse to have that conversation and not be authentic with my son. So that was like, yep, I'm fucking done. And I, like literally that was the final sentence in my head. I'm like fucking, and I moved out to California a couple months later. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think everything comes down to that. Again, it's the same thing. It's like, what do you really want? And that's a, that's a bitch to define. Like, what do you really want? You will find that when you sit there and write, I'm sure all you guys have done this, but for those of you listening, writing out what you want takes tens of hours. Uh, like typically, you know, it's like to really refine what you want. And that that is the hardest part, but that's also creates very easy easy actions after because you know then what not to do. And uh, and it's that whole light bulb saying it's like a 300 watt light. I'm probably going to fuck this up, but it's like a 300 watt light bulb can light a room, but a 300 watt laser can melt steel like something like that because you really okay. focus your efforts. Um, and uh, and we get way too distracted. Like the default activity, especially of like of men out in, in Philadelphia, like I'll never forget. That's my buddy was telling me he's like, man, he's like, you know, my dad's kind of upset because he can't get ahead and work. I'm like, dude. Your dad watches high school football on Friday. <laughs> literally, literally, right? It's like college football on Saturday, all day Saturday, and then NFL football on all day Sunday. Like literally, his entire free time is taken up by something that he's watching other men get rich. And uh, and I don't care if it's about the money. Now, as a man, I and I think all humans should try to get rich, not to like for any other reason. It's like it's a fucking resource. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the resource outside of your physical resources. It rules. Like 100%. it rules. You can't. Like I've had periods in my life where I'm like, man. When I was like 23, especially, I was like, I don't even need money. Oh, yeah. As soon as you have anything of value or like a person depending on you, and you can't pay for that. You're just like, oh, oh yeah. So yeah, that's one thing that like I've definitely was like oh, had yeah. to spin back on where I'm like, oh yeah, you you did it. But it's also good if you don't. You can't. What I at least try not to do is serve money. Where it's like, of I'm going to try to make money, but I'm not going to serve money. Dude, money doesn't sake. worry about you. Exactly, dude. It doesn't yeah. care about me. Uh, yeah, I definitely only view money as like the, uh, as a utility. You know what I mean? It's, it's for sure. Only for like the uh, experience and fucking safety it provides for, you know, my fucking family or whatever. That's the only relationship I have with it. So, uh, yeah, I just want to increase it so that they have better fucking a better standard of living for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that message needs to get out. So last night, Matt was over at my house. We had dinner and, and uh, he asked me a couple weeks ago about the picture on my phone. The picture on my phone is of uh, my grandmom and I look at it every, obviously every time I use my phone and she's on the beach and she didn't have a chair. And so a lot of people say, oh, that's cute. You have a picture of your grandma. But that fucking picture for me was when I first moved out to California and like after two years of not making any money and putting money into the business, I was like fucking broke, like just dead broke. And um, my grandma came out to visit, and it was awesome. But we went to the beach, and she's got a bad leg, and she had to sit on the on the fucking sand because I couldn't fucking afford a beach chair. 
you know, and it's like, I just felt like a fuck up. It's like, I made all this money on wall street, like completely blew it all to, to increase the business. It's not fucking working. And then her flight got changed and John Wayne, it's a John Wayne's the orange County airport. Her flight got changed last minute to LAX. And I didn't have any fucking gas in my car. I had like a half of a quarter of a tank. And I'm like, fuck. Like, so literally the entire time, and it's during rush hour, I'm like, I'm not, we're not going to make it to the airport. It's going to be the most embarrassing thing because my family thinks I'm successful. Like, all of these things. And I, I don't know how the hell it happened. Like, grace of God, universe, whatever you want to call it. But I got to and from the airport. And then that just let it fire under my ass. But it's like, wow. you want to tell me money's not fucking important? Yeah, have an experience like that, motherfucker. And like, you'll yeah. see why it's important. Well, you didn't say you had kind of people telling you to chill out out there? Well, this is my favorite oh, story yeah. you're telling me. Yeah. People are like, yo, man, take it easy. Yeah, for those, like, you know, the it's the same example, right? Like, when you tell people you're on a path, like, they, a lot of people will be sneaky about it. The smarter we get, like, the sneakier we can be about, like, trying to hide our true, uh, true desire of what we're trying to accomplish. So, um, I, I met this guy out there and he, he introduced me to his friend and this guy was like, Hey man, you should meet Wes. This guy's pretty motivated, like all these things. And, uh, and this guy, this, this guy, I'll call him Tim. Um, Tim was like, Hey man, nice to meet you. And we had, we had dinner and we talked for hours and, uh, and he was like, at the end of it, he was like, dude, he's like, you should just chill out, man. Like, just relax. Like why, why, why do you have to be trying so hard and all this stuff? And I remember, you know, I was I was new to this like world out in California, but I remember I was like, fuck you. Like, you know, that's, and he sounded sincere where it's like, Oh, like, Hey man, like, you know, just try to relax. Like, you know, you're going to have a heart attack. Like, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, number one, I'm fucking fine. Number yeah. two, you don't know me. Like, you know, I, there's no health risk whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And number three, what do you mean? Relax. You know, now, now maybe somebody else, maybe me in a weaker frame of mind would have t- taken that advice and be like, Oh, maybe I, do need to smell the roses or whatever, but it's like number one, like leave it to me to to find what roses I want to fucking smell, not you. Um, but then the other thing is, now I now know I know the guy and I've seen his financials. Now years <laughs> yeah. later, complete shit broke, complete yeah. shit broke. Like really, oh, I, oh, oh, yeah. loser. Oh yeah, drives a super nice car. Like, but like uh. I, I literally know his financials. Um, Dang, you got the DOS lid on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Whoa. And that's yeah. just a, an example. You should have danced for him on the spot just to show him how loose you were. Like, <laughs> oh, I need to relax? Well, yeah. that's a These weird thing. need to relax. <laughs> well, that's a weird thing, too. If you're like full, if you're full functioning, you're firing, you have a goal, you have like a, a narrowed aim that I think is kind of meaningful. I, I, like, yeah. so I spent years like completely existentially adrift where I'm just yeah. kind of like, I kind of want to do this and I kind of want to do that. And then every day is just like a hell of being like, I didn't do anything today. Fuck. Yeah. So now that I've been starting to narrow my daily activities and it almost for me defines who I am in a way where like, well, what am I wanting to do every day? And mm-hmm. it's like, here's my four tasks. As long as I do, as long as I do them, they're done. And I'm, my day's finally done instead of being like enveloped in this weird, confusing blur yep. where I'm like, I don't even know what I do. Yep. So that's, and it, you, you would think, because there's a lot of people romanticize, like, oh, I fucking fly by the seat of my pants, which I did, for, you know, for years. Mm-hmm. It just, at the, at the end of the day, you you can start to not get anywhere. And if you're not 100%. okay with that, that can fuck you up when you're older. Yeah, 100%. You start getting salty when you're older and you're just like, what the fuck have I, and then, you know, if you're not aware enough, it's so easy to bleed into being like, fuck, if you see anyone doing well, I'll be like, motherfucker, fuck, blah, blah, blah. Oh, without a doubt. You gotta fucking take it easy, bro, and just relax, and it's yep. like... It's just weird seeing where that comes from, especially when they're older and you're like, I'm conditioned to be like, okay, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I believe you. You're older than me. Yep. Then to see that like older people can be totally full of shit and you're like, oh, fuck. Well, the default settings for people from our in our demographic is like wait for 5 p.m. on weekdays and then yeah. on weekends yeah. plan it all around like just eating shit food and getting drunk watching a sport. Yes. It doesn't even matter, dude. 
like the sport changes, the season changes, and your spot on the couch is the fucking same. Yeah, dude. dude imagine that time lapse of you just changing jerseys oh. as like the leaves change around you. Fuck. That's painful to it's think tough, of, dude. Man. And then suddenly, like enough enough cycles happen, and now it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna die. And uh, yep. you know, I really supported the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Through thick and thin, dude. I'm gonna be in the casket with the jersey on. Oh, <laughs> yep. Oh, dude. Yep. Now, Wes, when your when your situation turned around, did you have your grandma out again? And yeah, we, we we had a lot. Like you guys said, tracking wins and losses. I mean, uh, I've been very blessed and fortunate. We've now had a lot of wins since then. And yeah, my grandma has come out, and um, we do a lot of things. And like the other thing I'd say is like really commit to to uh, to uh, how do I say this? Like uh, to holding the trophy if that makes sense. Like, and I had to deal with that psychologically a lot. Like, you know, I'd start to get these wins and people would say, Oh man, that was great. Like, you, you know, you just brought in $10 million. Like awesome. And I would say, you know, I kind of be like, Oh yeah, well, whatever, like on to the next one and not fully absorb the reward because mm-hmm. you kind of are taught. And I was, I was brought up in Catholic school, like taught to be humble and not to have pride, but that's like, don't confuse that. No, like you went out and earned the reward. So get the girl. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. go out to a nice dinner and the, and I and for years I wasn't it wasn't until recently where I really you know went fully into that, um, but it's cool man like you know I just took, and you know Matt has been there several times I, I, every year now I take my family out to uh, my grandmom's favorite <laughs> funny enough full circle P F Chang. Yeah, I never put that together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's her favorite restaurant for summer. She loves the barbecue sparrows there. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, they give you the red tell carpet it? treatment. Yeah, we're just like uh, not for nothing, grandma. But I, I fingered the owner's daughter <laughs> in his own house. She's like, what'd you say, Wes? She's like, nothing, grandma. Eat your ribs. <laughs> Smell these fingers. This is PF stank. <laughs> Where's the hostess? <laughs> Let her know we're friends of Mr. Chang. <laughs> Chang gang, so, yeah, so that's that's your whole family. I went there the one time. There's like 40 people. You yeah. hold you hold a feast for your family. Oh, yeah. That's so cool, man, dude. Yeah. It's I went in there and saw that, and it was just like, yeah, whoa, what the fuck? I didn't know yeah. people did this. Just yeah. while everybody's eating, he just fills up all their all their gas tanks, <laughs> just running. <laughs> we can get as much gas as we want now. You ever think about franchising one just to make things easier for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but it, it brings up a good point. It was like. At first, I was scared to do that, and I was scared to because that's a trophy for me. So you know, we we literally get the whole wall of PF Changs. Now I just set the goal this year to rent out the whole restaurant in the next five years. That's the goal. Yes. yes. Um, but I found my yeah. I, um, I found myself. Um, how do I say this? I was confronted with fear. Right. It's like okay. Well, now I've experienced like I kind of went through this weird wave curve of like earning a lot of money in New York and then like going completely fucking broke. And then now being back on the upswing starting a handful of years ago. And it's like, but I don't know when that's, I don't know when it's going to happen again. So I'm going to like hold everything like super Mm. close and I'm not going to take my family out to dinner. I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to want the car. I'm not going to, Matt and I just talked about this recently. Like I'm not, I'm, I found myself then grasping onto the resources and it's like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, don't be like in my head i was like don't be a bitch like i'm i'm acting like a bitch right now and and that's just i really believe that your results are a direct reflection of how much value you create for others and for yourself and the, and it's, those are two are very important for yourself and for others you cannot wow. forget about yourself um and then have the balls to go out there and do it like if you want and, and not to sound like corny motivational but it's like if you want the fucking car go and earn it and that earning part is really important 
you, you, the things that you spend money on or that you earn should be a fraction of the value you produce, but it should always have that relationship, right? So that fraction, if that's 10% of the value, then if that 10% is fucking $5 million, go and spend the $5 million, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, um, I, I know now, literally, I know multi, 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 multi millionaires. Actually, I know a guy, I believe he's a billionaire and he was telling me about how he gives his wife a, a budget for Christmas, and that's great, you know, but, but I know his other, he's like, like, I would say kind of stingy. Mm-hmm. And that to me doesn't make much sense. That is, that is, that is like, it is a snake shedding out of his skin, but thinking he's the former skin that he was in, yeah. you know, cause he grew up poor, you know? So it's like, and that to me is not very rational. I was going to compare it to a dragon actually. When you were talking about it before, like, yeah, yeah. you know, increase, like chasing the money and then like suddenly you've got it and you're not, you're not sure when the next mm. growth spurt's going to come, but like. Dude, I don't know. Is this like a real analogy already? But like, so dragons like have all these power in like folklore and like mm. mythology and stuff like that. And uh, most of what they do is just sleep on coins. Mm. Like every time someone goes to slay the dragon, they walk into like a vast fortune and it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep on this shit. Dude, yeah. you're breathing fire right now. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, no, that is true. And it's also like, that's, dude, that's a... It's not even just like a, a money thing. That's at an emotional level all day. Everything mm, is navigating the world with a roadmap. We're like we were constantly. We'll develop roadmaps kind of retroactively. We're like, I'm now. I'm like regetting. I'm like recalculating my roadmap to deal with like people, my wife, everyone, what I'm doing, and then in ten years from now, it'll be totally obsolete. So whether or not you can ditch those old roadmaps is something that like ninety seven percent of people suffer with. Yep. And most of 100%. us are walking around with a roadmap that we got like. Our, some of our earliest memories really kind of like sear in our mental images of the world and like the, the our quest so to speak is to kind of shed that and gain new ones ever, throughout all the points of life so i did the same thing i've had lots of money at one point had zero dollars well it was a simple it was a it was a different path but it was still like i remember like having all that money and acting a certain way and then going just f- losing all of it and then like my whole behavior changed and i'm like trying to get out of that old just constantly freaking out and constantly being like i gotta be at work right now and it's like dude you're mm-hmm. done you're done for the week like mm-hmm. make a budget look at it and make that much money and then again like the trophy for me is just being able to like turn off and just do the things that i like to do yep yeah absolutely i was afraid to do that for i literally just started doing that this year to like being like oh these are the things i need to do and then i can actually have free time to like the idea of a hobby like spun me out forever I was really like, fuck me a hobby. what was the first time. thing that you chose to do at that time uh, it was funny. The first thing I started... T-porn? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Trade porn. <laughs> I honestly... Uh, it was weird. Once I... So when I first... The first time when I like when I was younger, I, I fell into like a bunch of money doing a bunch of grimy shit when I was little. And, uh, I, you know, I was like selling weed and shit. And like I had... I was like 23. I remember I, my whole dream in life was not to wake up to an alarm clock. That was... I still mm-hmm. think that's a good dream, but now yeah. I'm kind of like... So that was a roadmap where I was like... I was forced to do shit I didn't want to do through school, through everything for so long that I was like, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Then I made that happen at a very young age, you know, through obviously my life as a house of cards. And uh, I just chilled. I chilled all day, every day. And I was just kind of like, after like a year of doing that, I'm like, this fucking sucks. I was like, this Mm. fucking sucks to not do anything. And then, you know, I still kind of like drifted about for a while and i've i would say the last two years more so the last six months with you guys starting this podcast it's helped me a lot and just talking to wes of just like narrowing down what i want to do and like acting on stuff without the fear of being like 
somehow perceived as because it's like it goes against the zeitgeist of our current culture to be like I'm goals focused, I'm driven. People are like, oh yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. But it's it's something and it's a mentality that I inhabited, mm. and it dude the. The, the peace of mind that lays on, like lies behind organizing your day and self and life and tasks is it, unbelievable. Absolutely. 100%. It's crazy. Wow. So, dude, we're, I, just, we're, as, we're as motivated by you as, as you But This is a new roadmap. This is what I'm saying. I had to discard an old roadmap of being like, I can just chill whenever I want. All I ever wanted to do was chill. And then I outgrew that. And I was like, oh, fuck. I need to formulate a new set of aspirations mm-hmm. and a roadmap to carry mm-hmm. me through in life. And that's when I became aware like, Oh, this is a continual process. This isn't like I'm going to retire one day. I'm going to yeah. do this. It's like you just have to keep going, dude. 100 percent forever. Pro- progress. It's always about progress, man. So yeah, progress for sure. I'm picking up on two different uh, roadblocks, right? I'm, this isn't the beginning of a joke. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm picking up on two different roadblocks right now, and um, one is in the initial phase of even just like dreaming of success, and it's the uh, the imagination part. Yep, people get a look at their own imagination and it freezes them in their tracks 100%. and they get self-conscious. So if you told someone to write that, you said that people won't even touch 95% of their, or, you know, what I forget what the ratio was, but people won't even articulate mm-hmm. their real desires. Nope. And it's the dude, it's like they look inside and it's like an abyss Yep. and it fucks them up mm-hmm. and it spins them out. And then once you, I, you, it sounds like you've identified people who either didn't have to take that leap to find financial success or they got through that step and then they reached like a practical barrier where it was like, all right, I got that first initial burst of success. I don't need any more growth. I just need to, you know, sustain this level of success and ride this out. Mm-hmm. And those people sound like, uh, I, like the rivals that you're leaving by the wayside. Right yeah. Now. There is a very small cohort of individuals that I now know personally that it's like, okay, these men and women have it right. Like they know that, Whatever success they had in the past might not happen in the future, but it's not that that they trust that leg of their path. It's they trust in their energy to produce the value in the future. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's if it's writing code or selling investments or if it's whatever, fucking juggling. Like they they have confidence in themselves. Like Conor McGregor has confidence in himself that hey, if if it, if UFC doesn't work out, I can go and sell whiskey. If that doesn't work out, then I can go and sell you know workouts. Like that's it. So it's it's getting to the nucleus of your energy and saying, that's what I trust in, mm. right? Like my software of believing that I can always provide values for other human beings because that's how capitalism works. That's how every system works. Incentive-based system, like can I produce for others um, so they see it as valuable? And that's what you should trust in. The medium doesn't fucking matter. Damn, fuck no. yeah, dude. Dude, dude. Tony, you, I, I believed you. You said I, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing the tightest program that I can even imagine into the fucking room and here we are <laughs> dude so when you were so with the goal setting things what do you do yeah. i know you have a huge program in terms of our whole approach to setting goals that's yeah so I, I brought it in case you guys want yes yeah definitely in case you want to see it dude. so it, dude, it's super yeah, simple dude. um yeah um it's super simple um i literally just have uh, what i'm just handing around the table right now is honestly so if you go to the the first page, it says 2019 goals if you flip to the second page it's the pictures it's my vision board it's just it's the the visual representation of all of my goals, right? So that's an immediate reminder. Honestly, I think you fucking in P.F. Chang's hot tub is a little inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll look past that for now. <laughs> so the water in the hot tub is comprised entirely of Wes's cum. <laughs> <Inappropriate again. laughs> 
<laughs> All right, dance off with guy who doesn't remember my name. Uh, <laughs> so, dude, it, it's simple. Like, I've got things in there. Like, I've got narratives and stories of, like, the guy, like, painful stories, like that dance story, or, like, there's other stories, like, the girl that I didn't get. Like, like all those things that you'd be afraid to tell your buddies because you look like a bitch, right? Like, I've got in there. And then I let that and other things like it spark my desire. And then that's where you get into the it part, right? Like, the imagine, think, plan, act, reflect. Revenge. So it's like what whatever your core desire is, okay, now imagine where you want to be, right? So really simple. Fast forward a year from now and say, where do I want to be? What do I have? Okay, now let's just reverse engineer it. But that, that where do I want to be, that's the imagination. Okay, now let's reverse engineer it. That's the thinking part, right? So okay, what resource, resources do I have? What kind of list can I create? What do I have to do, right? It's really fucking simple. Okay, I want to be a great dancer. What is the best way to do that? What are the projects, had, habits, and actions that I need to take? Okay, well, I can go and join a dance class. I can literally, I'll have in there like, go get dance shoes, like watch dance videos, whatever it fucking is. It's very logical. Because you had a great point earlier was, was hey, you use a very logical approach. Well, that's how life is. It's just sequential, right? It's, it's a pretty easy algebra formula. So, okay, then I write all those down. Okay, well, now that has to exist in time and space. So I put it on the calendar. Or if it's not something that adds on the calendar, it at least goes on the paper, right? And then I go and I do those things. And then I, I give my best shot at doing those things. And here's the other thing. I do not track my losses. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my mentors tells me that, you know, that goal setting and goal achieving is if you look at the horizon, the horizon should only be used for your vision, for your imagination, not for reflection. Reflection is meant to look where you came from because the horizon moves equidistant from you each step you take. Right. So like you'll never be able to judge your progress there because it's it's this illusion. Right. It's it's always moving equally further from you as, as the closer you get. The only way you can tell your progress is if you look behind you. So for that reason, like you'll see in that document, I, I have my trophies. I write down my wins. I don't give a fuck about the losses. Like mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan does literally literally never does the calculation on like how many shots that I miss, except for that Nike commercial that he showed. What do you know? do with like a <laughs> lesson that you can take from a failure, though? Oh, absolutely. Take the lesson in a healthy you way. Bring it out. Right. In, in a healthy Take way. Take a bucket full of, you know, yeah. failure knowledge. Yeah, and then... I, I literally, for me, I experienced yeah. no emotional no emotional deficit from from failures. Like, like liter- literally, I, I might I might let it sting, but I don't walk, I walk away from it net neutral. Man, I spent right? two years in a failure depression. Really? really? Yeah. Damn. And, uh, the, dude, getting out of it was the genesis of uh, me and Mike starting this. Hmm. Yeah, That's two, fucking... I lost two years to a failure depression. Wow. Damn. Can you believe that? Do you mind if I ask what the failure was? Or was it just our TV pilot didn't get picked up? Oh, interesting. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. everything looked like it was going to. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I, obviously, I took it for granted. Yeah. And uh, when, it didn't, when it didn't happen, I was just like, wow, dude, what's the point? Because I, like, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's an arena I'll probably never get to again. But now I'm just mm. like, now my only regret is that I spent two years wallowing. Right, right. I'm like, dude, I, I, I could have a million TV shows not get picked up. And I, as long as I'm moving forward, I'll be fine. The greatest gift in that is I feel like there will never be anything that, that relates to that level of failure that mm-hmm. I think that I could experience again. Mm. And I think going through that and seeing like, I think we had similar reactions to that. And I think I told you about this, that like mm-hmm. this was the first creative thing where I felt like we were doing since then. And... It was enlightening, one, because I got to do it with you, mm-hmm. um, and two, because I felt like, oh, that wasn't the end. Right. Because all the eggs were put in that basket, and because everything seemed to be going so well, and when the bottom fell out in a fucking email, it was just, all right, mm-hmm. well, 
I'm worthless. <laughs> and a big part of that was like all the, you know, all the buildup that I had in my mind of like how people would view me now. And I was, I would be a success where I put in all these years and, you know, what I felt was wasted time in comedy and that now it was finally going to, going to be a payoff. And then right. the payoff just suddenly wasn't there. Mm. It was just like, all right, well now I'm back at square one and I've mm. just wasted all these years of my life. We also just recorded an episode last night that's not even going to be out till next week. And we were talking to another buddy of ours who's basically at the same level we are, where he just realized that he could do whatever he wanted. And yep. he, so he doesn't have a conventional job. He's got like a small uh, candle brand that he's trying to build into like a lifestyle brand. Yeah. It's incredible just to watch like how simple his movements are in that realm. Oh, yeah. And how like how clear his vision is for moving forward. Yep. And w- one thing that we got to talking about was like you're you're how much you can fail without being a failure. Like you're only Dude. a failure when you when you settle on one uh like when you let a failure define you for the rest of your life. Dude, I think having a philosophy I'll kind of cross-pollinate sports here and, and I don't watch any fucking sports, but I know enough to be dangerous. I played sport <laughs> I, 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 I played sports all my life, but You can stick to dance if you want. <laughs> yeah, <man>. yeah. <laughs> um uh I do not believe in Hail Marys. I'm a, but I'm religious about base hits. Like mm-hmm. that's how I fucking run my life for sure cuz those are the successful people that I've seen that it's just it's just there's a certain there's a ton of quality in quantity that people don't talk about. Like literally it's just plant a million seeds and it's just a percentage. Like have your 10% just be such an enormous number. But if you're not putting in the raw inputs, then you're not going to fucking win. God, right? like, this is what this is what our buddy Sydney says about sports. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like a, he's like a, a, a very gifted athlete. Yeah. But he's, he does exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about, where he, he only invests in fundamentals and everything else like follows. That is that. that is his philosophy. Dude, he's like a fucking West is like a captain planet of all of our fucking boys I'm, ideas. I'm telling he's you. got them all. Dude, if you put us all together, we're one successful dude. Basically. <laughs> Were those kids in the trench coat trying to sneak into the movies? <laughs> well, it's, it's, so, it's so funny because the, um, like when you were talking about like the hierarchy, the dominance hierarchy and all that stuff. So you guys were like at the gate of TV, like, you know, of whatever network success. And for anyone who would be like, that's not real. Put yourself in the position of being approached by network studios to do a show, be part of a show. And like, where does that excitement come from if that's not a real thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, if it was like, versus like a cable access or like public access, but hey, be on a show, there's a mm-hmm. different level of excitement. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's up or wrong. Like, yeah. it's, yep. it's undeniable when oh, people yeah. try to say, and even like most people who try to be against that, in my opinion, be more of like the artistic types. And it's like, okay, yeah. oh, what yeah. about if your art show was on, you know, at yeah. 30, wherever, you know, and, you know, 30 Rock in yeah. Manhattan versus like, your basement. There's a fucking difference. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, yeah. My suggestion... Sorry, did I cut you off? No, no. Uh, my suggestion to people, it, it, honestly, is don't listen to people who don't want to make progress. Like, mm-hmm. any fucking message about that, it's just wrong. And and you can go for years, sometimes even an entire lifetime. Who was the philosopher where it's like... like Because I wanted to get heavy into philosophy, but then the internet allows you to kind of shortcut and see like what was the... What was the conclusion of that philosophy? Yeah. Who, was the, who was it? What was the What was the philosophy? Uh, it was basically like you know, like it's a wonder people just don't kill themselves. Like essentially, was and this was a very, uh, very famous philosopher. Um, but it's uh, basically um, what's the negative philosophy called? Uh, nihilism. Yeah. Right. He was like the he was like the face of nihilism. So, just warning people listening, like you can spend decades in that line of process and and thought process. And I'm not saying it's illogical. Like there's, there's a certain logic. Like that's why that philosophy has stuck around. Yeah. 
but there's no cheese down that tunnel, right? Like if you look at those, if you look at the lifestyles of those types of people who practice that thought pattern, it's just shit. And like, yeah, you could, you could come up. It's like, well, this all means nothing anyway. I'm going to die anyway. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. But like, you will not enjoy the process. At least my version of that. Like, yeah, I'll be in the same casket, like similar casket that you will be, but I enjoy the process. Like flat out. There's definitely healthy nihilism where it's like, it's all going to end at some point. So fucking make the most of what you have. Absolutely. hundred percent. Completely agree with that. Yeah, that wouldn't. That's not even. That's just being. That's, that's prioritization, just being, dude. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just being realistic. Like, yeah, of course, obviously, like recognizing life's finite. It's not being <laughs> nihilistic. Nihilistic's when you start going life's finite. What's the point? If you're like life's finite, I better take advantage of it. That's yeah. that's like the total opposite. Yeah, you're describing something healthy. It's like compartmentalizing failure. Well, dude, yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah, where dude. the. Um, <clears throat> I mean, everyone's making fun of me for the Book of Ra because I was listening to the the contact with the Egyptian god Ra. But even what, nice. The, the the message of that is that there's a pol- like a kind of a binary or polarity between service to yourself and service to others, mm. and it's like if you endlessly serve yourself, it just typically doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. On like a you know on a yeah, if you like wholeheartedly, I'm going to serve myself. But if you can find satisfaction in creating value, like you were saying, for others and yourself, like obviously you can't forget yourself. Mm-hmm. Your life is just better. It is just it, it, like I, I just oh, I yeah. can't unless again if you're totally geared towards being like Genghis Khan, I'm gonna cut motherfuckers' heads off and make the world submit to me. It's gonna not gonna go well for you, and it, it won't go well for you if you know you're Genghis Khan. Yeah, no, I, I completely <clears throat> agree. That that's where I think about a lot of things. There's a big difference between practically zero and actual zero, like absolute zero. <laughs> and as humans, we like to talk about that difference like oh well you know and a lot of philosophy goes in this direction it's like oh well it really doesn't mean much well it's like okay you're talking about like absolute zero you're trying to reach this level of abstract thought and like yeah you might be technically right or we could argue and this happens in finance all the time that's the same deal but it's like no okay well like it doesn't you don't really need much more analysis than when i do something for you i feel good Mm-hmm. Right or when I make yeah. money and I buy my grandma dinner, I feel good. Mm-hmm. We don't have to dissect it any further than that because that gives me the practical, the, the the pragmatic feeling. Like that's the conclusion. If you try to like go and dissect it something even more, then yeah, you might reach a level of analysis that you're just like unhappy with the world. And I just don't think that's practical. Yeah, like, why the fuck would you do that? Where do you think these kind of like fraternities of non doing come from? People sit around like if you're if you do and try, you're out of the group and you're like ridiculed. Well, it's actually a surprise to me that everybody doesn't think like that because action's fucking hard. You know, yeah. it's like it doesn't take much for, for us to go out and lead a bunch of non-doers and be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, we should all just not do shit. Right? It is like, tight you, chilling. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> human, yeah, human beings have a, uh, what is it, like a, a negativity bias of five to one. Mm-hmm. Off of that math alone, it's easy to go out and convince somebody of like why that guy's an asshole because he's doing something and he's going to fail anyway. Yeah, Kid Rock's cruise is called Chilling the Most for a reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking people want to do it. <laughs> That's you know? true. Dude, that is I'm true. Like having a, I just had like an emotional response to reading your fucking goals dossier. It's oh, nice. Dude, fucking Jesus. I, I'm telling dude, you, Rice, dude, first incredible. of all, the most, the most impressive thing about you after reading this is that you clearly own a color laser jet printer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the most fucking... I, did you, are you just flaunting your printer? Yeah, That's right, man. <laughs> that is right. When I got to page nine of your fucking goals for 2019, I was... Man... Um, dude, so here, here's, here's the thing I, dude, I'm almost just like, I'm asking you to like, help me now. Like, yeah, uh, one of the, I have a couple of goals in mind, kind of loosely defined, but I'm committed to them and sure. f- for today. That's enough. But obviously I got to get my fucking shit together. But like one of them is like, um, 
I'm not going to get into the specific goal because this could apply to anything, but I could see the changes I would have to make in my life to mm. pursue a level of success on it. And it would, it's more than just like getting a raise at my job or like starting. It's like, it is definitely entertainment related, but I, I have this weird hesitation now because I understand that to achieve this, uh, this goal, I will have to change at least a little bit as a person. Mm. And I'm worried about the feeling of, um, so, so like when you change, right, you bring something good and you, you add something to your life, but also since it's change and not just addition, yeah, you lose a, like part of, part of me is going to have to go away. Yep. Am I like, I, is it normal to kind of worry that I'm going to miss a part of myself that I'm going to jettison? A hundred percent. So in the thinking stage of that it par, that's where at the very bottom of that thinking part of the funnel, you say no or you say go or no go. Like it is a very deliberate process that I have to say, okay, I allowed myself to dream about it, to have an imagination about it. Well, now I'm thinking through it. And at the very last step of that thinking through it, it's a go or no go. And, but but once that gate's open, that's it, right? So you throw it in the trash, or you're fucking off, and you do not like do not steer away from it after you, after you say go. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, every anything that you want to achieve that's worth it is going to have that you're going to have to burn some other shit away, mm-hmm. right? Or even, sometimes too, it's like because a lot of times it's like a almost like a surgical thing, like something's going to be cut off, but that part of you that you feel like it might get jettisoned, might just evolve kind of with you and it come out and kind of present itself in a different way. Well, dude, even even evolution, dude, that you bring in uh, something new and something old goes away. Yeah, no, so that's there, true. there's an aspect of either the way I operate or my personality that is going to be gone. But you think of it this way. It's almost like when your kids grow up. As your kids get older and yeah. they change, there's versions of them that are just gone forever. Yeah, it's weird. And I think, uh, I'm trying to like evaluate this in real time, but I think part of this anxiety is that like, I, I don't have a complete enough personal inventory. Like I, mm. I don't think I've done enough like looking inward yeah. to really understand uh, the impact of like what, what change will mean to me. Hmm. So maybe that's like a first thing. I'm going to have to find some resources. No, that's absolutely, dude, I'm telling you, imagine a life where you never confront it, like even the thought of changing an aspect of your personality. That's something to be really scared of. Or just taking it for granted. You think that like, oh, like for a lot of people, like change means like a new position at work. Exactly. I'm going to get married and my life's going to change. It's like, no, it's not. Like my my life has changed constantly over the last 10 years, but it was all like easy changes that I I was, it was immediate, like easy to enjoy. Sure. Like getting married. Having kids, like all of those, there are parts of me that I'll never see again, obviously, mm-hmm. but it was all like the benefits were overwhelmingly positive and immediate. Sure. And no one's and, looking at you crazy like, what the fuck are you having kids? You're getting that's married? The, yeah. That's the other part. Like yeah. other people are going to see me as, uh, hopefully see me differently and in a better way. I don't know. Man. Sure. I've got some introspection. Yeah, I'm up. telling you, man. I, yeah. I'm. I was in a similar boat where I was like, you know, I, I like, I would, I'd always would say like, I'm a very introspective person, but I would for sure cut myself off from like in terms of like defining myself and being like, what do I want to do? I just never did that. Right, because you have you have an innate sense of self, and it's not like you don't really quantify parts of yourself like that, like you could. Sure. No, it, it's that. I'm also when I wake up every morning, I'm just kind of blown away by being alive. So I wake up and I'm just like, holy fuck. But then that'll swing sometimes where like. I'm just not having a good day. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. And I'm driving real fast. I'm like, I'm driving off fucking 76. So it's like, there's a swat. There's like a strong, for me, there can be a very strong swing between like Buddha level contentment with anything. And then like intense fits of just being like incredibly angry, incredibly mad, or just being like, 
frustrated as fuck just because I'm like, my life's the same fucking thing every day. Yeah. So it's like, that it's either that or you choose to grow and evolve. And if you don't choose to grow and evolve, you have to find people who won't grow and evolve with. Dude, do you ever get into like the bar culture? No. Of just like going to a bar regularly? Oh, oh yeah. I, so, I thought it was maybe like a way of living. Like B-A-R-R, like a dude named Bar. I would. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, but I would like to yeah. learn more. <laughs> no, no, like I was in a, so I, I met up with this guy recently, uh, this older dude, and uh, it was like a friend of a friend. He apparently was like, he was getting weed from wherever, somewhere in the, uh, my house. New England. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere in New England. It was supposedly really nice. So I was like, yeah, let me, I'll check it out. So I like wanted to catch up my friend I haven't seen in a while. So I met this, I met up with this older dude. We we're kind of talking. I'm like, oh, this is cool. There was like four or five regulars in this bar that they go to a lot. And they're like, you know, we got invited to the holiday Christmas. We got invited to the employee Christmas party. That's how much we frequent this bar. And there was like two other guys who were there who were just there all the fucking time. Yeah. So, you know, we're going and we're talking. And then me, my friend and his older buddy were like, all right, let's get out of here. The dude who was sitting there was like, where are you guys going? And looked like he just looked mm. so fucking hurt because it was like his night ended. And then if you think about like you can find a bar. You can implant, you can plant yourself in there, spend enough money to the point where like the bartenders know you. There's like a familiarity. Mm-hmm. Someone like strangers come and pack it in. You're now like on some level higher you're up a made man. in yeah. this. Yeah, you're like a made man in this environment where you've placed yourself top of the pyramid. But the net benefit is like, I mean, if you get some pussy out of it, cool. Yeah. But if, if as a thing to put your fucking time into, a bar is a very oh, yeah zero payout thing but in the immediate it gives you that like you know compi- combined with the alcohol and the familiarity it the gives comfort. you that like the payoff is immense but it's just I'm not even going to say comfort anymore dude I'm just going to start calling it the C word <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking... <laughs> but it, it, it is that is if you do want to build that into your life like you know apparently people who socialize in bars tend to live longer because there's just that human <laughs> element Sure. but if that's all you're doing it's like dude that's something you can easily burn off like you said like oh I'm, no but I'm the guy who hang-. it's like you can easily burn that off yeah then come back a year later and like, what's up, motherfuckers? Here's what I've been up Yo, to. Indoor There's cats be- live longer than outdoor cats. <laughs> True that. And that's just like a life of Heard that, dude. laying down and getting your head Dude, scratched. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> my... It doesn't o- sound bad, though. Right? I know. That's my, that was my motto when I was... My younger, younger years when I was wiling out, my motto was I'd rather live a life that kills me than one that makes me want to die. Hell yeah. Just that, eating that was, fish skeletons out of trash cans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot better to drag your asshole car- across a carpet than it does to drag your asshole across the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. That's right. Yeah, man. That how, was, how personal is this uh, goals DOS to you? Like, do you share this with people regularly? Uh, you guys are probably one of the, I don't know, maybe one of eight people who I've ever handed it over to. Damn. This is incredible. And for the listeners, um, Wes's goal checklist is so fucking detailed that it's easy to see why he's such a success. Is everything, literally everything that a person could do in their life, he has goals measured. And it's not just, it's clear that he's just not somebody who just wakes up and just says like, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. Like it's, cl- it's clearly planned out. And I guarantee you that you wake up and hit the fucking ground running every day, don't you? Yeah, if you want to know one of the other like super big motivators for yeah. me, it's going to sound ridiculous, um, but I'll tell you the absolute. <laughs> I told Matt this recently. Yeah, is the absolute truth. Like, there will be some point where my wife and I go out to a restaurant and Hugh Jackman will be there, mm-hmm. and I don't want Hugh Jackman to sit down next to my wife and have. And if I go to the bathroom, have any probability whatsoever that he takes her from me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I, and I say that like legitimately. Um, you don't want huge Ackman to make you feel like a small Ackman. Yeah, right. Like, like think about like like think about this. You know, because one of the things is is we tend to put certain people on 
on a pedestal, mm-hmm. right? And typically those people are celebrities, right? Well, especially Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Without we're, a doubt, we were talking about that. Yeah. He's Wolverine, yeah. and he does like musicals and shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. that's someone I'd be like, you need to fucking chill, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you need to take it easy. All right, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, don't look at my finances. Just yeah. chill the fuck out. All right, don't worry about what I made. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. a level of moisture most men will never even know about. I mean, <laughs> dude, yeah, that's true. See, Unless, but that's the thing, right? Like, think about that. Like, we almost all are probably our natural default in this room is to think, well, like, you know, whatever, that's fair. Like, he comes and just takes her away because that's the celebrity. Like, fuck that. Like, I, and I and I, I'm not even joking about this. Like, no fucking way. And I have had decades to prepare for that. Um, cause I can easily tell you how to be Hugh Jackman. You become a business mogul, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to be, if you don't want to be a celebrity, then be the hedge fund guy or the private equity guy mm-hmm. that's worth a billion dollars. And Hugh Jackman now looks like this mm-hmm. now mad props to like Hugh Jackman. I love like that. Like, again, it's a competitor in my mind that I, that I want him to climb higher. Right? Like, I want those examples cause we're all fucking humans. Yeah. Not to sound like weird and abstract about it, but like, why is that human going to intimidate me and the answer is he's not right like like and it shouldn't to any of us or any of us listening it's it's completely ridiculous um and this game that we have is decades long right well life expectancy is increasing about a quarter of a year every single year and if you have healthy habits doing that math for all of us in the room we'll easily live to 110 115 120 if not longer or if you have like regenerative abilities and an adamantium skeleton <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. my plan would have just been to beat him up in front of TMZ <laughs> oh yeah you still want to fuck him <laughs> but it's like it's like why why not play that game yeah. you know and if you're not up for it then fine like completely cool but but don't complain about it Hugh when Hugh Jackman your gets to fuck your yep. wife yeah that's 100%, fair that's 100%. fair it's like you can take the easy route and it, dude some people might be like I'm polyamorous enough not to be like, well, I just won't work hard and be cucked. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, fine. Yeah. If you can do that, you know, props to you. Yeah. Because again, this isn't, there's there's some people will just, it's just a reality of this message will hit their head and just be like, exhaled in a single like, Pfft. Oh, yeah. Pfft. Okay. Yep. I'm telling you, that's, that's you know, yep. and it's like, I'm, I'd be, I'd love to find out the reasons for that, but it's, yeah. it's kind of like, Pfft. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. It, it's sad to me that, a man, first of all, I do not understand why men wear other men's names on their backs. Like you said, the yeah. jersey. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. Like, okay. I li- I literally do not understand that. Unless it's backwards. <laughs> <Chris> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of strange. I don't understand it. Like, you know, you're you're admitting, like, it's almost like you're worshiping this fake god. I, I, I don't get it at all. Um I agree. Also, dad meat t-shirts are going to be out pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch for the bad signal on that. Um, so uh, uh, I, I just don't. I don't understand that. Like, mm. I don't understand bowing down even even an inch to another human being. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it Zero. just makes it sound like I, that's like the standard for masculinity, which makes it even more bizarre. Well, that that is a hint when you when Matt talks about that article that comes out. It's like okay, like whatever the ridiculous like there's almost like that whole like toxic masculinity thing mm-hmm. i know nothing about it. i spend zero time watching news or anything like that I just don't see its purpose mm-hmm. um but i do feel like i've almost experienced a certain pressure as a man not, again not even being engaged in social media or any of that stuff a certain pressure as a man to almost not be a man yeah you know to like to, yeah. to not yeah. acknowledge that i have testosterone and i have aggression and that i can use that in a positive way mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I recently opened up a, a door for a female and she was like, you know, I can do that 
on on my own. I was like, yeah, that's what I meant. I meant that you could not physically open up a door yeah. rather than a gesture of respect, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I yeah, I don't understand a lot of that stuff, but I say go full force into, like, your testosterone aggression as long as you use it in a positive way. That's yeah. my big Absolutely. problem yeah. with the whole toxic masculinity argument is that it, it, a lot of times it is just, like – secret words for attacking the idea of masculinity altogether. Mm. Yep, like, yep, we, I agree with that. Yeah, what's and, up? Like, yeah, I have a lot of problems with uh, uh, um, not sure, conventional masculinity, right? Mm. But I don't want to I don't want to do away with it, right? Yeah. Like masculinity can be can be fucking sick. Yeah. And I think there's like a very masculine edge to like our whole fucking point which is like get behind your fucking dogs and lift each other up and also fucking Everyone's got to be moving forward. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. I, I think there's a masculinity to it, but it's also like not exclusive to women. Like women can, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like w- w- women can aspire to masculine traits as, as mm-hmm. well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Masculinity. <laughs> yeah, we are typically a blend, but they, you, you know, it, it is one sure. of those things where I don't know why I could. I mean, I th- I think part of it is honestly on some level the same thing of like, hey man, chill out. It's like if someone's right. fucking, if someone's like, mm-hmm. you know, if LeBron James is dunking on people, you know, if some dudes perceive, if some, there's people out there that are very insecure in their masculinity. So like, if you feel that way, the message of like, let's redefine masculinity. You're like, fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Let's definitely do that. Because yeah. this shit's not working out for me. So like, what do you want? Like, you know. Yeah. Kind of like baby boys. It's like, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Bitch yeah. ass fucking baby boys. But it also. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, so my my perception of that toxic masculinity argument as like an argument against masculinity altogether definitely contributed to a, like a huge depression that I was was already like wallowing in. But like it's it spun me out even further. And I think that like a lot of uh, uh, man, I don't want to say anything that sounds like fucking proud boyish, but. A lot of like the fucking dudes that you see online just acting like soft cowards all the time are, are people that I think are just internalizing this toxic masculinity argument mm. and having a different reaction where they're like, oh, yeah, I also I also think that, you know, uh, you should just be a fucking gigantic pussy every single day. Right. Yeah. And those are those are people that come after us. And they're using it as a way to try to get pussy, but they don't know that that route is actually waiting at a bus stop that's no longer in service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I have the bathroom real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go for oh, it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that, you know, in regards to the toxic mas- masculinity thing, it's, you, you fucking be masculine. Like, we're, no, it, we're... It sucks to even have to think about it yeah. that way. It's like, just don't be fucking weird about it. Right, yeah. Do your fucking thing. If you're, like, a constantly being, like, you're just so masculine, it's like, dude, stop. Don't do yep. that. Just be normal, be cool. Uh, yeah, don't be a bitch. And regardless, yeah, bitch. regardless of what fucking Twitter tells you, just don't be a fucking dickhead. Do what you need to do and just fucking live the life that you want to fucking live. Don't let some fucking busybody who has a fucking blue check mark determine whether or not you're going to do fucking push ups today. That's so, yeah, that's a weird form of authority. Be like, fuck, well, that account's verified. Therefore, yeah. I mean, also, none of us sake. watch Beauty and the Beast and we're like, yo, Gaston fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. We clearly can recognize <laughs> when, like, you know, like overdone masculinity yeah. presents itself and it's like dude why are you doing it like, misguided not misguided. toxic it's misguided exactly. misguided and we can fucking write this shit exactly dude, dude. not Gaston you motherfucker dude I'm looking at the stars I'm charting the fucking course right exactly, now exactly dude yeah I mean I'm telling you it is It is bad to think about that being accepted in mass of people being like it's just weird for dudes to have to be like yeah you know like there is definitely things like I said that could be reshaped like being emotionally like recalcitrant not like holding all of our stuff inside mm-hmm. of ourselves being like i don't go to therapy i'm not a fucking pussy like mm-hmm. that's a bad arena like you're not gonna like stoically fight your emotions right 
you can, but I, I just I'm convinced that it's the wrong way to approach stuff because it just cuts you off from all the other good things that can happen. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and even again, like, why do you feel like just saying like going to like, um, like for like mental health stuff? Because right now, like in my family, to be like I go to therapy, they would be like, like what are you like schizophrenic? Like what's yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah. that? Like the idea of having to talk about your feelings is alien to my family. So that's a you know you can burn that off of your masculinity definition if you want. But if you're going to, you know, if I had to choose, though, you know, if you're going to be just a hard ass, it's like you could do that, too. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. No, I no, think, no, no. But there's a fine line. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, like, go too gung-ho like you were saying, like, proud boy, be like, we're fucking bitch, stay at home. I just didn't want to say anything that sounded like that to detract from what I really meant. You know what I mean? That's true. Because I, I would I would say that what you're describing with, um, you know, like, a emotional nourishment between mm-hmm. men, I, I think that is, like, a desirable feminine trait. For sure. And it, it uh, you know. I think I think women originally evolved as like the purveyors of unit cohesion. Mm-hmm. Like they they held they they were like the glue that built early society, or like kept it together at least because a man would probably feel capable enough to eat and you know not die in the wilderness. Dude, I think you're one hundred percent right. But you know, and they also had the biological imperative of getting that fucking nut. Also, though, if there's food, <laughs> if there's food everywhere, the only thing that's going to keep me in one place is sniz. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's the, what yeah. you said, I'm like, holy fuck, that makes perfect sense. Is the only thing if I'm out roaming, killing shit, and it's like, but occasionally it, hitting people with swords. I don't know if it's conditioning or if it's like a, a result of like a, you know evolutionary biology. I that's like a term people hate, but like. Yeah, w- women are way better at navigating like the complex social structures that have been built. Not like I said, I don't know if that's a, a matter of like hundreds of thousands of years of conditioning, or if that's just like how it shook out on a chemical level. I dude, I think so. I mean, I think there's a couple things you don't have the option as much, especially back then, for any sort of like physical aggression. So like your mind is just fucking going because you're just like trying to manipulate situations because you can't just like overcome them and overpower people. Mm-hmm. Mm. so it's like because my my therapist is a woman and dude she'll i'll like talk for like 30 minutes and she'll re-sum up what i was saying in like two seconds and be like well what about this and i'm like fuck i never even thought of it. there's like thought dimensions that just don't occur to me that i'm just kind of like fuck i didn't even think about that thought dimensions oh it's crazy God, dude. It's, it's unbelievable like i like i'll like basically i just go to therapy and i'll just complain about my wife and I, i'll tell her like all right i'm not going to complain about her for that long mm. but i do want to tell you this and i'll start talking and she'll just be like well like, you know, all this, she's bothering you in X, Y, and Z ways. Have you told her how you would like, like, have you shown for her how you would like to be treated? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? Would I have to tell her? And like, yes. And I'm like, fuck, fine. Yeah. I'm just being able to be like, here's what I need you to do. Rather than just like walking around all day and being like, stop, fuck, that's annoying too. It's like, here's what I'm trying to do. Don't stop me from doing this. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Total peace and harmony. What was your therapist's take on you smashing olive oil bottles in the house? She said it needed to stop. Yeah. She's like, that's not good. <laughs> well, it's typically, very Italian, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, typically what, what happens is this, this is what she says. This, this is like the shit you don't think about. But she was like, typically anger is a feeling that's welcome in certain families. It's a, it's a very accessible emotion that nobody questions or ridicules or like, damn, that guy fucking freaked out. And it's almost on some level like, whoa, it's like a, a, a sign of strength. Typically, under anger, there's other emotions that you don't feel like you can show. Yeah. So, like, say your feelings get hurt, and you smash an olive oil bottle. <laughs> so, like, you would go, you'd be like, fuck, my feelings are hurt. And instead of being like, you just hurt my feelings, which if yeah. you're in a relationship is infinitely more productive, being like, when that hurt my feelings when you said that, versus being like, shut the fuck up, and right. smashing something. 
and you know that it just you're taught from an early age to cut those feelings off and go right to anger and like right. this is our kind of like you know uh, communication currency if i really want to stress a point i'm gonna get as angry as i can because no one ever taught me how to do otherwise mm-hmm. so that's the kind of stuff go ahead i was gonna say i mean just speaking friend to friend like if you continue to smash olive oil containers matt you're going to get further and further away from the pussy. <laughs> Therefore, making it extra virgin. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's true. All right. So. <laughs> that is true. Wanna, yeah. Just say no. Dude, I haven't, I haven't broken anything in a while. Um, I twisted a plastic fork recently, quietly, by myself. <laughs> it was a Chipotle container, and I forget what she was doing. I like walked up, I was like, twisted it, just like mangling it up. And Shane saw it. You should play Craxies with each other, where you fold the end of the plastic spoon and try to break the fucking... You know. Well, this is a Chipotle, the Chipotle forks, I was hoping for a satisfying snap, mm. but I think they might be like plant-based or some sort of material. <laughs> so I just kept twisting. It was like saran wrap. It kept twisting, and I was like... I mangled the prongs and put it back <laughs> I'm going downstairs. Nice. That's that charge, dude. I get mad, and there's just there's no way out. It's like we're married, we're having a kid together. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not going to leave. I'm telling you exactly what's bothering me, and you're being like, eh, whatever, deal with it." Because I do the same thing. If she's if something I do bother, I'm just like, "Oh my god, don't be ridiculous." So yeah. we just do that to each other back and forth. That's super healthy, man. Because I tell my wife I'm leaving all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like as soon as it's done, she's like, "Oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that." Oh fuck yeah, that's dude. I remember well my first marriage, which I, I love saying that. Uh, <laughs> well, my first marriage, my first wife. The um, I remember just chucking out that divorce word, dude. Once you throw that out, it's like fucking cold war from then yeah. on out. It, oh, that's yeah. tough to come back from that. When you're like, "Fuck it, we'll get a divorce." Yeah, and it's yeah. like, dude, you're in a whole different. Once you throw that out, it's different. Yeah, that and shut the fuck up. Once you throw mm. a shut the fuck up on them, it's like that fucks them up a little bit. Damn. Yeah, I can imagine. One thing that frustrates my wife is uh, how, I don't know if it's ever even happened, but she gets pretty frustrated with the fact that I don't often say things I don't mean. Like she, mm. almost to the point where she's like, would you just please every once in a while, like maybe yell or fly off? Like, I like that, that. I have that issue. That you don't Same do that. Same issue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. A passion. I gotta turn the passion down. That's all I have. Like a Latin lover. Uh, I, I, was gonna, I, was, I was gonna call it autismo. <laughs> Tim, what is a typical argument with you and Tail? With me? Yeah. Or with me and my wife? Well, with you and your wife. Uh, she loves. Uh, she's very bombastic. In an argument, and so, um, Shaggy would describe her as Mrs. Bombay. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly fantastic, Mrs. Lova Lova. Um, so I, I don't know what an argument is with me. It's probably very frustrating for the people that wade into those waters because I I don't demonstrate anger very often. Um, I don't know, dude. Isn't it? Doesn't it say a lot that you guys don't know? Right? Huh? You guys don't know what it's like to be in an argument with me? Yeah, for, for real. I never thought about that. So when she tries to bring, you feel like, who do you feel is the genesis? And I'm not trying to jam you up, but who would you say is the genesis of most arguments? Um, Where do they arise from rather than putting them on a person? I would say it's probably, it's definitely both of us. Sure. I, we, we definitely have a very balanced relationship. And uh, I, I would say that for every time that I think she started a fight with me, the truth would be closer to I didn't correct uh, like a very spectrum oriented behavior of mine and I let it hit her too hard. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I thought that I was being very precise in something I was doing, 
but I didn't take into account the fact that I was dealing with another human being. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, I can relate to that for sure. I bet you can. Yeah. I pick up on that. Dude. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the measured me- measured speech bothers um, people. 100%. And, and, and not meeting them on like an emotional wavelength when they're clearly trying to communicate with you emotionally. That's kind of fucked up of you to do or of me to do. But well, I don't feel comfortable. Not if, that's your, if that's your natural inclination, that's not. Fu- it's fucked up when I do it because I'm a natural spaz, and I will like <sighs> systematically cool myself and be like, "I'm not yelling, you are." Just because so I, so I know it bothers her, so that it's what I'm doing. I'm being manipulative, and it's fucked up. I, I'm like, I'm doing it because I'm like, I know this bothers you, but it does also help when someone's yelling, and you're like, "Hey, we we can totally not yell." So I, I've been on both sides of the coin because if you enter into the yelling match, that's not that's also not a good thing either. Because then it's just like you just start yelling at each other and it's like it's, you know, audibly it's upsetting to anyone in your immediate environment. It's embarrassing if someone like walks by and your windows are open and you're like, I don't want to fucking go. Mm. So it's like, I don't know, man. Dude, That's the, a tough you know what's one. funny is like as soon as I know like, you know, like the uh, like the battle screen starts on like a Pokemon, like, like as soon as like the battle music starts, I get more controlled and I make fewer like speech oh, mistakes. I wish. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. So you just you guys just cut off and cool. Does out. that make people angrier with you? Oh, 100 percent. Are you Big married? Time. No. So oh, okay. Wow. So you're just like, and you do you run into this in like business dealings and stuff? In business is extremely helpful. Extremely oh, helpful. Well, I yeah. I think it's helpful no matter what. Yeah, I yeah. I stand by my position where I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. But again, dude, when you're dealing with human beings, business yes, business no. <laughs> no, I I I swear to God, because I I would just default approach that with like, oh, we're yelling now, let's go. We're gonna mm. we're just gonna yell at each other, and you know, just. I think I've yelled one time in my marriage, and we've been married for I, like ten years. I think I yelled three times today. <laughs> <laughs> like, ba- I'll be downstairs, be like man, and I'm like what. Like, I'm still like a six-year-old. It's like my mom calling me. I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do now? So, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just a personality, a temperament thing. But it, I, I can say from the opposite side of that spectrum, being like, you know, not even just being like cool and cold and detached, but be, you can just be like, we're not going to yell at each other. It's unnecessary. It puts the kid, it literally like that would, that will, I could guarantee increases the cortisol levels in your kids. When two people are screaming at each other. Oh, for sure. So it's like, it's just, it's unnecessary to do. What, what kind of passion, like, you should just break one thing once. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might have thrown a plate one time. Okay, there you go. But I fantasize about it a lot. Like, I definitely, <laughs> it's not that, it's not like the, the impulse isn't there. Sure. Like, I, I have definitely, almost during every fight, I think about putting my television in the torture rack and snapping it in half <laughs> over my back. Like fucking, like, I'm going to do like Bane and Batman and just snap a television in half. But I don't think anyone enjoys the television more than I do. <laughs> but then again, so then I'm like, well, that justifies it. Like I wouldn't be hurting anyone as like, I, I'm ready to take on the fucking emotional toll of a broken TV, but then I never do it. Maybe I'll treat my family. We'll do a, a fireworks show one time. Yeah. I'll just fucking roundhouse through the TV. <laughs> Is this what you guys wanted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that no, that can become a relationship pattern where there's this like tension, and then the release valve is this huge fucking crazy argument. Mm-hmm. And then things cool down. And I've gotten into that where that becomes the relationship pattern where it's like we're gonna do our thing, we're gonna silently kind of start butting heads about stuff. And then it's like big freak out. One person's like, "I'm fucking leaving." It's like, "Fuck you." And then everyone's like, "Hey," it's just like people get all that those other feelings that couldn't safely be expressed get out in that huge. They're kind of little travelers hitching on the back of a big anger, like a big anger outburst. Mm-hmm. And you naturally are like, "I feel better," but it's like meanwhile horrible things were said. You know, it's just so it's just not the oh, way yeah. to be. 
99% of our arguments and, and like actual fights could could be reduced to me saying, I wish you would have told me I was being retarded sooner. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's pretty yeah. much our entire marriage. It's so crazy how different relationships are. Yeah, it's just... Oh, yeah. There's wow. a great book called Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. I, it, it is probably top five books of all time that everybody should read, even if you're not married. That's why I read it. Um, and it goes through. It's Dr. John Gottman, and he's... If you go to any academic seminar in psychology about relationships, they always reference him 100% of the time because they studied so many couples. Oh, sorry. But, um, and they um, this book outlines it. So like just to cut to a lot of the chase, it from what I got from the book, it doesn't necessarily matter how you argue. It matters almost what you're saying, Matt, is if you can get away from the argument with zero residue, like if you released that pressure, but there's no residual you know, hatred afterwards. So yeah, you might say fuck you and fuck you, but then if you come out net neutral, then you're good. You can participate in that game again and come out. You can go in that in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. But the problem that you and I would have um, would be I-, I do the same thing. Like I consider myself to be very properly calibrated. Like I don't understand, and you keep on hinting that you're on the spectrum. My mom says I'm on the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand when humans will cry for anything less than a level ten. Yeah, but that does, because then it's like, well, you just cried over a scratch on your car. Well, what would happen if your your uncle died? Do you know? Like it doesn't. Yeah. There's no. There should be a. There should be a cohort for this and a cohort for that and so on. It should be you know sort of an increasing yeah. scale. What about movies? Um, movies I can understand. Yeah, I cry, I cry, I'm a big beauty crier. I'll cry over beauty any day of the fucking yeah. week, dude. Any Pixar movie, I'll cry basically. But like, yeah, get it. <laughs> you're, you're saying like events. If you're crying about a scratch car, yeah, it's like. Well, the the so the issue that I adversity would have, crying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like just well, relative being properly calibrated on a scale of zero to ten, right? So for me, I I've only freaked out a couple times in my life because in my head there was only a few times where I could, and they were all fights, you know, like physical fights. Um, except for maybe one like emotional fight, but if my partner does not have that same calibration, then the issue that I run into is I will be extremely calm and I will, I, I've said things like, I'm not going to engage in that. Like, mm-hmm. I disagree. Like, I understand why you're emotional right now, but you're massively misinterpreting the situation and here's why, but you just can't see it right now. And, and, and I can, and dude, I've gone as far as like, I can explain the science to you if you want, but you probably wouldn't hear it right now. <laughs> Um, and that's terrible, right? That's a terrible thing. Yeah, it's right of my This is all a, like a support group for semi autistic I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like someone just handed me a warm mug of something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel nice right now. Yeah, you know, but, but the issue out. is now if the other person on the other side of that table receives that information in the same way, then we could walk away from that and be like, okay, we were being unreasonable. But most of the times, what happens when I fight with another person, typically like a, a female partner, is she is left with feeling like, oh, well, he doesn't really have emotions towards this, and my emotions aren't valid, and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like Then you do have residue going into the next mm-hmm. fight, and she feels like she can't express. Now, I do think there's a massive benefit to that, and people might hate me for saying this, but there is a certain, I have found in my life experience, <coughs> there is a certain attraction that I have experienced from females when you put your flag in the ground and saying i'm not moving mm-hmm. and here's yeah, yeah. why here like i'm not i'm not being irrational i'm not moving because i believe in this and take it or leave it like i'm not going to appease you just because you're crying mm-hmm. and i love you and and I'm, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful but i'm not changing because you know what tomorrow you're going to say the exact opposite 
Well, right? what you're doing is you're, yeah. you're displaying your reliability as a potential mating partner. And, you know, that's what I, there's chemicals in their body that are responding to that. Well, yeah. Well, then this is this is the thing. Yeah. right? This is like that's a re- like I, we have probably all experienced that. But certain certain books and I would say a lot of non-academic books or maybe even some academic books will say, no, you're wrong. You're Urban Outfitters to, books. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to validate the, that person and say like all this. And it's like, well, no. Like, it's just not true. Like, what she's angry about right now is not true. Like, it yeah. did not happen that way. The person that I called on the other phone was not another female, right? It was my mm-hmm. buddy, Matt, mm-hmm. right? So you being upset right now, like, now, and you even know that it's Matt that I was talking to, but you're just upset because of the thought of me cheating or something. It's like, no, it didn't yeah. happen. Where yeah. I'm not going to spend an hour sitting here arguing on something that didn't happen. I mean, all of us have probably experienced where where we woke up with our partners and they were upset because they had a dream about us yeah. cheating on them. And then they're still, they're still in a funk. Yeah. It's like, okay, good. Be in a funk. But, but yeah, like be in a funk, but I'm going, still going to Costco. Like, yeah, you, like know, I'm not sit here, you know, Oh my God, dude. I just wait when she hears that she's going to, hopefully she laughs. Hopefully it gets a laugh out of her because I, I get it. I get it in the middle of the night, woken up being like, sure. Piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my, hate you! And it's like, what the fuck, dude? So well, I I'll usually get one. I'll get, the first notice is, haha, I had a dream that you cheated on me. And then like three p.m., it's like, by the way, you cheated on me. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that's helped me the most in arguing because I'm in a very like of a relationship that can get explosive is when I'm in a, a contentious discussion. I use the word "we" as much like ninety percent of the time. Mm. Like, we got to figure. We, 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 mm-hmm. we. And then I really, because a lot of times there'll be shit like, I won't put the shower mat back up, which I don't know you're supposed to do that. But, you know, so like I have these weird invisible rules I have to follow that I'm like, what? so I, I'll do some of them and then, you know, I kind of figure out what you got to push back against. But that's one you can just be like, what the fuck ever, man? I'll just put this fucking thing up. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But that's like, the, like you were saying, the. but if I were to go along with every single thing she wanted to do, you have to like figure out like, okay, this is something I'm doing that, like, yeah, this is dumb, but like there's things that you're doing that are not dumb. And it is hard to be like, no, this is where I'm yeah. actually not yep. going to give yeah. you what you want, and here's why. And mm-hmm. that's like if you can deliver that message in a way that's not just like fuck you. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's like I would say ninety percent. I'm not gonna hit a percentage, but it's like that's for me a, an important thing. I had to learn how to yep. navigate a relationship. I'm still. I'm sorry, God. No, it would be. I would just meet somebody, not tell them what I needed, and then slowly resent them over the course mm-hmm. of time, and then be like fuck you, and then break right. up. Right. And yeah, it was right. like that. Was, I just never learned how to do that. Mm. Yeah. So. And I feel like that's something that, like, I'm still trying to, like, work with now because for the longest time, like, my wife and I have been together, like, almost 20 years. And for the first, like, 15 or so, everything, my entire um, argument style was, okay, I'll give you whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And it would get to the point where, like, I would literally be crying. Yeah. And she would be, and I would be getting more and more emotional and my voice would raise while I'm fucking crying. It was pathetic. My, mm-hmm. my voice would be raising as I'm crying. And she would like do that that dog whisperer thing where she snaps her hands shut, like, Shh, stop yelling, stop yelling, and snapping her hand at me. And then I would literally like sit there to try to calm myself down by putting my folded hands in my lap. Ooh. Dude, it was fucking emasculating. Mm. And it wasn't until I think maybe five years ago there was a specific turning point where it didn't dawn on me the, how fucked up that was. Mm. And then there was a turning point, and then from that point on, it. I don't think our relationship has necessarily been the healthiest, but the tides turn, like the power tide turn. Mm. Not necessarily in a good way either, because I feel as though now it's a lot of times, like if, if I verbalize that something's fucked up, I'll just get okay immediately. 
as opposed mm. to I did this because and I'm I'm doing it this way. Mm. Whereas like I feel like I, I could respect that a lot. Yeah. Whereas now like I don't I feel like I can get carried away too with like my approach. It's more of like an approach of dominance as an approach of just a respected peer. Oh, hundred percent. And it's not healthy. And I know it's not healthy and it's just something that I that I struggle with all the time. But then again I feel like a lot of the things that, that I'm asking for or that I ended up blo- end up blowing up about or just things that I've said repeatedly, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And when it becomes apparent that this is something that that I want and it doesn't get met, then I'm going to fucking explode. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. It's also too when like whenever like you were saying like in that initial that kind of she took that kind of like power role. Mm-hmm. It's like that's I had to learn not to hold that against them. But just be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not giving you any other option. And mm-hmm. so you know, just take that all on yourself and be like, I have to drastically change my behavior. Mm-hmm. And then you know, which is a weird struggle when you when you especially in a relationship because they're the first ones to notice when like mm-hmm. like I have a whole new way of doing my day now mm-hmm. that was met with a bunch of pushback and like mm-hmm. why are you doing this why because it you know it starts to jostle their whole mm-hmm. thing up and they're like what the fuck yeah but it's important to do that over and over and over and communicate like I'm going to continually change and reinvent myself in certain lights and like you have to be cool with this does mm-hmm. that make sense at all yeah it does yeah but it is finding that you know that kind of equilibrium is tough. Yeah, I, I completely agree with it. The two books that were a game changer for me because I didn't have, or, you know, like I said, my dad left my mom, so I didn't have any sort of version of what a relationship was supposed to be. In fact, I would actually say I had a very toxic impression of what a relationship was supposed to be because my mom went through the whole, you know, dating circle and like, you know, there's not a lot of great guys out there and, you know, all that stuff. It mm-hmm. was just like a very skewed impression of what a relationship So that's why I had to start having, reading a lot of relationship books. And two game changer books were that book I just said, and then this other one called Finding the Right One, and it's 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 written by a pastor, which I'm not a big fan of. Like I'm religious religious doctrine in general, especially Catholicism, I have a lot of issues with, but I like the underlying values. Um, however, two main themes in those books were it's not supposed to just be the man and the woman. And out here on the East Coast, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but it's like man is up here, woman is down here. And even in the Bible, it kind of describes that. And I don't like that at all. Like I don't like that. These books have shown me it's no, you're supposed to, it's man and woman and then vision. And it's that third entity that you're supposed to create this vision together and then both use your strengths and you're both going to have weaknesses, but use your strengths towards creating that vision. And I really like that. And the way I visualize that, the healthiest relationship I see in my head, that's going to sound weird. Um, But you ever see the movie 300? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The King and Queen. Like that to me is exactly like what I envision for, you know, the woman who's crazy enough to marry me was like, is like you both are equally strong, different, just in different domains, but the the respect there is like unbreakable, you know? And I think, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen a lot in my, in my, uh, throughout my life, it is a very toxic relationship where the man, just because he can yell louder and he's just generally stronger and, mm-hmm. and can scare more, um, that that tends to overshadow the, the, fem- the feminine power. And then she over time tends to lose her voice. And again, I'm not married, so I'm just kind of hypothesizing. But I'd imagine that doesn't that can't exist in perpetuity and harmony. That's my guess. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. it's definitely true. And it and it, it the hardest part lies in, I mean, for me personally, it's that um, issues that pop up that are so avoidable, but it just comes mm. from I forgot. Yeah, I, like that. Sh- that shit. That that's that's the the genesis of most of the arguments that we have. It's like. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. It's like, for fuck's sake, how many times does this shit have to happen that, that you'll eventually fucking remember it? Mm. You know? 
That's what I get yelled at for. I'm like, I it, it was in my brain and then it wasn't. What the fuck do you want me to do? That's yeah. I, I get it all the time. I'm like, I for fucking forgot. So yeah, you're the one too. who forgot. I'm the forgetter. Got it, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's tough, man, because I could totally imagine that being like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that makes my wife pretty angry when I do that kind of thing, too. And uh, I think it's because the message I'm, I'm sending is, is like, I didn't prioritize something the same way you did and it meant more to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's completely, oh, yeah. it's, it's well, very disrespectful. But also, too, you're dealing, with, it helps to find out what your wife's or your partner's early life was like, because then people build a whole set of things. Like, if I'm, if someone made plans with me, like, hey, I can't go, I'm like, okay, cool, I'll go back to doing what I'm doing. A lot of times when people feel as if they were neglected by their parents, or like one specifically, if someone, and this isn't all the time, but sometimes, like, um, especially with women, it's like, they can get very sensitive around broken plans to where you're like, hey, I'll be there around yeah. 12. And then you're like, hey, I can't do it. And they'll start feeling on like a very instinctual level, like abandoned and unloved in a way that I'd be like, sweet, I don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that, that those that's what I've been learning. Those different personality traits and views on the world that come from people's childhood are like, in my opinion, very yeah. real, mm-hmm. can be very real. Yeah, that book, the Please Understand Me Too, I think everybody should read because it teaches you and it, like we all know this, but like it, it, it chapter after chapter, it says here are the different types of personalities. And if you read your personality first, you're like, holy shit, because it's an entire chapter on you. And you're like, I do this shit all the time. But then you read your wife's or your partner's or your friend's and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's him or her. Mm-hmm. But that makes it more concrete. It's like, well, it's the whole Einstein quote. If you ask a fish to climb a tree, it's going to look like an idiot. So it becomes very binary. It's like, well, that's it's a light switch. It's either on or off. And certain people are always going to be late. There's always are like, it's, it's a very, it's, it's just known, right? Like, so, and I, and I cross pollinate that with a business coach of mine. And he says that 95% of problems are caused by a lack of a system. So I wonder how that can be incorporated in a household. Like for instance, like the amount of fights that I've seen because people won't buy fucking new Tupperware and they've got like an asymmetry in in Tupperware lids versus like Tupperware bins is just, it's fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, you know, you can remove, let's say you have five arguments a year about those. Well, you can remove those five and they might be devastating, right? Because, you know, it's like you can remove that for $30 a year. Well, how many other things like that can you remove for a total of $1,000 a year? And then you just removed all of those little micro fights that you had. So you only focus on the 5% that, that pop up. Wes, honestly, the first thing that I, that I thought of when I saw your, your, your life checklist for, for 2019 was like the problems that I faced. I feel like 99% of my problems are just relationship based mm. and so many of them could be avoidable and I think they could be avoided just by having clear expectations mm-hmm. v- visual expectations as opposed to hey I mentioned this to you last week yep uh, where you can just say here here's your fucking copy of the expectations yep fucking do it dude uh, so and I want to I'm trying not to sound like an asshole so because <laughs> if I were because I'm analytical kind of like you said earlier I like how you said I'm trying not to sound like an asshole there I said here's your copy of the expectations do it bitch yeah right well that, that, <laughs> yeah. this is where I'm going right <laughs> so because if I were listening to this and say well Wes isn't married therefore his opinion is extremely discounted which that should be true right because I'm not married right so I so no however, but you've been in relationships though yes, so so here's what I want to say you should also consider the information that I've been in handful of very serious relationships that have been long-term and I say this not to sound like a jerk but I say this because every one of those could have been a marriage like none of them none of the females broke up with me and I'm just saying that to set the context of which why I why I feel I can have an opinion on something like this so I would say those were all successful I ended them because I chose that was not going to be my partner for the rest of my life 
So I think the tactics that I've used have been educated tactics and, and they have worked mm -hmm. repeatedly. So let's say now I have six examples uh, in, for many years and I have chosen to go that route. Like be very formal with expectations and do it to a very tedious degree and then hold each other accountable, just like I do on that sheet, hold each other accountable towards those expectations. And I'm not afraid to say, hey, in this situation, it's just like, it's just like fighting. Like it's it's a series of moves. <clears throat> hey, we agreed that when this type of event happens, that it doesn't mean what you what your instinct tells you to. So here's how we get out of it. And you're breaking the rule. You're not doing it. And sometimes it's me breaking the rule. So it's like she mm -hmm. has the same right to throw it back in my face. Mm -hmm. But we can literally either point to a document mm -hmm. or reference a conversation that was very deliberate. There's another book I have not read yet. It's called Eight Dates. And it's the same by the same author, Dr. John Gottman. And I believe the premise is, I'm going to read it, it's on my list. It's you go out for, you have eight separate conversations for eight different domains. And I'm just going to assume like one of them's finance, one of them's whatever, like kids or whatever it is. And by the last one, she should give you the butthole, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I've, read, I've read this, yes. Yeah. I was going to say, women love when you're in the middle of a heated argument and you hold up a clipboard. You're like, ah, no, it says right here. We weren't going to do this. Yeah, see, but that's yeah. the thing. That's why I said I had to make all those disclaimers. I like, know. you know, I, don't, I sound like an asshole. But I, I have found extreme success with those types of exam with those types of exercises. But the eight dates is, you go out for eight, you know, you talk about eight different things, sorry, um, and you go out on, on a date each to talk about those things to make it more enjoyable. And, um, but by the end of those eight dates, you have a doctrine, right? You, it's like, here's how we're supposed to handle the finances. Here's how we're supposed to handle the kids. Here's how we're supposed to handle whatever X, Y, and Z. And you can point back to that. And I actually think anybody who, cause again, this is probably false, but my impression of like, of how women are trained in society is that like they're just emotional and you got to accept it and i can say that's not true like from my experience i have experience where i've dated women who were extremely quote i would say more emotionally volatile i think is a correct terminology because everybody should be emotional it's it's when that's not properly calibrated mm -hmm. but then who over time when we've read books together who will become way more rational and were able to clearly articulate what they were feeling, and then mm -hmm. we could actually work on the problem. Mm -hmm. The amount of times I've yelled in a relationship, I can count on one hand, literally, over since I've been was seventeen years old. Damn. Um, and I do I clearly, I honestly think that's a function of just like using an academic approach, um, because I see no reason why we can tell a two-year-old to use his or her words when they're upset, but we can't use it with each other. And that's man or woman. Like this is yeah. not a gender thing, but I think unfortunately. A lot of women are just trained. It's like, oh no, you're emotional being, and he's supposed to accept it. You know, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, it's not even their fault. It's, if you're if you're given the green light to fucking fly off the handle, yeah, you're fly off the fucking yeah, handle. Yeah, you're way more intelligent. And again, whether it's not a guy or a girl, you're way more intelligent just to accept the fact. Well, I'm just emotional, and that's it. Accept it, take it or leave it. It's like, yeah. no, yeah, you know, you can use your words. Yeah, yeah. If you have to answer, it's your grandma. You can no, take no, it's it. okay. Yeah. I, she always butt dials me. This, this is one <laughs> thing. That's so fucking funny. The one thing that you mentioned of like ways you can. Craft your finances to like super, like really enhance your life, you know, rather than just for money for the sake of money, like grabbing the mm. coins across Mario board. Can you talk more about like investing and how to like set your investments up in a way that kind of like a one to one with life quality? Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, dude, we could, yeah, we so could I go. Don't keep you uh, here no, too long. no, dude, I love this. I I can go super deep into all of this stuff. Um, investing. Are you, are you guys feeling good? I'm feeling yeah. great. Dude. Excellent. Yeah, let's right. do it. So you, you want to guess the timestamp real quick? Uh, two hours, two hours and three minutes. 
We're at 223. Damn, nice. that's what's I, up, dude. Yeah, we're, yes. hitting Rogue, we're hitting Rogan. Go ahead. Go so, so just keep in mind, you're talking mostly to people who are at about $100 asset under management. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's, let's, take a, let's take a break. Pause it. Yeah, I got to pee. Right. Let me pause you, this. You want to talk to your grandma? She might be yeah, calling. Can, can, yeah, 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 pause yeah, yeah, it. Let's yeah, pause yeah, yeah. it. Let's All do right. that. Let's take a break. We're back, baby. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> we have, uh, Andrew would always laugh when we started doing our, we started doing our podcast. Me and Shane would take breaks and like you know, like five minutes would go by and like I would be like and we're back like all like genuinely excited, but I didn't realize when you edit that together, it's just like all right, let's take a break and we're back and it comes, yeah. <laughs> it comes in like right away. So I'm gonna put a musical do. interlude in there. Yeah. We'll play fucking how bizarre. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> fucking smooth criminal man. Come on, man. Oh man, so. We were just about to get into. Were Were you asking about just investing in general, or were you about well, to get into like how what normal dudes do? Yeah, just how you can like. Cause I've always in my head had money as this whole separate. Like I had like there's my life quality, and then there's money, and money was this thing I had to like deal with annoyingly to like eat just get by. But then like you know the way West talks about is more of like kind of synthesizing your goals, your family, everything around you know as much money as you need or want and then having it all being more of a holistic thing rather than just like fuck I got to go to work again and make enough money to get through this week rather you know and like how you can kind of for me align those things in a way that doesn't feel like I, I had like a negative connotation with money for a while I felt like it was inherently like greasy or like you had to be like kind of like scummy oh, even, even wanting it makes you feel guilty sort, yeah exactly yeah, and how to how to get out of that and you know how to build that into your life in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're like a quote unquote I, I kind of grown to hate this word but like sell out does that make sense absolutely yeah. 100% well the first, first things is like I had a lot of those perceptions too that I had to fight against but but we were so poor that yes, I received that message of like, oh, rich people are bad, but then also, which was more of an abstract, like, you know, just kind of like a hypothesis versus the actual concrete real life example of like, oh, this is what it's like to get evicted from an apartment. Like, this is what it's like to not have a say mm-hmm. over your family's like roof, you know? Yeah. So that outweighed the, you know, what the movies tell us, like, you know, this, this rich guy is just an evil, you know, evil Lord. Um, so first of all, uh, I think money is absolutely essential and the, and you can use it in a good way or a bad way and you can also earn it in a good way or a bad way. So let's exclude all of the bad from that okay. discussion because it's irrelevant. Excuse me. Um, so the first thing is there's two there's two machines, right, when it comes to, to finances. Um, now, I can tell you that I can save you a shitload of time because I started working in finance when I was 17. I started reading finance books when I was 11 um, and then I started caddying when I was 11 and a half. So like serving these guys who that's why, that's why I had a goal of getting to wall street. That's a whole nother story. But like, cause you know, I worked for these guys and got to listen to conversations and so on. Um, anyway, there's two machines to money. The first machine is your earnings, right? So it's, it's, and that's, a, that is very much a machine and your earnings will be directly correlated with the value you produce for society. Now, yes, there are examples of, of not doing that. And I would say, don't do those examples. Like you can make, there are ways to make money. And especially in finance, there are ways to make money where you have zero, zero value add to society. I would say that that is a loser's game. You can, and you can become a very wealthy person doing that. Don't fucking do that. And there's, there's examples in all different industries of doing that. Mm. That will leave you soulless in the future, right? That's, that's a pure, like you could win the lottery, right? That's another example. There's a reason why 95% of people who win the lottery go broke within like five years. It's in, in, no matter what the amount of money is. Swords. 
Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is the first machine is create value for others and get paid off of that. And there's a great book that talks about this, like produce more in value than you get paid for and have a payback, what I call a payback ratio. And, um, and be willing to demand that you get pay according to your payback ratio. So payback ratio is how much are you willing to give to somebody before they pay you back in a certain currency. My payback ratio is anyway 80-20 or 90-10, depending on the transaction. So, so I'm willing but explain that, sorry. Yeah. So I am willing to go 80% of the way, like do 80% of the things, and I don't expect to get paid back for it until 20%. So for instance, like that could manifest itself in a transaction. Like I'm willing to give a hundred or 80 clients to somebody, right? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they, when I give them 80, if they've given me on my 81st client, like in referrals, like if I sure, give them sure. 81 referrals and they've given me zero, I'm done. I got you. Right. Yeah. But, I, but I stay on offense all the way up until 81, right? If gotcha. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So produce that amount of, and it's going to be different. Some people it's 50, 50. I don't like that. I think 51, 49, I don't like that either because there's a lot of subjectivity, especially when you're in an intellectual type of industry. You know, somebody could say, well, you gave me all these clients, blah, 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 blah. You know, they weren't, like, mm-hmm. whatever, right? So I, I, I never want my, and first of all, I never want to be in debt to somebody ever, ever. I fucking hate debt, like yeah. with a passion, whether it's like, you know, promises or favors or mm-hmm. money, whatever. I just well, don't like it. Real quick, the one yeah. thing that really made me laugh, you're talking about how you have a, a, a policy in your workplace. When people ask you if you can do a thing, you don't touch. If they're like handing nope. you a paper, like, Wes, can you? Can you read it? He'll he'll like hold his hands. He's like, I, I'm not touching it because as soon yep. as I touch it, I'm now inclined to do it. He's like, What do you want me to do? And I'll tell yep. you if I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah, no, it's literally. I'm, I'm very. It's my favorite thing yeah. in the world. Yeah, literally. Yeah, Dude, no, I, I love put that. my hands behind my back like every single time because in that, when somebody just like randomly hands you like a piece of paper, like as soon they're serving you, <laughs> you take that implied in that taking is like you you absorb some sort of obligation, and I don't want that. It's like I want very formal terms with this. So that way I can give you a very clear-headed answer on whether or not I'll be able to engage in it at all. Yeah, because yeah. usually I'll take the paper and be like, fuck. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then I'll just hate Look at that person. all these person bullet points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Why are they giving me all this fucking shit to do? You know, you start blaming that person rather than being like, no, no, I can't do that right now. Oh, yeah. No, it's a very real thing. And like all the staff knows, like, don't put anything on my desk ever. Like, because again, that's an implied, like, even if I have to take that piece of paper and then pick it up and then give it back to that person. Like it's just Some, something unnecessary. You got to do exactly. It's yeah. a, it's an un like I haven't agreed to that contract. Yeah. Um. So and this is where some like weird fucking nuances are coming out. But um. But so anyway. So your machine first is like commit to value to others and get paid off of that. You pick the ratio. I would suggest being minimal sixty forty. Right. Like put go sixty percent of the way. Right. Um. Then you should be able. You should demand getting paid at that ratio. And this is where a lot of people, in my opinion, need some training, right? Some of the training that you've talked about, you do with students, right? Mm -hmm. Is, is at that point in time, you have to give an ultimatum because at that point, after your payback ratio has been met at the ceiling, you are then a pushover from every unit above that ratio. And that's not okay. Like that is not okay. What do you mean you say pushover? So if my ratio is 80, 20 and I've given you 89 and I've gotten nothing in return, I'm now a pushover. Gotcha. Right? And, and if I start to know that as myself in my mind, that's unfucking acceptable. Gotcha. Unacceptable. I just had a conversation with a really good buddy of mine, super smart. Uh, yesterday morning, had him over for breakfast. And because, and here's the thing when you become a pushover in your mind, you become resentful. 
Yep. And that is not it's just it does it's not workable. I don't I don't care about the morality of a lot of things. What I care about and not again not to say I'm immoral, but like what mm-hmm. I care more about is the workability or non-workability of something. So you you could say you take a very teleological perspective. I don't even know what that. That's means. a fancy word for saying you're more concerned with the ends and the means rather than like is this you know how can we. Uh, Maybe not. Never mind. I just wanted to use that word. <laughs> I think that's like when someone's like, it's like measuring things versus being like, well, what does it do? Who cares if it's real or not? What's the end result? When you use that word, like I stared at you with mouth open. <laughs> There's, I'm from graduate school. I know now. I know about the words you can use, like ideological. Like, well, from the ideological, it means like what caused it. So yeah. there's these like million dollar words. That if you say, people will assume you have a PhD. And I nice. practice them. <laughs> God damn! Look at this not teleological ass motherfucker sitting next to me. No, I think teleology is not that it's Israel, but it is like whether or not you care about the like. If they're like, well, that's not real. It's like, yeah, but look at the effect it achieves. Okay, mm. you know, so that's it. Yeah, word of the day. Because I don't want to seem totally utilitarian about it, but I want like for me, morality can be different for a lot of people. Mm. But if you're if you can think rationally, it's like okay, well, you can see how this plays out. Right, so that's where I define as workable or non-workable. So I want the workability. I want it to be there, right? So does that make sense? Well, when you say like the, it does. But when you say the eighty twenty thing, I'm just trying to conceptualize that against like like say like a single deal. How would you actually like put that in more like kind of granular terms for people? <laughs> how would you like explain that more? I, I get the eighty clients, and then after that, like give me some money. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Like, so oh, if yeah. I send you, so let's ex- we'll go through a deal. Yeah. For instance, like in my world, you can do a lot of work and not get paid for it, right? So let's you, we'll, we'll we'll say we'll just put it make the math easy. Let's say like we have a hundred hours of work, mm-hmm. right? Now, some people would say, well, I only want to do fifty hours of work before you sign and say you're going to come on and invest with us, right? So I'm saying I'm willing to go eighty. Um, so I'm willing to go way above and beyond to get the deal done, especially because I'm a very young person in my industry. So I've got to overcome a lot of barriers. So that's typically how I get a lot of deals done. It's like, oh, like they'll say like, oh, Wes did did all of this work, you know, and this other guy over here was just kind of like, you know, d- didn't really give a shit about it. Okay. So I, I will you. put so many more hours into it, but I've got a limit, right? Like I call it quits at, let's say the 80th hour. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point, I have to have the balls to say, no. Like you sure. have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. I will not do anything for you. So like it's like a realtor. No, I got you. Now it's like a realtor because yep. you don't get you get paid commission, but you have to drive people around for free. Yep. And then at one point you have to say, "Look, motherfucker, we've seen ten houses. You're going to look in to buy exactly. one, or I'm done." Okay. Yep. That makes exactly. more, I got you. That makes more sense. So so you have to really define your payback ratio, and then so you find an area where you can produce value, and then you define your payback ratio. How much free work are you willing to do before you get paid back for it? Gotcha. Um, and those make up your machine of earning. So. I can't stand when there's finance books written. It's like, oh, you can become a millionaire by, by like not buying coffee, like at Starbucks, etc. It's like, yeah, no. May, a handful of people, percentage-wise, have done that, maybe, but they had a shit life for decades. So yeah, technically, like Suze Orman fucking exactly. Advice. It just yeah. sounds really good, right? Yeah. And it sounds—it's the same reason we were talking about earlier. It sounds really good to the masses because the masses don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, and. I might get hated for saying this, but a, one reason why a lot of people don't make a lot of money because they're not very valuable. Like, that's it. Right. The end of the story. And by the way, I've got a lot of family members like that, so I'm not throwing stones. Mm-hmm. 
And if you hate me, good. Use it as like some sort of motivation to like, you know, to how your motherfucker. Yeah, right? <laughs> learn how to generate value, dude. Exactly. How that did we true. hate you? You fucked in PF Chang's house, dude. <laughs> God damn, dude. No, that is that is right now. That's a hard fucking pill to swallow. It is. If you, yeah. Not even saying like, like people will be like, you mean like my inherent like my value? It's like no, no, no. Your value. What are you creating? Yeah. That's yeah. good for people. Oh, dude, I've had to sit in meetings where and one of the best things I like about business, especially finance, is 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 you have to mathematically calculate sometimes people's value. So like I've sat in, sat in boardrooms where it's like, okay, here's the team. And you have to look at Peter and say, Peter, like, no, like you're just, you just don't produce that amount of value. Damn. Period. But now you can either get mad at me for mm-hmm. saying that, or you can confront the issue that I'm sorry, but that position is not valuable. You could work at that position until you're blue in the face. It will always get paid. You'll always get paid 60K a year. Do you tell him to go get his fucking shine box then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that conversation I wish more people would have. Yeah. And, and I like people have had it with me. It's like, dude, it's it's not you, it's the position. There and I say this respectfully, I've had an uncle who was a janitor for years, but a janitor will never make five hundred thousand dollars a year. Why? Because being a janitor is not that valuable. Period. And it's not a bad thing to say that. It's good to tell the janitor that because like, hey man, climb the ladder. If you want it, you can get it. Pretty easy. So I'm gonna start calling janitors blood Roombas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also one of those. So they fucking know. Well, it's one of those things too. Like, and if well, the, the thing is, like, if you're a, if you're a janitor, but that it can your arena of value can simply be providing that you're just like, well, I'm providing. This is all I can do. For, like, like my mm-hmm. grandfather's a janitor. I was a janitor. Yeah, exactly. 100. <laughs> so it's like that's all you can do. So if you're in a position where it's like you know, because I I do worry about that of like. And it's not one of those things where like you're like you know somehow failure or loser. You're pl- you are creating some sort of value, which is better than not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things. If you're only doing that, there's a very like you can't be mad about be like, oh, this is f- I don't have any money. It's yep. like, but yeah, you have if you want more money, you have to do more. So yeah. it's like you know, kudos for doing that. But you know, don't complain about like I only make this much. It's like yeah, well, a hundred percent. That's all they're, they're going to pay you. Yeah, I think a lot of conversations need to happen like this where you clear the space. It's like, let's remove all the bullshit. Let's remove all of the political correctness. And it's like, confront the issue. So it's like, we're in a fucking ring. We're in a fight. You're just not that valuable, right? What you're doing right now is not that valuable. And so let me rephrase that. It's not that you are not valuable. It's what you're doing is not very valuable. Get all the other bullshit out of the way. Now let's fight on that. Let's not say, oh, you shouldn't say that or mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. Like all, That's all bullshit. Clear the fucking space. Now you're just in a ring with you and that thing you got to confront with and like deal with it. Like, and, I'm sorry. What, are, no, are people in your line of work are, are they typically receptive to that and understanding going into those situations that all right, I might get axed here and it's not personal. It's just that I'm I don't provide an added benefit to what they're going towards. No, they're not receptive to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, like I wouldn't be receptive. Nobody would be receptive mm-hmm. to it. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of things you have a, a tied to your job. It's not just a game. Like I view a career as a game. Um, and I say that respectfully, like that to me, that helps me. Um, and as an athlete, that's how I, I view it. Um, but it's it's inevitably tethered to your family, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, hey, you're not that valuable. Like we can hire somebody at mm-hmm. half your price. Sorry. Well, you can't help but say, well, shit. Well, how am I going to feed my family tomorrow? You know? Yeah. Also your identity too. Your identity's rooted. Like I'm a accountant yep. here. And then someone's like, no, you're not. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. No, absolutely. Now, while I think it is harsh, I think the message needs to be delivered in a harsh way. Like, you know, it's like, because if we keep on coddling each other, the best thing that you could say to me is like, dude, you're just not fucking performing. Like, 
do better. I think a lot more men especially need to say that to other men. Do fucking better, mm-hmm. period. Like you say you want to have a six-pack or you say you want to be strong and you're eating fucking Wendy's. Do better. You know, sure. If you yeah. said you want the goal and you're not doing it, then I'll call you out because I love you, not because I'm like trying to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm trying to hurt your feelings but in a positive way. Do fucking better. And careers, I think certain people... People are more receptive when you say, tighten up that program, bud. Yeah, <laughs> real. Yeah, now you, you'd have to deliver the message in a way that they're going to hear it and it's not going to be lost in translation. Um, but the level of, how do I say this, the emotional impact should be commensurate with the with the devastation that could follow if they don't. True. You know what I mean? Men Absolutely. are way too casual. Like in my opinion, the amount of men that, uh, you know, and my friends and me included at times, like are just way too casual. Like that guy telling me to like calm down, that's a very normal thing. Let's do Let's go have a beer. It's like, I'm not going to have a fucking beer. Yeah. I don't drink. Like, you know, and the reason I don't drink, is, and, and this is true, the reason I don't fucking drink is because if it takes my mind away from producing more income for my grandma, like that sort of a thing, I'm not going to fucking do it. And if I do it, then I am being directly confrontational with my goal. Right, and you already have enough of an uphill battle to reach your goals. So why would you? The amount of goals that we don't reach because we systematically try not to to reach it because we put obstacles is is crazy. It's mm. absolutely insane. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, to the finance thing, create value for society. You get paid in a certain payback ratio for that. And then then the answer is grow it more. So one my one of my mentors tells me, don't do anything in business that you wouldn't want to do for twenty five years. If the answer is you wouldn't want to do it for twenty five years, don't fucking do it, because career is a game as is a lot of life is a game and you if you want to have an edge you want to be able to play that game tens of thousands of times because the, the game that you're playing will be in competition with another human being and most human beings dabble mm. so by the time you get to your eighth year in your career well your competition now has cycled through so you're just constantly competing with novices imagine as you guys what belt are you in, in purple a purple what are, what blue you, Blue. Okay. Imagine if all you had to compete against is just white belts. Fuck. Right? It's it, 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 dude. I've experienced in my career. It's like now, and I'm just getting there. And everybody, I'm, everybody can do this. I'm just getting to to the point where it's like I'm just competing with a bunch of white belts, just constantly. Mm. Damn. Constantly just chewing them up, Fuck. snapping them in half. You know. And there will always be another tier to go on, but you start to realize it's like, wow, this is a lot easier. But that's why you have to enjoy the game. Like you have to love the game that you're playing innately for the actual mechanics of the game right sure so and dude the money like i'll never forget like and i only tell the story maybe to to inspire other people and if you you hate me for it then fucking hate me like i said use it for inspiration for yourself nah, there's no haters dude no one here participates <laughs> yeah that's all um true. but uh but it'd be good it's like see me as a competitor and go and beat me like there you go more power that's to healthier. it you know um so uh i'll never forget the day where i was like okay the people making the money are the people who are at the heart of the transaction. Like that's it. Like either creating it. So you're like the, the, the entrepreneur who created the product or you sell the product, right? That's at the nucleus of the transaction. And then everybody is paid as a percentage, a fraction of that core. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, yeah. picture That's like a really clear way to Dude. picture that too. That's like, and if you ever think it's different, you're wrong, right? Like, like just, Trust me on that. And it works the same way in finance. It works the same way in tech anywhere. Um, that's why you have a bunch of like artistic people who are like, you know, damn the executives. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to change it or do it yourself, right? Like what you guys are doing right here. Like that's you becoming the entrepreneur and the salesperson. You're, you're becoming the person that you hated before. Like the executive was just making the transaction happen. Mm-hmm. But now the internet's cool because it allows you to be both. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, but if you work in an office, don't ever get it confused. Like you're not going to make more than either the CEO, the founder, or the salespeople around it because everybody else is paid as a percentage. That's just how it fucking right. works. Damn. And dude, I didn't, I didn't, I had to unlearn that. Like I started out in business by selling candy. Like I told that story last night by selling candy out front of a of a uh, of an Acme grocery store when I was a kid, and I learned real quick. Like like, dude, I'll never forget. When I was walking around four hundred dollars when I was eleven. When I was when I was ten years old. 400 bucks like that's a lot dude, kid, yeah. like it's like four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> adjusted for adult dollars <laughs> yeah. and then kept on doing that when i was caddying dude, it was crazy and then when i got into college i was trained out of that because we were almost taught from an academic perspective in finance that it was like you don't want to be a salesperson you right? want to be like, employable yeah you, you yep. want to go in corporate finance or you want to be an accountant or you want to whatever and so I did that for a few years, and I'm making like I'm making decent money, like relative to mm-hmm. to the general population. Sure, like you know, triple digits, blah blah blah, whatever. That's what they sell too. The school yeah. sells the ability to become like an appendage of a business. Yeah, yeah, than, to be a cog in a wheel yeah. for sure. But then I I got hold of some numbers from some people who were actually making some transactions happen, and these guys were knuckleheads. Like you know, they were not very like intelligent. Like I would I would what what academia told me that would become a successful person. So I worked for a guy who didn't even go to college and he was a, and you know him. Oh multi, yeah. Multi, 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 multi-millionaire. And I'm looking at what he's doing. I'm like, what? And then, they start, and then I start piecing this together over time. So anyway, I go through this process and I'm like, okay, I gotta be close to the transaction, right? And that's where I was like, okay, well, why is that so valuable? And it's like, oh, well, that would have never happened if it wasn't for the person putting that deal together, like it would never happen. That $3 million of revenue would have never been generated if it wasn't for that person. Right. So then I'll never forget the day where, um, I made, uh, $15,000 in a day. Now, selling candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds now, like a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying that I make $15,000 every day. I'm not sure. saying that, but when you get a check in your hand that says, this is your cut, $15,000 in one day, yeah. you're like, oh, like, and dude, ever from, blew my mind, like done. And now it's just all about that. So, so anyway, it's like, but the prerequisite, you have to like it. You have to like the game. Sure. So I'd hate for people to go like, oh, I'm going to go work in investments because I can make $15,000. And it's like, yeah, but there's no way I would have gotten to that point if I didn't play the game for 10 years prior, you know? Definitely. So... That being said, figure out where your game is and where you can produce value for others. Define your payback ratio. Now, so let's say at the end of the day, you're left with a pot of 100 bucks. Now, what do you do with that 100 bucks? Well, similar to what a corporation would do. Corporations are very smart. So they'll take 50% of that, let's just say, and they and they call it retained earnings. So they take 50% of that, 50 bucks, and they give it, they reinvest back in themselves. This is the investment part. So you produce the value to get the currency, right? Now, what do you do with that currency? You got $100 in the pot. Well, now you go down to what I call, it's kind of your wealth machine. That wealth machine will basically look like a quadrant. In that quadrant, the first, so the upper left is you or your business if you have a business, right? You, the next part is real estate. And then, so that's the top right. And then the bottom left is public companies and the bottom right is private companies. From what I have seen, I've looked at thousands of portfolios. That is how you create wealth. You do not create wealth through cryptocurrency, through whatever, like, like I like, and insert whatever crazy investment scheme. Internet slot machines, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm telling. And, and and 
there's a reason for this, which I'll explain it. So, so now you have your wealth machine, right? Is which is that quadrant? You can think of, you can visualize it that way. First of all, your number one return on your asset will be you investing in yourself. So take a hundred bucks, yeah, hundred bucks. Take half of it. Let's just say, put it back in yourself, right? Whether it be get the next certification or invest in the next piece of software to run your podcast or whatever it is, there there's no greater multiple than you and that transaction. Why? Because that gets back to the nucleus. That is, that's the core transaction, right? That's, that's the closest to the money, right? Now, eventually you will reach a point where you can't reinvest in yourself. There's only so many computers you can buy, right? Sure. There's only so many microphones you can buy until we're at the point where it's not going to get any return. So let's say the $50 is, was optimal to reinvest back in you and your business. Well, then you take the other 50 and where do you put it? Well, that's where, in my opinion, and I will argue anybody on this, you invest in what are called productive assets. A productive asset is an asset that produces cash. So anytime you invest in an asset, you have to ask yourself four questions. Number one, and Warren Buffett came up with this, not me. Um, how much cash are you going to get? When are you going to get it? How sure are you? And how much does it cost? Those are the four things. So number one, how much cash are you going to get? Number two, when are you going to get it? Number three, how sure are you? And number four, how much does it cost? Now, Stay there. That is called a productive asset. The other type of asset is called a speculative asset. That's what probably everybody at this table thinks an asset is, which is is the whole, what, it's buy low and what? Buy low and sell high. That's where all taught is an investment. That's when you turn on the investment channel, that's what it is. The reason for that is not because that's what a good asset is. The reason is because human beings have a natural propensity to gamble. Right, so so that's why that's what we're fed, right? Like that's why candy stores will always there will always be more candy stores and ice cream stores than there are vegetable stores, mm-hmm. right? It's not because candy and ice cream is better for you; it's because that's what people want. Wall Street works the same way. We used to make products all the time that were complete shit products, and it wasn't it's just because people wanted them, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie The Big Short? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you remember Christian Bale? He goes to Goldman Sachs and he says, "Hey, I want to make this deal," and they laugh at him like, "You want to bet against the housing market? And are yeah. you sure?" Now, in that scenario, all Goldman Sachs is doing is saying, "Okay, sure." And what they're supposed to do is they go and create a counterparty to that transaction. Well, Goldman Sachs just makes a cut. They're the house in a casino, right? Let's just say that. Well, that's a speculative asset, right? Because the whether the price, it's it's the return is just contingent on the price increasing or decreasing, right? So I say, stay the fuck away from those. Do what Warren Buffett does. Warren Buffett invests in productive assets. So if you think about it, productive asset, when you buy it, it inherently has value because it gives you cash in return on a certain frequency, right? So think about it like this. Is This is the difference between, um, like what is every real estate show about on TV? Flip that house. Exactly. Yeah. Flipping, right? What is flipping? Flipping is like, oh, well, we go buy this house, we paint it, we put a new couch in it, we sell it for a hundred grand, you know, more expensive the next day. Well, that's speculation. That house is not producing any cash flow until you until you sell it. You just hope that it'll be a higher price. Well, in two thousand eight, what happened? Market crash. We had an economic crisis, not an asset crisis, or not a stock market crisis, because all asset classes went down. Well, a bunch of people, including one of our clients, we tried to talk to him for years of not doing what he was doing because he was flipping properties. He lost 27 properties, including his primary residence and a wife, Ooh. right, because of it. Yeah. Bank came and took her. Yeah. He's playing a flawed game, right? Giant like, yeah. Cuban guy put her on the back of a tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So Lizard Lake came and got her. <laughs> <laughs> but he was playing a rigged game. Yeah. Right? Like, that game just doesn't work out. When I worked on the stock exchange, one of the brightest guys I knew, Asian guy, right? Like, 1,600 SATs, you know, uh, went to Wharton uh, University of Pennsylvania, Wharton School of Business. Um, like, you can't get more stereotypical genius than that. Smoked while squatting. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> you know, um, he lost everything when he was 42. Right, and he was at the epicenter uh, of making transactions happen, which is the stock exchange. He lost everything. Why? Because he's playing a rigged game. He was in speculative asset investing, just based off of price, right? But that's what everybody thinks asset investing is. Like I buy low, sell high. So in real estate, you do what's called productive asset investing. I and uh, I worked for a guy um, who owned two billion dollars worth of real estate. The way he got to be that rich was by buying rental properties. Why? Mm. So here's the the rental property produced cash while he owned it. He didn't want to sell off the properties. He wanted to buy more rental properties, right? So that's the game. Stick in productive assets. Now, you can do it in real estate. If you do it in real estate, you buy rental properties as opposed to flipping. You can do it in the stock market world. The way you do that is you buy, in my opinion, like, and some people would argue, we don't want to get into the technicalities, but you buy assets that will pay you, let's say, dividends, right? Buy Coca-Cola because it pays you a dividend. Why? Well, Coca-Cola, most of the times, even when the market's down, it'll still pay you a dividend, Right? And then what happens, so here's one of the benefits of productive asset investing. When the market went down in 2008, right, and Coca-Cola paid a dividend, which, by the way, Warren Buffett owns, what does that give Warren Buffett the ability to do with that dividend? Re- Reinvest it? Exactly. Yes. At, 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 I got it right. <laughs> but, but the market went down. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. Good. Why? Because you, you can buy low and then exactly. buy more. You can just keep uh, right. buying more shares. So you got to think about it like this. You're always winning. And this is kind right. of the aha moment. You buy the asset for its ability to produce a dollar. It's really simple, right? You do the math. What do I have to pay for a dollar's worth of cash flow, right? In perpetuity. And in finance, is a nerdy word for forever, right? Yeah. So a rental property will pay out every month. So when most people think, oh, I want the market to shoot through the roof, why? Because now if I got to buy the next rental property for a thousand, for a dollar's worth of rent, I just I'm now I'm paying fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Right? But if it goes down, I buy that so you're buying dollar bills. That's it. Just stay there. Damn. That's all dude. you do. Mind blowing, wow. dude. Dude, it's the complete opposite of what most people think. Now, the account value over time will take care of itself. Because if you think about the the formula for account value, account value equals, right, your number of units times the price. So your number of houses times the price mm-hmm. or your number of shares times the price. Well, if you have units that produce cash flow, right, even if the price stays flat for 30 years, if, if co- the price of Coca-Cola stays flat for 30 years, if you open the Wall Street Journal and you look and say, oh, the price of Coca-Cola 30 years ago was 100 bucks, and today it's 100 bucks, what does that quote return? It hasn't moved a penny. It's guess, 0%. Yeah, 0%. It's 0%. So you think that's a shit investment. Yeah. No, that's the investment return, not the investor return. Uh, because every single quarter along the way, what was Coca-Cola paying out? A dividend. Doubt, yeah. Right? So so you increase your account value, not because the price increased, but because your number of shares increased because you were buying up more shares. Oh, that's why if you, look at, if you look at Warren Buffett's holdings, basically all of his holdings are dividend-producing companies or private companies that pay him out cash. And just buying up more units, buying up more units, buying Jesus them. Oh Christ. yeah! And the cool thing is, like, we can all do that. Like, you can lit- you can start with a hundred dollars. It's fucking insane. And 
how do I say, like, it's such a blessing that we're able to do this because you go in certain countries and you can't do that. We, all of us at this table literally can buy Apple computer right now, True. right now. And when the market opens, our order is executed. That's insane that we can, and, and this is literally the truth. You own Apple computer. Like yeah. it's Fuck. it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Now, what dictates whether whether or not um, a stock produces dividends or not? So it basically, the standard operating procedure was is what, when it transfers from a growth company to uh, just basically to a value based company. Now we don't have to get into all the technical. You know, but basically, let's say it's the decision made by the leadership. Okay. Right now, here's the thing: there is definitely a science and a math behind it. Right. I'm not saying so. Please don't take it this way. I'm not saying all dividend producing companies are great or not. All, just like all rental properties are not great. Sure. Right. You always. I love Warren Buffett's attitude on this or his lessons on this. He said, better to buy a great asset at a good price than a good asset at a great price, right? You want a an outstanding asset. Hmm. So I don't want to go invest in downtown, you know, uh, whatever, a terrible part of Philadelphia that was never going to increase in value, right? I'd rather buy a place on the main line, might cost me some more money, right? But you always get quality people there, right? Right. So I will pay a premium for that dollar because why? What's the third question? How sure are you? How much cash are you going to get? When are you going to get it? And how sure are you? And we don't want to have to keep on redoing the math every single day to make sure the a- asset is going to go under. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. Yeah. But dude, if you stick there, it, it's in, and you do the two parts, right? You create value society, you get paid for it. And then you systematically invest in, in cash producing assets and specifically owning them, not being a lender to them. That's different. That's called a uh, bond. Yeah. Right? You will never get compensated. That's as, why I don't fuck with the bond market, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't even watch James Bond. Fuck out of my face, dude. That's what, they th- that's what they fill up your work 401k with. Don't they just like stack you with bonds oh, and dude. shit? You just take your default <laughs> setting. It's insane. Now, I'm not going to give away all the magician's yeah, tricks. No, 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 no. I don't you know, I, nothing to do. I, I want to educate everybody on this. Like... I can't go like super in depth because I've got licenses. So I so let me give a quick disclaimer. I'm not giving any investment advice to anybody gotcha, listening gotcha, right gotcha. now. I'm just telling you. Uh, so let's just say I'm just telling you what I do. Right? Sure, it's, okay. it's up to you to do the research, all that stuff. This is just that's entertainment. Tight, that's tight. You even have to say that. Yeah, dude. I can say whatever I want about stocks. Dude, and no this, one will ever bother. This, this is just Jim Kramer entertainment. That's all this is, dude. Yeah. No, that's what's up. This so isn't that, prescriptive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so I'll tell you what I do. Like I don't mess with bonds at all. Z- Fuck them. Literally zero. Nice. Right, zero, because that discussion it comes with when we call it goes back into what's called price volatility. That's how they define risk. But again, we're not talking about price fluctuation. We're talking about an asset's ability to produce cash in perpetuity, right? And you just keep on doing that over and over again, dude. We've got clients who and it's almost a good thing to be ignorant. Like you either want to be really ignorant in this area, but well disciplined. Tight. Like even if that discipline, <laughs> yes. even if that discipline stems from ignorance, <laughs> right? Or you want to be, you want to know, like what's going on, and have that fuel your discipline. Being in the middle is kind of tough mm. because then you become too smart for your own good, right? And that, like, literally, we had a, we had a guy who invest. I mean, he, I think it was like, the guy's worth probably about a hundred million dollars, but he kind of did it in a way that wasn't through a finance. It wasn't. It wasn't finance. He, I don't want to say he got lucky, but you know, he's definitely not used to being wealthy. And he want to take a bunch of money and invest in cryptocurrency, and it's like Ooh. so that that's an example of like he doesn't have the knowledge and he has the resources to be dangerous. Oh yeah, you must kill right. his portfolio. Just stupid, stupid. But like, dude, we've got little old ladies who were just teachers 
who and teachers have great behavior in investment in investing because they are on very steady stepping stones to like increasing their income, but they never make a ton of money. So their behavior is is always amazing. Like they'll always drive a Toyota Camry that's five years old rather than get a new Lexus. Um, and but but after a certain period of time, they have such good behavior they build up an enormous portfolio. Like, dude, we've got teachers who are multi, 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 multi millionaires who live off of like 40k a year. That's fucking crazy. There's some of the wealthiest people I know because I define wealth as a ratio, like your ratio mm-hmm. from your expenses to like mm-hmm. actual resources. And I mean, they are extreme. If if they create their trust in the right way, which a trust, for those of you who don't know, you basically you can you can create a trust that's basically like a rule book for future generations. Like when I die, my kids are only allowed. Like for instance, like my trust will like basically say when I die, my kids will only be able to use the dividends and I'm going to reinvest the internal capital gains, which think of it's like a special dividend that pays out at the end of the year, typically. Um, so my trust will always be buying more shares every year, even though it's distributing cash. So it, yeah, it's okay, just basically yeah. growing you, its wealth. You, over time. you were saying conditions on a trust. Can you set conditions? Like, and if you do this X, Y, and Z, you, you're out, you're cut out of the, like base, that it, the around oh, the uh, you, market you can price make whatever rules babies. essentially you want. Now That's the, the so trick is sick. enforcing it. Like, well, like I have got a client who's got a trust. It's like it's to continue for X generations, and they they set it up the way that I said. It. You can only spend a certain type of income that's generated from it. Think of it like uh, you own a, a duplex, and you can only spend one of the rental sure. units money. The other one has to buy more duplexes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but on the fourth generation, all of the money has to be liquidated, and it has to be donated to uh, the Redwood. Forest conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you can get pretty crazy. Oh, you can say that. So you can say oh, this yeah. is for four, and then after that, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm gonna you send you motherfuckers a little lightning bolt. The trick bowl. is you have to find. I thought you said that was a rule. It has to happen. I was like, all the money goes to the fucking redwoods eventually. No, no, it's a rule. Wait, what? Yeah. So wait, that's a real thing. That's his rule. Oh, that's this guy's rule. Yes. I thought that was oh, yeah, a no, national mandate. I'm like, you thought it was in perpetuity? You fucking dickhead. Yeah. He's trying to find Bigfoot, dude. So that's kind of it. Like buy cash producing assets. Now the Though, like, if you want to become, first of all, you can become ultra wealthy, and I say that like not like infomercial style. Like you, like I, I know ultra wealthy people who did just what I just said, mm-hmm. right? And you can do that in the general stock market, um, and buy public companies, um, and they got to do it the right way. But like, you can do it just using the premise that I said. If you want to become like what I, I want to become is like ridiculously wealthy, but I want to do it in the way that I want, and that's like you get into private equity, which is investing, buying up private companies. Gotcha. Like so, my career step, what I told you guys earlier, was my first step into that: going into a company, trying to build it up, right, and then you own that company. Like that's mm-hmm. so that process right. is is happening right now. The ownership process is happening right now. So it's actually like a super big win for me. Um, you're being incorporated into the ownership structure. You're saying, yeah. Yeah, so we just changed the name to to reflect my name now. So when that all goes, it's supposed to happen in the next like month or two. It's been happening transitioning over the last year. There's always a chance it could fall through, but um, but that's the point. It's like then it's building up this company and then adding on more companies to it. So gotcha. then going up and buying, let's say, a mortgage company or going and buying a real estate company. And right. when you, and so for any listeners who are interested in that, what you want to do there is you gain a very specific skill set. And then when you branch out into other private companies, you want to buy private companies, and this sounds logical, but a lot of people won't do it this way. You buy companies that are have a lot of synchronistic qualities with the company that you started with, right? So in finance, so that's why I'd go and buy a mortgage company. And we've already started, so we started a real estate division, residential real estate. Um, that's way different than going and buying an ice cream company, 
Wes, right. how, do you, how do you typically typically become aware of, of a private company sale? So I don't know any other way than what I've been doing, which is just like... Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, which is like you just work in the industry and like, oh, I know this guy who owns a mortgage company. I know this guy who's an insurance agent. And why don't we get our broker's license and we'll bring him under our license? Uh, okay. Like that sort of thing. Right. You feel the vibrations on your spider web, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nice visual. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, so I don't know how to do it. Other- now, there are private company, private equity companies out there who have a methodology. I'm sure there's a database. I, I Actually, I can guarantee you there's a database. That's not the way I do it. Right, because I want to do it on my terms. Like I want to play the game the way that I want to play. So even at like this top elite, you know, tuxedo level, there are still people like you who can set yourselves apart by just doing exactly what it is that you fucking envision. Dude, the like you can play by the rules, be successful and wealthy, or and then you could also take it beyond that by continuing to just innovate in your head and the real win you know. is playing the game that you want to play. A hundred percent, for sure. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm telling you that that is that is the game changer, like hands down, um, because because you just can't compete with people like who want to play that game. You yeah. like unless you unless you love it equally as much. Um, a lot of the work that I do, like nights, weekends, it's not work. It's just it's just not work. Like it's it's the ultimate it's the ultimate cheat code. You know, and like, and it's funny, you almost get imposter syndrome. Like I definitely get imposter syndrome because like, oh my, like, you know, how are you good at this? Or like, why do you read so many books about it? It's like, well, it's not work to me at zero. But if you took me out and made me be an accountant or something like that, which I'm not, like, I would hate it. I'd only work right. 40 hours a week. No, yeah. You're the guy that's fucking taking people in suits to Dave and Buster's so you can fucking get jumbo shrimp and ask about where their fucking money's going to go. <laughs> We're on to you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad that's made you incredibly wealthy. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. you being an IT manager is pretty tight, too. I don't know if you ever tried that before. Yeah. But, but dude, it's not like, all about the money. Yeah. No, you got to do what you love. Like, as corny sure. as that's, you just have to. Like, the, like it, it's actually disrespectful for your position in life not to. The probability of being born in the U.S. is 4%. Like, you've already hit the jackpot. If you, if you, if you spread that data out over, uh, over history... It's it's incredibly less than four percent, right? Like you can't be dealt a better hand than we've been dealt. True. Like for you to fucking complain about something or say like, oh, well, there's too much risk or like I can't do that. Like, what will people think? It's like, dude, get the fuck out. I also of here. do another disclaimer. I want to add in right here is that we are absolutely not encouraging a single soul to ever start a sports podcast. <laughs> I understand that might be your passion. Please do not start a sports podcast. <laughs> well, dude, the other thing don't know who needs to hear it. <laughs> the other he's the listening other, though. Well, yeah. the other thing too is like even if you're at, you feel like kind of jettisoned at a job, you're like, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying it doesn't apply to me. It's like, but you can still turn that clock on now and be like, all right, here I am at this place, and now it's like, yeah, I, I could make a switch to something I like to do to either buttress my money I have now or even just like at least be able to get paid a little bit for something I like to do that would like infinitely increase the quality of my life so yeah like this isn't always in black and white terms it's like you can start if you feel like your life's meaningless or like oh there's no point it's like well then try to formulate the life that you want you know what I mean it seems like I I was trapped in that where I'm like this is I remember always thinking like is this it for me is this Mm -hmm. what it's gonna be like Mm -hmm. as if you have zero agency to like manipulate Mm -hmm. reality around you can I can I, I, I know we talked a lot about your... Uh, can I see your dossier again? Yeah. And would you mind if I just Go talked a little bit sure. about the imagery that you used? Sure. 
So I, I, I'm, I'm being 100% serious that this, like, it's got a clear plastic cover and then it's just a, like a, a, a loose fucking paper binder, right? If the only thing that you take away with this is that you can escape the fucking orbit of working for someone until it's time to die, I, tomorrow, make a fucking collage of shit that you want. Mm-hmm. Let's just say in 2020, I don't buy into the whole new year, new me bullshit because I was going to wait until 2020 to make changes and then nah, fucking McCusker started us down this path. Dude, nice. he made a fucking collage that is exactly what you not exactly it's it's the the simplicity is what is so elegant about it exactly it's It's clear as it gets man yeah it's on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper i'm not going to share an image of it because this is obviously a personal document but it's it's got can i talk about what's on this because i i i'm going to do this tomorrow morning awesome and it's because i'm looking at yours (laughs) it's got steve jobs on it uh, that's the only person I can identify. There are other people on it. Um, is that, uh, that might be John Ham. It's a guy that's got John Ham vibes in a suit. But there's a <laughs> fucking super jacked dude. Uh, a house with palm trees around it. A supercar. Uh, are these successful people right here? Is that Warren Buffett? That's Warren Buffett. Okay, Warren Buffett, and then and those women are sort of the the combined. If I were to combine all three of those, that's what I would want in my future wife. Oh, so like damn. the archetype. Yeah, if you could distill yep. yeah. them. It's like when the, uh, f- the all the fairy fountain ladies from Zelda come together and become like the super fairy <laughs> lady. <laughs> uh, there are multiple properties on here. Uh, and then the words competition, family, and the phrase $1 billion AUM, assets under management, obviously. Fuck yeah, dude. Yo. Oh, my on the God. Mug, on the dude. Yeti oh, mug. Uh, there's a helicopter. Um... I mean, uh, this looks like a Joel Osteen event, like an arena full of yep. uh, lights and stuff. Yep. And uh, I, I mean, I'm making it sound silly, and I'm doing that on purpose because this is clearly something that you take very seriously. Oh, 100%. And I, you convinced me to. Dude, I'm sa- dude. When I was out there, so I, I make recently- it no, make it fucking outlandish. Make a fucking yeah. outlandish. Col- well, it'll feel outlandish at first. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel weird. But when you realize that you can take steps toward the outlandish shit that you want, it's not going to seem so silly. Yeah, your ideal should be like galaxies away from you. Dude, yes. yeah. And then like when you see what effort and time does for it, I don't know. Dude, when I was out in Cal- I was out visiting West so in California much. just a couple weeks ago. And you know, I'm out there, I'm watching him do it. You know, we we're hanging out, but a couple every now and again he'd have to break off to like handle some business stuff. And it was, and I was telling him before I left, I'm like, there's a certain fluidity to your like day to day movements that I think come from being so focused on being so goal driven and focused that it's almost, it's a lot of people think this form of scheduling is like oppressive and you'd be submitting yourself to like a tyrannical whatever, but it's like, it's really the most like freeing thing to be like state your purpose Mm -hmm. and execute on the purpose that you're the one who decided so it's not tyrannical because you're setting the thing on yourself that was my hardest thing to get i'd always be i'm not i'm gonna live to a scheduled day it's like Mm -hmm. dickhead you're designing it no one Mm -hmm. else is dummy so go set up your own fucking life you fucking idiot i know that you sorry but that was like there's a fluidity when you do that you're you're just in your element all the time because you know exactly what you're fucking doing it's it's not fair like when when people give me credit for like whatever right like in my head it's like dude it's so easy because <laughs> because you're able to check off six different goals throughout the day just by not even trying it's just being aware of it 
You know, like like when we went out, and maybe one topic we can hop into at some point if you guys are cool with it is like eating and feeding your body mm-hmm. and so on. Like, if I didn't have the goals, we would not have eaten at Urban Plates. It's sure. like this awesome restaurant that just gives like super nutritious foods. Like we would have eaten at whatever Taco Bell, whatever, like insert mm-hmm. whatever. Because the default is always going to be easy or or cheap or whatever. But if you don't have a defined thing that you want to accomplish in that domain, then the default plan is shit. The probability of that getting you to the next level is is zero. It just mm-hmm. is. So what were we gonna say? Uh, well, I I was well t- talking more about how like regimented you you make it sound, and you know Matt, you're talking about making your own schedule and then sticking to it. Um, I do think that one of the big uh, hesitations from people like us would be like when they hear you talk like that, they immediately picture themselves saying goodbye to leisure. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I, I have goals for leisure. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I'm so that. glad you said that. No, really. Like, think about it, man. Like, like it's as simple as this. And I agree with what both of you guys are saying. It, like, it, it's as simple as like, no, silly, you're creating it, right? Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's not tyrannical because it's what you want. Um, but think about it. Like, for leisure, most of the guys that I've been around growing up, their leisure was the Eagles game because that was the default. That was what their father did and it was what their father's father did and so on. But if I were to sit down and ask you and said, like, you know, and I'm really big on on level like zero to ten scales. So saying, okay, what is what is something you'd love to do for leisure that's a level ten? Like, let me, I'll ask you that right now, actually. Uh, like, jiu-jitsu. like jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's another example? Go to the movies. Okay, and another example. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to this summer. Is go to baseball baseball parks that I haven't been to. Awesome. And what's like a if you can think of like the most relaxing thing you could ever do on Earth, what would that be? Uh, beat off to the fa- to the fake pussy that Tim just bought me last week. <laughs> and actually, my family's away right now, so I'm going to go home and get to do that. <laughs> and one more relaxing thing. Uh, that twice. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite place is Griffith Observatory. And awesome. I, I love going there and just being alone there. Hmm. Really interesting. So if I were to look, what I probably asked you six things, right? If I were to look at your last, let's say six leisure times of activity, did you execute on, on even half of that list? No. Does that make sense? Like, and the reason is not because you're a bad person. The reason is because it just wasn't present to you, right? Right. Like chances are, right? Like one of the things for me is like, is like, getting an awesome bath and like reading a like super you know, like you know sex in the city style like <laughs> read a book in the bathtub yeah. and it's like sometimes when i have le- downtime i just don't do it and i it, it's the same effort for me just to like do something else but that's a level 10 for me and and when i don't do it it's because i forget mm-hmm. so it's like having something like this and the other thing about this and i want i want to illustrate this not to seem weird but like physical body stuff is so great because you wear it Right, like mm-hmm. if you say you want a six pack, or like when you pointed out, there's this guy in here, and for the listeners, like it's this Jack dude. And in my head, I was initially hesitant to put that down because the first thing, the reason I was, I was like, well, what if somebody gets their hands on this? I got some dude with his shirt off on my, you know, in my <laughs> but then the other thing was like, well, what if I can't get there? Right, but physicality, and especially for a man, I th- feel like it's so important to exude strength mm-hmm. because it's like we're talking about a lot of stuff, it's like, you know, like 
increase your strength in a domain, like do it, like execute. Well, physical strength is a pure demonstration of that. And you wear your muscles, right? You wear your physical body. So it, it, like when I look at somebody's body or they look at me, they have an idea of my physical history, right? At least some sort, they're oriented some way around my habits. So the only reason I'm going to show you guys this is because like, I think one thing on everybody's goal list should be their physical body. It is just a way to repeatedly pound into your psyche how committed you are to your word, right? Like, and so I'll show you this. So it's like, I put this on here years ago. I had no idea how the fuck I was going to get there. But then I was like, okay, well, if I join a team and so on. So when I said I do the bodybuilding stuff, so this is the last competition that I did. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude, dude, there's 360 on on another level, man. He's got like the, the, like. Flying Whoa, squirrel man. physique, like, <laughs> where, where he's got like the fucking wings. <laughs> but here's here's God the reason damn. I'm showing you. It's like number one, again, it's just illustration. Don't be afraid Fuck. to say what you want, right? So he just just for people who are listening, he showed us a picture of him having entered into a bodybuilding competition. He's just insanely jacked and ripped. Go ahead. It looks like it's like a, a if someone if your boy showed you a picture of them posing like a body that's something you've seen honestly you could replace the jack dude on your vision board with a picture of yourself now exactly it's it's at least getting closer right like now i will also say that um uh how do i say this like i wanted to do this to prove a point i stepped on stage so i've now i think i've got like six bodybuilding trophies and to be very clear it's not traditional bodybuilding so like like i didn't want to take steroids and zero supplements like that was my standard because i want to be able to have conversations with other people like this and saying dude like, use this as an example, not for my ego, but use it for as like, hey, here's what you can do with your body with literally zero supplements and literally zero steroids um, to remove those barriers. And it's like, if anybody wants to know how to do it, like, I'll have the conversation. It's, it's, it's the same thing repeated over and over again. Define what you really want through your imagination. Think about how to do it. Plan it out. Act and then reflect on it and then repeat. That's it. It's super simple. And I can show you. I can show now I've got a million more failures than I do successes for sure. But it's like all of this stuff or anything that I've ever achieved, it, it, it boils down to that formula. hundred percent, dude. I'm telling you mind blower. That's when we were out in California and I was like, you have to get on some kind of platform and talk to people. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad he fucking sat down with us. I feel like lucky. That's what I'm saying. Thanks. Man. Yeah. This, I, this has been be a peek behind the curtain. Cool. I mean, because all, I mean, all, it's not shit that we talk, but I mean, it's it's things that we genuine, genuine, genuinely believe. And Tim and I and Matt too, we've all made fucking huge changes in our lives over the mm-hmm. past few years. But seeing what you do and seeing such such clear vision is definitely an eye eye opener for the three of us, without a doubt. And I can't fucking wait to do what I saw you doing that thing. No, I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you to you guys. Um, and dude, Matt, you know, Matt's the reason that I'm here. And you know, if you want inspiration, look. He's the reason why we're here. True. It's he's, just an Apollonian. He's the fucking shaman, the world dude. merger. It's no big deal. <laughs> 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 but yeah, dude, I was yeah. like, yeah, I, I just, I was like, this, I was like, people need to hear. I was like, this dynamic. Your guys' podcast is a perfect platform to beam mm. up west into the cybersphere. Dude, Can how I, how great is it that Matt's presence pays dividends? Oh yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> no, for real. Um, can I say one more thing? I think sure. it's yes, please, absolutely. Um, is it racist? <laughs> Three hours and twenty minutes into a, an enlightening and oh, nourishing so- podcast, <laughs> suddenly he's got some ideas about who really did nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, a real quick thing about lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on the so. state of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of stuff boils down into like hardware and software for human beings. And if either one of those is out of sync, like good luck, right? Like you got to keep your hardware like very much in shape. That's your physical body and so on. Um, If anybody's ever had a back injury, dude, like I don't care how healthy you are, how motivated you are. It doesn't matter if you've got a severe back injury, like you got to take care of that because it will impact everything. Similarly, if you've got a shit mindset, which would be your software, there's just no way. It's like it's like uh, driving a Lamborghini without wheels. Like you just can't do it, mm-hmm. right? There's, you know. Um, so uh, you have to nurture both of those things. So the physicality we kind of already talked about. Like yes, you should be working out. You should be doing cardio. You should be doing all those things. But also feeding yourself the proper things. And and the hardware and software are have an integration, like for sure. Mm-hmm. So your hardware will in, will will integrate with your software and vice versa. Um, but you have to do the basics. So we just talked about this earlier. You have to sleep, 100%. You have to feed your body nutrition. Um, I went through and I calculated all of, uh, like food on, basically, let's say 80 different foods on multiple different dimensions uh, from a macronutrient perspective and micronutrient perspective and phytochemical perspective and fiber, et cetera. Right? Like all of these things cross-pollinated it and I graphed them. So I could see, I could show you like my diet before then and I thought it was healthy, but it was completely shit. Right, like, uh, oh, I was eating a bunch of chicken, but I didn't get any vitamins. Like that sort of a thing. So really, really, like, you should master the fundamentals. Everybody should master the fundamentals. How much sleep are you supposed to get? How much water are you supposed to get? How much food and what types of food are you supposed to get? How much physical exercise? All of those things. If you do not make a habit out of mastering those, then you will be led down rabbit holes for the rest of your life and never be successful in any of them. Hmm. And that will impact other domains, especially your career, for sure. Damn. Yeah. God damn. damn. Yeah. You have to. Like, it is not. It is non-negotiable. That's bedrock to everything. Oh, it, it, dude. I was dealing. I was dealing with a guy, super smart guy, and he's like, dude, I just can't bring myself to do this kind of stuff. He's like, been trying for years. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, so you're saying you have a motivation problem? I said, that's interesting. I said, show me your sleep chart. And of course, his response is like, well, what? You, yeah, really, yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's your first step. Like. Chance are if you and if you can't show me the data, then you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're doing it. It's like you're not. Like if you think you are, the chance of you being right are basically zero. Like Matt, you said when you start tar- charting your sleep, I thought I was sleeping good. I was oh like, yeah, Wes, I've been making a real effort to sleep, and then I started mm-hmm. tracking. And I was first I was like, I don't like wearing a watch while I sleep. That was my big thing. I'm like I'm gonna have to do this. Yeah, I started tracking my sleep, and it, I was like making an effort to get a lot of sleep. I'm getting like five, six hours a night. Mm-hmm. Typically, I, f- I fall around seven, seven hours, 40 minutes. But then you track, it tracks your deep sleep too. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing like, oh, I got, you know, seven hours and 45 minutes, but I only got an hour and 20 minutes of deep sleep where I want to go for like two and a half hours of deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff you can do to like, I guess, increase your deep sleep by like, I think like drinking fucks your, yep. drinking crushes your REM sleep. Yep. Uh, even one beer before you go to bed, your REM sleep, you'll sleep, but you won't achieve as I think much I'm not going to drink anymore. I barely drink. I rarely, rarely do. When I do, I'm like real conscious of the fact that I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking my REM sleep. Dude, yeah, I, I might fuck much. a lot of people up here and here, but I would say if you drink at all, like you don't take your goals seriously. And, and, and dude, I'm saying I respectfully, yes. like, I, like completely yeah. respectfully, but I it's like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm loving hearing it, dude. Like, like if you actually look into the science of it, man, and, uh, and the same thing with sleep. And again, I say that respectfully. And if you get mad at it, like consider it a challenge to get better. Um, I think it's unacceptable. Like, 
Like, and again, would never judge anybody. Would never judge anybody. But it's like, like, don't tell me that you didn't make three hundred thousand dollars last year when you had a sip of fucking beer. Like, you know, like I just, I don't care. Like, you know, it's like, don't tell me because that is, that is, that is one thing that you can improve on that you deliberately chose to do. Sure. Right. And and and, dude, honestly, if you look at the statistics on alcohol, uh, alcohol, um, I think kills one out of ten people. Uh, I think last year, I, I might get these stats wrong, but it's like, I looked into the data, I think alcohol last year in the U.S. killed like 37,000 people and 7,000 of those people were not the person drinking. Mm. Jesus, you know? man. And that, that's just the, the high level data. You think about like all of the micro fights that happen, sure. like all of the laziness that happens, like the lack of art, like, dude. Yeah, the missed days and the, you know, the days or, after. And it removes your brain, like for me, because now I used to drink, like I don't have any moral... Uh, moral stance on drinking. I'm just saying, if you say you really want something, then I can judge your degree of commitment to it on whether or not you put substances in your body that are going to take away your brain. Like all the stuff we're talking about here is prefrontal cortex stuff. 80% of it. It's like your your human, the human part of your brain's ability to define what you want and then and then repeatedly remind yourself to get back on course. That's prefrontal cortex. Now the emotion, the aggression that comes from the limbic system, sure. But you got to have the CEO there. If it's not there, then shame on you. If you're not getting to sleep, if you're drinking, whatever, right? Shame on you. True. That's it, dude. We don't drink anymore. It's true. (laughs) Try it, man. Very, very rarely do. If I'm at, I I had an exception forever. Like if I'm at a wedding, but even then, it's like it's just unnecessary. Then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, well, I had fun, I guess, but like, yeah, what the fuck, dude? I did my first wedding without a drink. So it's like I would say, like, why do you drink, right? Like that, uh, that. Okay, that's what I ask myself. Why do I drink? And every single time I asked it, I uncovered it's because of a weakness. Mm. So, like, I was either scared of how I look or I got to be social. All that bullshit, man. All of the bullshit. Um, and then I did a counterbalance study on myself. It's like, how much money do I spend drinking? Right? How much skill could I have acquired? Like, when I looked at dancing, like, a lot of times it's like, oh, I drink because I'm, a, I'm afraid to dance out in public or at a wedding or sure. whatever. And it's like, I robbed myself, let's say, of a decade of not increasing, let's say, my dance ability, right? Because I I, I, I masked it over by, like, dumbing myself down. Hmm. So, yeah, man. I, and I've seen too many family members um, just not become what they should have been. And, and, in fact, like, throw their lives down the toilet because of that shit. And the, the shit thing is, is society makes it okay. Yeah. Society looks at people like me and be like, dude, relax. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. But, again, I don't judge people who drink. But it's like, don't come to me and cry if you exactly. Right. If you're content, yeah. If you're super content, yeah, you know, do it, man. Go pop ahead. Bottles. But yeah, if you're really great, if you're not content with your place, and then you're also yep. like getting hammered all the time, it's like, well, it's amazing to me. When people will ask because you you asked earlier. It's like, has anybody ever given you opposition and like made funny like the bodybuilding stuff? People are like, why the hell would you do that? Like, what's and, you know, for me is really important. It's like mm-hmm. because then I will know myself as the type of person who can reach a a, a physical goal. And uh, but then when I got the trophies and so on, they're like, oh, how do you do that? Like, how do you get a six pack? And I can tell you exactly how to do it. And then it's so funny, man. Like, they're so on board and they're like, oh, okay, well, like, I'll do this and I'll, I'll eat better and I'll do this. I'll track my macronutrients, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, here's one other thing you can't drink. And they're like, like, ever? I'm like, <laughs> no, like, dude, like, you know, it's pretty simple. Like, yeah. like, you look at a shot of alcohol, it's just like one ounce. What's a shot? An ounce or an ounce, ounce and a half? half yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. The calories. Right, like you know, seven you, times or something. Oh, dude, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Right, like, you know, so um, wasn't it like fat calories like nine grams a uh, calorie calories one alcohol is like seven or something. 
No, was, so so I was, say, I was a personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine calories per gram. Okay, fat, yeah. four calories per gram of carb and four calories per gram of protein. And alcohol is something else, right? Uh, I think alcohol. Oh, so is alcohol just below fat. Alcohol. Well, no, alcohol um, doesn't inherently have any any calories. Really? Well, like like it's the macronutrient inside of the alcohol. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Um, no, I was so, thinking of like an energy source since it has a lot of energy in it. When yeah, because of carbohydrates. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so it's not like the fact that alcohol is flammable doesn't make it more calories. No, not to my knowledge. The only All thing right. it causes calories led some people down a dark path at LA Fitness. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, think about it. It explodes. Of course, it makes you fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Proceed. Well, well, actually, you're not you're not too far off because alcohol is what's called a priority nutrient. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's pretty dense. So, from my understanding, so when it that's why like when you drink, right? it will go through your system pretty quickly. Like if I were to have a drink now, I, I'd, I'd probably feel it within two minutes if mm-hmm. I had one shot because I haven't, I haven't drank in years. Um, but uh, one of the things it does is it pushes all of, all of the other nutrients aside. That's why you uh, can get fatty liver storage in your liver because the alcohol just goes through and it starts to build up in your liver. Right? Uh, that sort of a deal. Um, but it's just not fucking healthy for you. Yeah. Like it's, it's insane how unhealthy it is for you. And don't listen to people who reference like oh like one glass of wine and it's complete bullshit it's just yeah, so like reservatrol dude like, go eat some grapes like yeah you know you get infinitely better you know infinitely better uh, uh well, nutrients. You, you could also take wine and boil the alcohol out of it and then it would be basically a reservatrol antioxidant tincture oh yeah or just so if just you're that worried about it you can literally yeah, eat the grapes yeah. or if you want it like a, a concentrate a grape yeah. concentrate you can literally wine is just an alcohol extraction yeah or it's not an alcohol extraction; it just ferments naturally. But still, you could just boil all that alcohol off and oh, just yeah. eat yeah. wine syrup. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I have insane. such devastating stories from alcohol. It's it's yeah. insane. It's um, and it's so interesting to me, just as like a fellow robot. Like it's so interesting <laughs> to me, you know, how humans like have such an emotional response to it. It's like I'm just telling you a fact. Like alcohol is not good for you, and I'm not doing yeah. it because it will get in the way of my goals. And I'm not judging you for it. Go ahead, do it. Like, yeah. But now we're goals first here on out, dude. You should go to a bar right now and be like, what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> what you guys doing? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll dude, have nothing. We know a better way. <laughs> Follow us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody who had their first drink and was like, yeah, this is fucking delicious. You know, like eventually you can get an acquired mm-hmm. taste for sure. I'm not going to deny that. But any day of the week, I'd rather have an unsweetened iced tea than than a Jack Daniels and Coke. You yeah. Know? Um, so, uh, dude, I have had friends who have gone to jail, like who should have never gone to jail. But because they just did stupid shit on alcohol, mm. right? And, and those are extreme examples. Like, think about the amount of times we fought with our partners or our parents mm. or our friends. Because and, and the funny thing is, like, like most of those times, even the next day, you don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless it was really extreme. But the most of the time, the next day, you're like, fucking bitch. You know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start microdosing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. you really can't convince yourself you're right. Uh, one of my lowest points was uh, my wife made me mad while I was drinking, so I cut all of her bras in half. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wow. we, then we lived behind a, an, Am, an Amtrak uh, stop, so I threw her makeup case under the tracks, and then the next day I thought better of it, so I went and collected all the makeup from the tracks. <laughs> so. Yeah, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> my, dude, that prefrontal cortex alcohol shit, I have two... Yeah. Drinks of me, and I'm just a different dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm scheming on shit I usually wouldn't do. Oh, yeah, and I'm man. like, I'm 
Yeah, dude, my conductor leaves the station really quick. <laughs> I start drinking, and it's like, and I like I can have fun if you put me in a certain setting. Because there was a, I think I talked about this before. There was that book, uh, talking to strangers, and Malcolm Gladwell. They talk about a different culture who have a different, uh, they have a whole different like ritual around drinking, where they all just sit in a circle and everyone sits there together, and you yeah. know, you take a sip, pass it, and everyone, if you if you're done, you just lay down and chill out, and they don't have like alcohol reported like problems. But here it's like you go into a crowded bar, like it's like a weird human oh, alcohol is this weird like fuel for the human mating ground somehow. It's like a cattle feeder, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird I don't know, it's it's I don't know why we do it or what you know what it is, but it is like you can just dull your prefrontal cortex and mm-hmm. then like go out and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole status hierarchy where you can go 100%. and just kind of just sheet like just get rid of all of your little like where you perceive yourself in the world and go yep. interact in the world in a blunted state that just doesn't reflect reality at all. Oh, yeah. It's Dude, weird. A crowded bar and alcohol, that's like when they fucking cover the cameras so that, like, they can, like, deliver a message to each other without, like, you know, the fucking higher-ups hearing it, like... Like in a spy movie, it's like, hey, we got to kill all the fucking mics. We're all bugged, dude. You go into the crowded bar, it's like, we're turning off all the fucking societal norms, dude. Mm-hmm. We're all going to get fucking wasted. Yeah. We're all hidden from the fucking, you know, the the mechanisms that control us. The, I mean, it's yeah. all, yeah, obviously. I mean, dude, this is the classic just... holiday party shit, the corporate holiday party. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just, there's this weird underground, like, sex shit that goes on in corporate holiday parties that is just accepted at, like, any company. They just... It's like Saturnalia kind of in Rome. They just like totally bend the rules in this thing that's very rigid. And they're like, people are going to fuck each other. And then, you know, it's oh, yeah. going to happen. And it's it's around alcohol. Buttholes are going to end up on the copier. <laughs> so like it or not. The funny oh, thing yeah. that I have found or, or the amazing thing that I found is every girl that I've dated since I committed to stop drinking alcohol, they all stopped drinking. And every friend that I've had the conversation with and we've hung out, we've never drunk. Like when you came out to California, mm-hmm. you have a dro- drop of alcohol. And it's amazing to me how many people say like, like, oh, yeah, like, I don't really want to drink, but I think everybody else kind of does. But then when I talk to everybody else, they don't want to. It's just all going along with the crowd. And then when you're first exposed to it, when you're a teenager or 21 or whatever, like, it, there's a lot of benefits. For sure, there's a lot of benefits. But you start to know, you start to calculate the cost along the way, and it's like, holy shit. And then you rob yourself of the opportunity to build those muscles that you've been avoiding building. Sure. You know, I mean, you can even, down. if you like, for people who just don't want to give up drinking altogether, it's like, fine. But you should only drink, if that's the case, you should only drink in, in, in celebration. So it's like, if you want to drink, if you're like, I absolutely want to drink, then it's like, set a date, set a bunch of things you want to do that are, you know, you know not just like, I woke up today, mm-hmm. but like, X, Y, and Z at the end of the year, I'm going to have a big party to celebrate. And that's where I think that can kind of, you know, that's that's fun for everyone to be like, you know, take a day off, lose your mind, whatever you want to do. But it's like if it becomes like a, a crutch, that's when I think it's just a big problem. Oh, it's uh, used so as a crutch often. Just drinking sure. on the beach. Like there's something about the beach that's so nice to just sit there and just like drink tequila and fuck around. But it's like, it's one of those things where like if that's in your, again, if you're trying to do something and that's a part of your program, it's it's you're fucked you're losing days you're losing hours oh. you're losing sleep so usually weeks if not months per year and that's for me like i there's areas there's like things that i think like oh this would be so fun to drink because i don't really crave I, i'm lucky that i just don't crave alcohol like mm-hmm. that but there are times i'm like damn that's so fun being on the beach mm-hmm. and day drinking and shit it's so much fun but it's like luckily i can say that's not part of my weekly yep. you know my weekly whatever and it's really something like i'll do like once a year if that yeah and then, you know, once or twice, I'll, like, actually, actually drink right, a right. year. And I just, I wake up, and I'm like, God fucking damn it, yep. I feel horrible. Yep. So the space has been just growing between that more and more and more. So, either way. Awesome. But yeah, dudes. 
Wes, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, man. This was fucking Jesus. Wes and Matt, marathon. This was the coolest fucking shit ever, man. Cool, man. Thank you for having me. It's and a, I know it's an pe- honor. And I know people are gonna find value in this. And you're just you're so fucking unique. You have the tightest fucking program. And it was just fucking eye opening having you on here. Thanks, brother. I can't appreciate thank it. you enough. Thank you, man. Really appreciate and it. Matt, you can't oversell this program, dude. I I wish people I wish people uh, I wish they could they could see what you've shown us. How would you describe that? Was that just a plan for living or? Uh, dude, honestly, man, like it's like don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Like, basically, it, it looks like a typical high school report, right? Like you got you you print out however many pages you need, and you put on there what I want to accomplish, and then what are all the steps to accomplish that goal. So, for mm-hmm. instance, if it's I want to get a six pack, okay, what are the things that I need to do to get a six pack? I need to eat right, and then what are the subtasks to that, mm-hmm. right? Like go out and buy the right food, like etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to go to the gym, so okay, well I need a gym pass to do that, and I need to clear my schedule every morning and so on. And then you just check them off as you go. Mm-hmm. And you guys saw, like, it's like, dude, even if you only accomplish 20% or 10%, that 10% is enormous yeah. mm-hmm. if you set your goals high enough. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a thick document. Yeah, Accomplishing well. 10% of that seems fucking monumental to me. Yeah. Um, I think, and I'm not going to pressure anyone else to do it, but I think I'm going to make one for myself I'm for 2020, and I'm going to share it awesome. on, the, on the Patreon. Yeah. And wh- even just saying that made me feel uncomfortable. It made me shrink inside my track jacket. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do it because I do want to be held accountable. And I, I, I want to encourage uh, the dogs to fucking clump up and find the people in your life to share this kind of thing with. Or if not, just the, the fucking other dogs that are already congregating online, dude. They're already fucking yapping about. Well, this, yeah, exactly. And this is something I think about a lot because there is, again, living in, or existing in like the comedy world, there's, there seems to be the thought that like you can't earnest, earnestly pursue your own happiness and stuff while simultaneously it's, oh, it's being funny. Corny, there's dude. this thing where it's mm-hmm. like you have to either you're like always like sardonic and just kind of like whatever or you're just like goal driven like if like if you want to be funny you have to be like this total like flapping in the wind just mm. kind of breezing down the road character with no aspirations or goals mm. it's almost like some people would think it, with 25 it minutes of stories of uh, things you told your therapist yeah exactly yeah. with like people <laughs> would think like it compromises your comedic identity or i would say mm. for the sake of the lay person sick uh <laughs> the cool your coolness factor where it's like you know you can sit here and organize your life in a way that pays off and then be like, all right, I'm going to do funny stuff now. Like, you can have right. both. I For some reason, I thought, like, for, I was like, I don't think you can have both. No, dude, we're drawing a fucking line in the sand. We're drawing a line in the fucking comedy sand, dude. Exactly. This is not corny. Exactly. Being fucking earnest and real mm-hmm. and still funny is, we're, we're fucking spinning the needle around 180 degrees. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense to you? I know that, that's weird. For, yeah, I guess. No, you, I get it. Totally. So, it, it, what I'm curious about is there anything that is there any way that you'd like to be contacted or found or share mm. stuff? What's your information? Would you mm. like some sort of information depot? Yeah, what do we plug for the most successful man we've ever met? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the first thing is uh, for you guys. So Matt and I are actually going and doing uh, goal setting. What was it on Monday? Monday, yeah, two. Yeah, so every year we've got a meeting with one of my other good buddies, and we spend hours creating that essentially for each one of us. Um, if you guys, you're more than welcome to join. If, if yeah, you got, I would love to. If you guys have, if you guys have to work or can't come, I'll take my sheet. And we'll, but if you guys can be no, there, two forty five. Fuck yeah, two forty five. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. Monday media. Media. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I live right by there. Yeah, and if, yeah. if you got work, you can come by after. We'll be there for a decent bit of time. Yeah. Now I'm gonna leave work. Oh, early for them. Dude, yeah. I'm telling you, I'll yeah. be tired. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. I'll go to Staples. I'll get us the, the things. <laughs> Oh, um, all right, tight. Oh my yeah, God. we're all right. So I I'm committing to share mine on the internet. Fuck yeah, I'll do the same. 
Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to have you guys. Um, And then uh, I've been holding out on doing internet stuff. Um, I've dabbled in a few projects just to because I, I love teaching. Like, I fucking love updating it. your angel fire site. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so um, Matt has inspired me to go deeper into like the teaching aspect. So I've just been focused fully like on my career, and I wrote a book a while ago and all that stuff. But I've never gone full force into the internet world, and I want to. I want to look at it now as an obligation to teach as best as I can, and if people want to listen, they can listen. So, um, so that's going to come out in the next few. Actually, I'll set it as a goal to have it done first two episodes out by the end of January. Um, at that point, just Google my name. It's Wes Rollins, uh, R-O-W-L-A-N-D-S. First name is Wes, W-E-S. Um, yeah, man. So, and if I can help you guys in any other way, let me know. But I, do I lo- Likewise, keep man. doing what you're doing. Dude. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Fuck yeah. yeah. He's, wa- he's a walking ideal. I told him that. Sure. I was making him yeah. uncomfortable on the way home. Like, you're just a walking <laughs> ideal, dude. Yeah, dude. Unbelievable. But dude, honestly, the best thing you guys can do is just like, is compete with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, honestly, like, damn, the gauntlet is down. No, dude. absolutely. Like, and in in all domains, as many domains as you you can, and you'll find that there's only five to ten domains. <laughs> yeah, really, really. I would like to compete with you, but uh, in order to fuel my fire, can you call me a fat bitch real quick? Oh, yeah, sure, you fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's fucking on, dude. Let's fucking do it, dude. Dude, damn, amazing. I, yeah. We're gonna have to split this up or something. Anyway. No. All at once. Yeah? That's how you digest this. We're going to fucking open the fire hose on them? Yep. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that does feel good. When you put it that when I put it that way, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm fucking sold. Thank you fucking dogs. Thanks. This is this is Patreon only uh maybe at least for a time and uh fuck. I'll Thanks. have to share the word at some point. I'll I'll probably pop it out. I'll let, you know, we'll figure it out. I want people to be prepared when they come in. I want people to know like they're about to get hit with the fucking True. the Ark of the Covenant here, dude. True. We're about to like get ready. So that you don't fucking get your face melted. I, I'm gonna. Ha- I think I'm gonna have a fire flat on like the uh, like a main platform. And be like, boom, put it out. Yeah. Well, let's take this off the ID. We're not gonna discuss. Yeah, let's get, we're not gonna discuss. Thanks, All right, we're out here. here.